No problem, Charlie. Shut the fuck up, you cunt! Shut it! Three cinephiles have come together to bring you strong opinions, controversial statements, epic battles, and plenty of fun. Introducing our host, the man who watches 52 movies a week, drinks 52 beers a movie, loves women but hates the woman, from the foreign land of Canada, our host, Mood616. He is widely known as the man who talks too much. His worst enemies are Postmaster P and Pee Wee Herman. He said Hellraiser was overrated and Leprechaun Origins wouldn't suck. He's the full-blooded half-Mexican. JP. Finally, we have the man who doesn't talk enough. He is best friends with Sean S. Cunningham. His favorite horror movie is Gummo. He is your favorite Jew and mine, Jeremy. Together, they are known for extending a helping hand to vampircons everywhere. They are the 22 shots of moods and horror. Yes, yes, y'all, it's going down right now. Episode 135 of the 22 Shots of Moods and Horror podcast is coming at you live. I am your host, Deshaun Slick Ram Dashiki, also known as Moods. And of course, I always got my two delectable popsicles melting away with me inside this hizzy. First up, we got the Mexican Mango Paletta, a.k.a. the Mexican Asshole JP in the house. Last up, we have Richie from It, because there's no such thing as a Jewish popsicle. The Jew himself, Jeremy. What's going Why on, Why do you not make me Richie, bro? Because you are Richie, man, straight up. No. You're definitely Richie. We are not the only ones that ever noticed that, like... Everybody put two and two it together. Fucking sucks. It's just, it's just to a T, though, man. This little fucking pip. True, pip sucks. It's so ironic pip that he says he sucks. Kid with glasses, nerdy. Oh, dude, it's just foul mouth. It's just so perfect, man. The mirror image. Nah. Also, I would like to say that I'm trying to retire from being an asshole. So, just not nah, doubt that that's there. ever gonna happen. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's ever gonna happen. Thanks, guys. <laughs> no problem. Just telling you the truth. Well, yeah. You don't. You don't think. Yeah. You don't think you are. Like right now. Mm, no, you're not just being an asshole right this minute. But <laughs> I just give it ten minutes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so how did I do on horror mafia this week, fellas? I was actually gonna bring that up. I thought you did pretty good. Yeah, had good jokes. See. That was an un- asshole thing to say. Can't comment. Oh. Didn't listen. Thanks. You finally said one thing nice about me. I Thanks. actually so did. Yeah. I didn't even know when, when you were doing the show or anything. So, Yeah, Jeremy actually went out of his comfort zone and went on another podcast. I believe that's your debut on another show as a, as a guest host. The debut thought, and the finale. Nah. I thought you did really good. I, I thought that you had some some really funny things to say. I didn't get to listen to the entire thing, but I def I listened to half of it for sure. But I thought that it was it was a good it was a good job. You know, they they have a really different format than we do. Uh, they kind of uh, you know freestyle freestyle it. Yeah, that's a good word for it because that's what they do. And I thought that you had a lot of funny things to say. Um, the best I joke think of... I think of was that Pauly D is not a bar mitzvah DJ. Yeah, yeah. There was there was <laughs> some there there was some other stuff that you said. That I can't remember right now because it was a while ago uh, when I watched it. It was the night of. Good but... jokes, bro. Good. Jokes, I said bro. that a character in Jersey Shore Shark Attack's lips were drier than Carly's cunt. I said that. Whoa. 
She said it was okay. I apologized, actually. <laughs> I went a little bit too far on that one. <laughs> you know me when I get in a freaking trance, though. I just say whatever comes to my head, and it's usually not the best idea. Yeah, you do, I you do I reference was... Carly's cunt a lot, though. You definitely do. Well, I fucking mentioned JP's asshole a lot. Well, that's just disgusting. Yeah, that's true. Uh, but <laughs> I thought that you didn't seem reserved or anything. I thought that I expected you to be a little bit more shy, but no, you did. You did uh, great, and you talked the whole time, and you had valuable things to say. So besides um, yeah, the main I review, with, I wasn't with you two nervous Nellies like I always am. <laughs> so besides the, the what you guys reviewed, Jersey Shore Massacre is that what the and they reviewed Jersey, Jersey Shore? Shore. Oh, and Jersey Shore the TV show. Shut the fuck! Oh, I thought that was a joke. No, no. apparently oh. they're all pretty big fans or so, or at least well, just, uh, just Joey me, is just me and Joey. <laughs> so the pod, horror mafia podcast and they're re- reviewing Jersey Shore. And Jersey Shore Massacre and Shark Attack. And Shark Attack, okay. It's very... It's interesting. Because, like, they never... They, <laughs> it was only me and Joey who's ever seen the show before, so all the other people, all the other folks were watching it for the first time. Well, did they so like it? See- Don and Ellie liked it. Oh, yeah, and Don and Ellie gave Jersey Shore Shark Attack a 9.5 out of 10, which is total <laughs> ass fucking read. Did you say anything? Oh, yeah. I put, I played the retard alert uh, sound effect, <laughs> and everybody was pissing their pants laughing. That was a pretty funny moment too, because he's like, "I give I had it all queued up because I know what was gonna happen," and he goes, "I give it a nine and a half retard alert, everybody retard alert." Nine and a half yeah. out of ten. That's what I gave Jaws. Christ, I don't think there's any other shark films out there worthy of a nine and a half out of ten. Well, Don Good lord, shark, shark attack. I gave it a three and a half. So was there a rating for Jersey Shore? <laughs> no. No, you just kind of talk about it. and Yeah, yeah. we just like talked about it. I've never seen an episode of Jersey Shore before. I can honestly say that. Very entertaining. I've never seen a complete episode, but I've seen, I've seen enough of it to know what it is. There's a bunch of dumbasses. Yeah, yeah the- pretty much. I mean, I'm not opposed to reality TV, as you guys know. Uh, I actually really love the challenge that's on MTV. I've been watching it for a while. Oh, dude, it's been on forever. And I, I've been watching it since at least over 10 years. What's at the, least. What's at the very challenge? Uh, basically, they take contestants from what used to be road rules. It doesn't exist anymore in, in real world. And they've added a lot of new shows to the, the roster over years. But it's just them living in a house and then doing like you know, Big Brother Survivor style challenges and having oh, but I thought you didn't like, like that, that Big Brother shit, man. I don't like Big Brother. What a fucking hell! I, I think Big Brother is boring. That's my only problem. I just I have never got been able to get into it because you've never probably watched it for more than one. I don't know episode. how Big Brother could be boring. You're correct. Man. It's always yes. Like, it's always got shit going on. I don't know. I I I I have not given it as fair of a shot, but I I mean I've seen stuff here and there an episode or whatever maybe it's just been the fact that i hadn't seen anything any good episodes when i had watched an episode but yeah suit yourself man you're people out. hate when we talk about big brother by the way just saying there's a lot of fans of big brother who listen to our show 
Who? Jason. And that's all that matters uh, because Joanna. He's the, one, he's the one putting the show up on the network and <laughs> me, me and Moods. Yeah. I know there's other people. I know there was a bunch of people that commented one time. So uh, comments sure on Survivor. I'm sure there's Nobody. a bunch of closet lovers of Big Brother that just too they're too big to admit it. And nobody ever comments about Survivor, so that's because yeah. nobody watches Survivor. Exactly. More people watch Survivor than Big Brother. Yeah, probably old shitty ass ladies in diapers. <laughs> I mean, they don't want to watch anything hit. I, I don't know the demographic, but I just I, know. I, a lot honestly, Survivor watch. is for like old people, though. I'm not even joking, Why? man. The people that I know that watch Survivor like older people. I don't know. I think it's because Big Brother, the cast, is generally younger. It seems a little bit more relevant to younger people. I don't know. Survivor just mm-hmm. has that older appeal for some reason. Strange. I mean, it is a pretty old show, too. <clears throat> Same with Big Browser, though. Yeah, it is. I think they're on their almost 20th season or something. Survivor's are like 34. Yeah, because they do like more that. than one a year. Big Brother only does one a year. Yeah. Survivor does two. Yeah. So, what do you think about The Quiet Place? Once again, taking spot number one this weekend. It took one again. It actually See, doesn't that's surprise the problem. me. You guys never you, silence on the other end. No, no, no. I, I saw that too. I, I answered you. I said I didn't know it took one again. Yeah, it took number one. You know, huh. it, it doesn't surprise me because the reaction after the first week was pretty solid. People were pretty damn high on that on that movie. I mean, to the point where I actually glad that you brought it up because I wanted to uh, talk about it for a second. Um, but. Uh, yeah, man, there was a lot of people that were giving it extremely, extremely high ratings. Like tens. And I was starting to think that maybe people were rating their experience in the theater at the cinema. Because I'm like, I don't know. like 10 out of 10s, though? I think that just seems a little bit high. Well, Donanelli gave 9.5 to Jersey Shore Shark. He don't count. So. <laughs> yeah, that, that that's just not even relatable. <laughs> I don't know what to think about that, but... But I saw a lot of people post on, you know, Facebook and uh, Instagram and shit. And people were like, oh, it was like the coolest experience I ever had. And then the rating was like crazy, crazy high. So I'm wondering if that was factoring into a little bit of uh, the end result with the rating. Did you guys get mm-hmm. that? Do you guys get that at all, too? Because, I, I mean, I saw a lot of 10 out of 10s, man. I saw a lot of nine and a halfs. And That's really high, too. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I well, just I think people loved the movie too. I, I mean, I I don't know if it had a lot to do with their theater experience. I'm I'm sure that probably factors in a, a little bit, but well, Mikey, I, I don't know how good of an experience I could have to where it would impact my rating that much. Yeah, I know. I was kind of thinking the same thing. I mean, I I don't think I've ever had one where my experience was so amazing. I was like, man, you know, ten out of ten. I, I just I can't place one. Um, but Mikey, you know, he's, he even said though, he's like, that was the coolest cinema experience I've ever had. 10 out of 10. (laughs) And I said to him and I was like, dude, are you rating the movie or your, your cinematic experience? Uh (laughs) Because I was like 10, it's pretty, you know, it's some big words right there to say, you know, 10 out of 10. Well, what did he say then? Well, it was, you know, he just, he said that he loved the movie, but he's like, Uh it was like the, and he kept going back to the fact that, uh, his experience was so amazing. And I think, I mean, you know, it was different to watch a movie like that in in the cinema because it was so damn quiet. 
right? I you mean, know, what, 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 like, have you ever watched another film in the cinema that was that quiet? You no, know, uh, yeah, but not with that many people. Other ones, just because I was the only person in there. Yeah, exactly. But I'm talking about the actual film itself being quiet. Like, you know, when the score, the music would kick into the film, people would start to eat their food. You know, I, I can't think of another film I ever sat through. Or you got a bunch of drunk ladies talking. Well, that we'll get to that later. Yeah, so I, I think that my favorite cinematic experience like was probably Phantasm, but that's a retro film, so it makes sense. Yeah. This was definitely up there with one of my favorites. It was it was pretty cool. I actually really like Blair Witch in the theater too. Uh it was really cool when 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 I watched the not not the original, the newest one. I know you, you hate that movie, but <clears throat> I had a good time in the theater with that one. You and know, then probably It Comes at Night would be the other one. Hmm. Really? Why? Just because it was so intense, I couldn't I couldn't sit sit still. Yeah, but everybody else was so pissed off. How was that a good theatrical experience? There was only like three other people in the theater when I seen that. I remember it bombed. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but yeah, it was it was just a good experience because of the way that I was feeling in there, I guess. But I I would credit that more to the movie than than the mm-hmm. atmosphere. The oh, you know what? My favorite ever, Friday the Thirteenth oh nine. That the fuck do you just, remember fucking 10 years ago? Blast, dude. It, it was the coolest damn experience <clears throat> ever. First of all, it was 100% packed. The most packed that shit ever on seen a, a theater ever. We could, In fact, there was like eight of us and we couldn't even sit next to each other. We had to sit in like spaced out spots all over the theater because all the seats were taken. Man, I don't think I've and ever had that happen to me if I went with a group Only of time. Only that, time for me. Crazy. I've never been in a theater that was that packed. They actually started turning people away. And it was, it was one of the worst experiences at the same time because the projectionist like messed something up and the film kept going black Ugh. and the audio would be there and he had to like rewind. It, <laughs> it was it was bizarre. Dude, was it was I, it I, on film or was it on? Well, back then I I don't know I don't know what it would have been back then. It was two thousand nine. I mean, films. surely film was still there. Yeah. Um. So yeah. it could have been, but it was the most bizarre thing ever because everybody wanted their money back by the end because it happened, I think, three or four times throughout the movie, and one of the times was at the end. So people were mad, but still, the way that the 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 pop that happened whenever the opening credit you know came up, we always talk about that film having peaked at the uh, cold open, and when that cold open hit, it just the theater erupted. It was insane. It was I like know, I don't remember. Clap. I haven't seen it since then. So it was a crazy clap. Like everybody was clapping, and we thought this was going to be the greatest Friday Thirteenth of all time uh, from that opening. I still really, really loved it watching it because of the theater experience. Since then, I've come down on the movie very heavily. It's a great first twenty-five minutes before the credits roll. It's the best twenty-five minute opening in Friday the Thirteenth history. Yeah. <laughs> But I don't know. I haven't seen part past part four, so it's it's middle and end section are so average that it it kills the film almost. The last like thirty minute or twenty five minutes of that movie is ugh, makes me shake my head, man. <laughs> it's just like what the fuck. Yeah, I mean, I don't ugh. think Friday Thirteenth Oh Nine is bad, but it definitely is not good, great. <laughs> 
I think one of one of my coolest cinematic experiences is one of my earliest. I always I think this is still credited as being my first one, but that I can remember, like horror film, um, was probably Hellraiser three. I remember going to see that, and that that shit was crazy because it was a, actually it was a one night showing, and it was a midnight showing. So that was kind of mm-hmm. different. Like I I don't think I'd ever been to like a midnight movie at that point in my life. And so it was like the first one and it was just really, it's really kinda, cool experience. It's kind of dead now, the midnight movie. Yeah. But well, it, it, that's because they show them now at, at seven, 7 o'clock yeah. on yeah. Thursdays instead of the midnight. Yeah. I, I just I remember the, the midnights. Yeah. I just remember the, the anticipation for it. Like, you know, I'm going to this movie this Friday night at midnight. It's going to be fucking awesome. And you know, it was, it was fun. You know, I mean, we just recently talked about the movie and shit, but it was quite the experience. It's crazy. I even got in. <laughs> what I mean, was the movie? I totally missed it. Hellraiser three. Hellraiser three. Oh, that's cool. Mm. Yeah. But yeah, it was the first time I'd ever been to a midnight movie, and it was you know the movie itself was fun as hell. It was bloody as shit. Mm-hmm. Oh, another kind of one cool of experience. mine was a drive-in, and it was Freddy versus Jason. Uh, I saw it on opening night, and that was amazing to me too. I saw that in the that was my first horror film I saw in theater. I saw that in the cinema too, actually. My my first horror film was Scream two. Yep. 97. I was six. Yeah. Maybe I saw Cabin Fever before that, actually. Hmm. Uh. I can't. I, I Honestly, I didn't see a ton of horror movies growing up at all. Yeah. Like, I could count on one hand. I saw every one. I might have seen Wes Craven's New Nightmare. I seriously have, like, memories where I think I did, but I, I've never been able to confirm it with any of my family. Because yeah, I was, I would have been like three or something when that came out. But Jeremy, you got no excuse though, man. You got so many, you got so many cinemas around. Yeah, but this is before everything. I was like really. It was all just the mainstream stuff. Yeah, but it's still cool though because you get everything, right? Yeah. I wish. Well, back then, like mid two thousands, there weren't that much good stuff. So yeah, there's a lot of schlock. I mean, you yeah. would have like every once in a while, you would have like the hills have eyes or the shitty dubbed high tension, but. Most of it was was crud. You saw the dubbed version of High Tension? Yeah, because that's the way it came out here. They didn't have the subtitled version. I've dubbed. seen parts of that like dub, and it's not that bad. In cinema. Hmm. Interesting. Well, the first yeah. time I, I rented it, right, and it was the, the French version of it. So hmm. it's crazy they showed the dub version. Hmm. Yeah. What else? And I've only fell asleep once, and that was during... <clears throat> Hills have eyes. Hills have eyes too. <laughs> really? <laughs> Wait, the remake? Yeah. Oh, okay. So maybe yeah, I that one's boring that. too. That maybe we have to give great. it another chance. No, it's not. It's not that good. It's okay. It's not that good though. Yeah. Man, Such I, a weird remake. I wonder why they made that movie. I, I was uh, finding funny two? when people go yeah. to the cinema. So I don't think the remake like did that amazing. I think it did good. I no, think that's why the remake yeah. did good. Yeah. Yeah. I always find it. St- found it really funny when you go to the cinema and dude beside you is like snoring through the whole film. Like what a fucking waste of money, man. I remember that's me. I remember seeing uh universal, uh, universal soldier way back in the day. And there was this guy like came in and he felt he fucking started snoring before the movie even started. Like the previews were still on and he just like snored through the whole fucking thing and woke up in the credits started rolling <laughs> i was like what the fuck was the point of that it was someone like that when i went to see that movie on friday 
I fell but asleep instead, in Instead, he was like, he was I, like, he was I've never fallen sniffing asleep. his nose for ninety minutes straight, oh. and I wanted to fucking kill myself. Not yeah. Alien, sorry. Uh, the last one, Alien Covenant. Covenant, yeah. Whew. I fell asleep for a good five minutes. <laughs> I mean, my uh, eyes have shut in the cinema, but I've never actually fallen asleep. I, I fell asleep during Jaws. Uh, I've fallen asleep during. <laughs> um, oh, I fell asleep through the entire Prince of Darkness. I I, I didn't even fall asleep. I went to sleep. <laughs> I consciously chose to go to sleep. It, it Never seen that movie. Uh, it's it's not bad. It's a little boring, and I was just tired, so I was just like, okay, I already watched the main movies I wanted to see: The Thing, They Live, uh, Dark Star, and I was like, Prince of Darkness would be cool, but I'm super tired right now. I think I'm gonna take a nap, <laughs> and I slept through the whole thing. I can see that, man. I can see people <laughs> passing out during that one. Oh, I fell asleep during every one of the April Ghoul's Day things, the drive-in. <laughs> I fell asleep through every Isn't single one. I like one. the monsters and... Uh, yeah, la- last time I fell asleep through that like beach party one yeah. or whatever. Uh, I fell asleep through a little bit of beach the rage last April. Uh, fell asleep a little bit in the... Fright Night, I think, from the year before that. You're talking about <laughs> this, the good one, right? The remake? You're talking about that one, right? The no, I'm one? talking about the original. Oh, you're talking about the shitty one. Yeah. Uh, no, I like Fright Night. I've come to appreciate it more since It just I'm makes just, absolutely no fucking I'm sense. Get, I'm just trying to get moods, man. <laughs> Dude, the like fucking... The, original, the, Fright Fright Night, the Fright Night Part 2 remake is better than the actual remake. no it's not dude you need to watch it again anton yelchin is a great charlie brewster i didn't say that he wasn't you just can't get past yelchin, Colin yelchin, i've actually yeah call it that that casting man uh dude. i don't get it he looks he looks very similar to chris sarandon i just like you know, that it, type it of guy me. it bugs me a little bit i mean first of all, i can't stand the guy anyways but it also bugs me that you know he kind of got the role because he was a big fright night fan and that just, I don't know, man. I'm like, that's awesome. But why don't they just, but also, but he just, it, he seemed out of place. I've always felt that the casting was out of place with Colin Farrell in that film. I think it would have worked a lot better if it was, if they used somebody else. Like Anton Yelchin was great. And that's, that's good casting too. You know, he's not like a big, I, big I think megastar. I watched it again. Now that you're like sent desensitized to like, remakes of classic material that you absolutely love you might have a different respect for it if you can get past the uh yeah colin farrell that's thing. not I, the I, only I thing mclovin can fucking suck a fat donkey dick <laughs> he is horrible in that shit man horrible i mean fuck I a mclovin it's not like evil ed stephen jeffries is a fantastic actor or anything no but he but i mean that was also you know that was just him. I mean, that was kind of Stephen Jeffries in himself. He was just kind of a weird guy, right? Um, but I, that's the thing, man. Trying to duplicate that type of character, it just it does not work. I mean, you got to you got to come up with something completely different. McLovin did definitely did not sell it to me at all. I don't even know what the fucking dude's real name is, man. I just call him McLovin. I think everybody just calls him McLovin. What is that guy's real name? Like, I actually don't. Even Christopher something. His name is Christopher? Oh, fuck. Yeah. Jesus. Of course it is. I don't even know what that <laughs> means. <laughs> well, speaking of the drive-in, um, 
I'm actually going this weekend. Uh, but by the time you hear this, yeah, that's lucky shit, man. Uh, I don't know a hundred percent if I'm going Friday night. Honestly, Friday night is a Toby Hooper, I guess, memoriam type thing where it's Poltergeist, which I honestly Seen like. It. Poltergeist is a good movie, and it is uh, classic. Debated if Steven Spielberg directed the whole thing. Toby Hooper, I think, at least should get a co-direct credit from fans. But it's a movie that plays everywhere. It's literally... I've had, like, at least five chances to see Poltergeist, either in the theater or, you know, at a drive-in or something. It's literally one of the most popular titles that is retro. It plays every year uh, at the waterfront here. And... I'm just not. It's just not one that I'm very nostalgic for. I've never either. seen it on the big screen. I haven't I've either. Seen it. But I've had many opportunities too, so I just figure I'll have many chances to see that movie. Uh, then they're doing Life Force as the second <laughs> feature. I saw that Goodwill like, a few days ago. Uh, I almost picked it up. Dude, that shit made me laugh, man. Oh fuck, dude, man. When you were doing those Screen Factory full overviews of the collector's editions and shit. And you watch like <laughs> you watched all four versions of life force and, or with all, I watched it with the comic, with the comment, the, the four the commentaries actual, or whatever it was. Yeah. I, was I think like, there was two versions of the film. And then I watched like three commentaries. That's right. Yeah. And I was, man, dude, that you fucking tortured yourself, man. Oh, dude, it was, straight it was up torture, man. I don't <laughs> know how you did that. I don't know how you did. It that, was brutal. Man. And that's why I don't really want to, what, go see that movie that much and then the movie the, the the one that i'm interested in plays third and it's the fun house which is perfect for this type of scenario right this you know grind housey you know kind of drive any I, I don't know like retro themed night it, it just like that movie feels like it would have played well in the 80s at a drive-in so it's perfect uh, for the drive-in, you know, it's a slasher. It's set in a fun house. It's cool. Like, I want to see that. Uh, and then they followed up with Invaders from Mars, which I had just watched for 1986. I didn't think it was too bad. But it just, it's again, doesn't feel like a movie that I want to see in an experience like this. So really one out of four movies I would be interested in seeing. So I really almost don't even want to go Friday night. It just seems like a pain in the ass to go an hour away and then an hour back home. Uh, and then when we're going back the next day. So I, I don't know for sure if I'm going to go to, to the Friday night one, if there would have been maybe eaten alive, uh, maybe something weird, like spontaneous combustion or the mangler, maybe the, you know, regular normal cut of Salem's Law or hell, even Toby Hooper's Crocodile. I would have went for if even two of those were in replace of, of these ones. I would have went for that because those are just different kind of movies that I would have been interested to see on on the big screen at, at a drive-in. You know, so, it's kind of interesting when you start naming off Toby Hooper films. You start to realize when you hear it out loud like that. He sucks. He's really not a great director. <laughs> it's like, I mean, besides Chainsaw and you know Salem's Lot, Eaten Alive's cool. You know, Eaten Alive's good. Ch- Chainsaw Two's really good, which they showed last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and Salem's Salem's Lot's really good. I like Crocodile personally. But spontaneous uh, combustion is fucking ass cheeks. <laughs> 
It's not very. Good. I've never. Seen it's it, not very good. But so what's playing on the second night? The second night is a much better night. Definitely going to the second night. So the second night is an A B C D theme. All right, uh, let's see so, if we could guess. Okay, go ahead. Uh, a. Uh, For asshole. Oh man, I don't even know any popular A. I probably would if I saw a list. A. Come on, you can't even name one A. Aliens, but that's not, of course, not going to be playing. No, that played at the waterfront lot like a couple weeks ago. Moods, do you have any ideas? What popular <laughs> horror? I even saw the poster a? for it. And I can't Werewolf remember. in London, but that's like a Werewolf in London. I can't even remember any of the movies that. Were well, it's of. American Werewolf in London, so. Mm. All right. Well, that totally failed. <laughs> but well, Moods isn't failed. fucking helping me. So how the what fuck? Was it? Was I never said it was going to help out. <laughs> So uh, A is Alligator, which I am so hyped for because oh, I love I that never movie. Guess that shit. Haven't seen it in so long. It's out of print in the U.S., uh, so that's that's a title that needs a, a Blu-ray release or something like that. But I, I love that movie. I love the poster for that movie. I'm really excited for that one. Uh, B is what is B? Oh, I wish it was Basket Case because I had actually suggested Basket Case when they were asking. Uh, but no, it's the Buggins, which Moods reviewed oh, recently. Cool. I've never seen it. So yeah, that's... I haven't seen. I haven't heard that before. Play around here. That's actually yeah. a pretty good one. Yeah, that's a, that's actually kind of a cool one because yeah. I like to have a mix of like classics that I've seen before and movies that I have never seen. And I've never seen Buggins, so that that's kind of cool. See. Uh, a classic that I would love to see in the drive-in, and that's Critters. Uh, so they're playing Critters, which is a great movie, a lot of fun. Uh, actually a little underrated, but I think that that's a good choice. And then D, Deadly I Spawn. think D's a really good, yep, <laughs> Deadly Spawn. I've never seen it, so I'm excited to see. I don't know, usually those ones start at like 4am and I'm kind of, my ass hurts from sitting in Man. crappy chairs and Try stuff. Try doing 24 hours, bro. Damn. At least those seats are a little more comfortable than you know, car seats. Yeah. Second, the second night is so good. That's oh a, yeah, that's second night. Yeah, that's yeah. I, I I commented when they announced the Toby Hooper thing and kind of gave my opinions and and I think people were a little bit upset as I don't know people I I don't know man I, I just I, I have no interest in seeing Poltergeist because it literally plays everywhere. I think they could have did. They usually kill it with the both nights in april like april is the is the cool one september's like the old like you know blind dead films and you know 50s monster go home or whatever you know like weird i mean they played creature from the black lagoon last year in september so i still like those ones but i just don't get as hyped for like the 80s awesomeness that you get in the um i wish they would do a i wish the one time they would just do a friday the 13th marathon or do like a Freddy versus Jason and do like the first four from each series on night one and two. I think that would be so cool. Uh, especially because it would give me a chance to finally see Elm Street 3, which is my holy grail title in terms of retro films seeing on the big screen. That would be ideal to do, man. Do four one night, four the next. That's awesome. That's a great yeah. idea. I know they've done uh, Friday I'd, 1. They've I'd prob- done part- I'd fucking fly over there, man, for that shit. <laughs> it would be dope. It would be dope. 
If you go over there for that shit, but you don't come here for a 24-hour horror marathon where all of us are going to go. But it's fucking Nightmare on Elm Street, man. Two-day extravaganza. Well, they played part six last year at the... uh, (laughs) They played Freddy's Dead at the marathon last year. That's just just so disappointing. Like, Freddy's (laughs) Dead? (laughs) I would have liked to see it. I'm I'm kind of disappointed that you had to work, Jeremy, for that. Yeah, I know. I was pissed because fucking Tales from the Hood... Yeah, oh, yeah. I loved. I loved hearing your. One of my favorite things would be when you'd come back from it and you give us the rundown of everything. Well, like you have that. to come, and then we could all do it. Oh man, that sucks, man. Tales from the Hood was playing. Shit, yeah. that sucks. I'll never have a chance to see that again. Probably miss yeah, my chance. I can't see that one playing very often. Nah. Yeah, it's probably not a very because there's only one print. One 16 millimeter print. It's the only print of it. 16 millimeter? Yeah. Huh. Was that shot on 16? I'm not sure, but I know that's the only no. available print. No, it was probably shot on 35. Yeah, I don't know. I would assume it would be 35. <laughs> In the mid 90s? Yeah. Cool. Cool. Well, do we got anything else? Should we move on to uh, some news or. Yeah. All news. right, man. Let's get into. The news. We'll do it live. Okay. We'll, no. we'll do it live. Fuck it. Do it live! I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live! Alright, so this first little piece of news here, I just wanted to throw this out because I thought it was cool. Not really that much of actual news. Uh, more of a review, but Bloody Disgusting uh, went to the Overlook Film Festival, which is, I believe, hosted at the uh, the old Shining. Mm-hmm. Um, what the hell is it? The Shining Hotel. Hotel. <laughs> Yeah, uh, uh, the place which, that you work the at, the Overlook which, Hotel. It, we know that there was two hotels used in The Shining. I believe one for the exterior, and one for the interior. I don't know which one uh, does the the festival, uh, but apparently Puppet Master, the Littlest Reich, uh, screened there, and they gave it a very favor favorable review, uh, even giving it four and a half skulls out of five. So what is it the best Puppet Master movie of all time then? It sounds like it. I skimmed the review because you know me. I don't really like to read no, reviews. Yeah. I just clicked on it and just to get an overall sense of, of how how it, how it reviewed. Mm. And it seems like it was an audience pleaser. There's a lot of gore and, and I guess there's some comedy in it. It seems to be maybe the greatest Puppet Master of all time. So hopefully maybe they got away from doing that shoddy CG they've been doing in the last couple. Well, well, this puppet master was. Let's keep in mind, it was produced and and you know created. Well, Daily from a Grindhouse different... says puppet master the little is wretch is disappointing right. and mean spirited. Whatever. Well, of course, it's mean spirited is to do with not. Well, that's good. See, if somebody does a critique and says that it's mean spirited, I almost look at that as a positive, and that person probably shouldn't be watching that type of movie. So that's almost like a positive review to me, in a way, because uh-huh. uh, if if that's one of their biggest criticisms is its mean spirit, that's their title. 
Uh, I think that they probably are not horror fans and probably not Puppet Master fans. Well, Daily Grindhouse is a pretty big blog, so. Yeah. Uh, well, okay, so we have conflicting reviews. And, you know, take take Bloody Disgusting for whatever yep. you will because you have to take their reviews with a grain of salt sometimes. But I just thought that it was interesting that we have at least one very positive review for, for that film. I had high hopes for it simply because it was going outside of Full Moon. And we know that if you go outside of Full Moon, you're probably going to get a little bit bigger of a budget. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because the guy That's from sure. uh, Cell Block 99 produced it, right? It wrote it as well. Oh, yeah? Yeah, he wrote it. I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah uh, S. Craig Zoller, Bone Tomahawk, and Cell Block in 99. Brought huh. Cell Block 99. He wrote both of those films and he wrote this. Uh, so that's pretty damn cool, honestly. And I'm kind of curious to see where this goes because uh, apparently they're also going to be doing Castle Freak uh, now too. And it, it seems like what had happened, and I, I know Charles Band had talked, both Lloyd Kaufman and Charles Band had talked about this many times in the past, going back, you know, five, ten years ago. That they Their plans was to uh, create some sort of deal where they can like split rights with with a, a, an actual company. Uh, I know that Lloyd Kaufman wanted to auction off Toxic Avenger rights, yet still have the ability to make their own Toxic Avenger Five or whatever, uh, but have a remake that would you know funnel in some money to do that. I think that that's sort of what Charles Band and, and Full Moon are doing here because I think that they're still producing Puppet Master films. So you almost have like two series going on at once. Oh, so we have an Amity Phil fucking Yeah, shit. no, it's like a co-production, right? That's yeah. exactly what they're doing here. So they're remaking Castle Freak? Yeah, I believe I, I I believe I'd seen that. I don't know if I have that news for this week or not. Uh, but apparently, yeah, Castle Freak, I, I believe, is the next film that they're going to be doing. And that could be interesting, too. Castle Freak's pretty cool. Yeah, it's but so I, random. <laughs> Puppet Master, I, I'm just very, very curious to see how it looks and feels yeah, yeah. with this newest one here. Because we know that the last Puppet Master film, that it, it just come out a couple like a month ago. It was uh, the final in the Axis trilogy. Yeah. I forget which. Axis Termination, maybe? I can't remember what the name is. I think that's right. I think that's right. Yeah. That one had come out. Um, I don't really. I haven't heard anything about it, really. Which you never really. You you don't really hear Full Moon that much anymore, honestly. No. It seems like people kind of burn out on it or, or not as high as they once were. But Puppet Master, The Littlest Reich, you know, that's new producers, kind of a, a different setting. Udo Kier uh, plays Andre Toulon. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, I can't wait for this one to actually so cycle that, into So it. that huge full moon trunk that just came out is already out of date with this new Puppet Master film? Uh, <laughs> did it have the the newest Axis one in there? The, the Termination, yeah. 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 Well, I don't know if that. I don't think Full Moon will actually have distribution rights on this this Littlest Strike one. So hmm. it depends how you look at it. It, it. I mean, they did that before with. Well, if uh, they're co-producing, I mean, if they're involved with the film somehow, I mean, I would assume. I don't know if they're co-producing. Oh, I just, okay. I think they literally have like I think the rights are split. Like you can make them and we can make them is okay. essentially what it is. So. 
Yeah, the, <laughs> yeah I don't know, but I thought that there. was neat. Hmm. Um, I can't remember if if we talked about this or going to talk about it, but uh, our Lee Army. Yep, we talked about it. Yeah, so we we will talk about it. <laughs> I think this is is it. I can't I remember. Don't fucking remember. <laughs> we might as well just say it already. Yeah, but uh, we might have mentioned this or might will mention this at some <laughs> point in the future. But Harley Ermey, Sheriff Hoyt from Texas Chainsaw Massacre, uh, Gunnery Sergeant Hartman from Full Metal Jacket. He was in The Frighteners. I don't know who he played because I'm not a huge fan of that. Yeah, we talked about this uh, last show. Which? What? Um, Ar- Arlie Emery dying? Passing yeah. away? Yeah. I think it, it it happened like we got the the breaking news while while we were recording. Oh, uh, okay. I think that's I couldn't it. remember. I couldn't remember, but you know, just to throw it out there again, you know, rest in peace. I, I love that guy. I followed his career even when he was on like the History Channel talking about guns and stuff. He he, I've always been really into that dude. Fuck, man! I thought he was older. He, wasn't he was like old. 74 or something. Yeah, he's pretty old. 74 is not that old. It's like he he like seemed old. He seemed old when I was a kid <laughs> to me. That's why I thought he was like old as fuck. Yeah. You know, like, cuz um a lot of people don't know this but I'm pretty sure that the very first movie I've ever watched was Full Metal Jacket. Uh that's what my parents tell me. Mhm. Like that the, was the first movie. The first, yeah, the first time like I actually they noticed me watching the screen, and it was on cycle in my house. It, it literally is one of the, it's my most watched movie of all time. I've seen Full Metal Jacket more than any other movie. Um, so I I, I mean I absolutely loved Arlie Army. Full Metal Jacket is one of my favorite movies ever made. It's in my top three. Well, since <laughs> you very rarely ever do rewatches and stuff, I mean. You've probably only seen Full Metal Jacket three times, and it tops tops out of all your movies. <laughs> um, I I can pretty much guarantee that I've seen it over a hundred times. Good lord! Yeah, there was a, there was one particular uh, summer where I was over a friend's house, and and we pretty much had it on rotation the entire time. Man, I would go nuts watching Full Metal Jacket a hundred times. Like I that, know every line. That I, movie doesn't seem like it should have a hundred times replay value. In it, like it's a great movie. Don't get me wrong, but fuck me, man, it's like war stuff. Yeah, I love it. It's it's one of my. It's just I love the I love all the subtext to it. That the the reason I love Full Metal Jacket too is because when I was a kid, I just liked it because it had a lot of cussing and, and it was funny to me. And I always would stop it after the boot camp and restart it. And then as I got older, I started liking the war segment more. And then I went back to the boot camp when I was in, a teenager. And then slowly I would unravel all this awesome stuff and subtext and and meaning behind the movie. Like, you know, I didn't know what the hell Joker was talking about when he was saying the duality of man when he has the peace symbol and born to kill on his helmet. But mm-hmm. he was talking as I got older about you know the primal instinct to kill and defend and 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 be uh, a savage yet still hoping for peace and and things like that it's very interesting i mean stanley kubrick's a genius 
Uh, and I, I think it's his best movie, but that that's just me. Um, I, it's, but that's also because it's one of my favorite movies ever. And I, I grew to love the war stuff. And all, there's so much to the movie that hasn't even been... There's not tons of videos out there that explain it. But there there's a massive amounts of deep shit in that movie. Uh, pretty much everything. Uh, every scene is calculated. Every every movement of the camera is calculated. You know how Kubrick worked. Yeah. Um, it's it's fantastic. Oh, the guy was so a total, that movie is very special to me. Not total pe- perfectionist. Yeah. yeah, he tells a story in the special features of one of the editions of Full Metal Jacket, which I do own. It's like one of the very few non horror films I own. I own it on Blu-ray. Uh, he the, somebody talks about Stanley was going down the road in a car explaining to them where oh we're gonna have all these boot camps here we're gonna have like all the all these uh huts over here and he went off the road and crashed the car and while it was crashing he was still explaining what he was doing and the car rolled in a ditch and he got out and he was still explaining and pointing <laughs> to the side of the road what he was gonna do i remember watching that and it like blew my mind i was like we just don't have that today there's no filmmaker doing the type of shit that hitchcock and kubrick were tarantino that is the craziest dedication ever right there maybe scorsese the guy has to find death right now (laughs) (laughs) he just rolls up just they're like in a jeep it just rolls off the road Oh lord, that's he's still explaining to everybody what's what's going to be over in this. (laughs) That's a great story. Yeah, well, he fucking made Shelly the Fall quit show business, so he must have fucking been a little bit crazy. Uh, I don't know if that was him, but you know, she drove him crazy. He drove her crazy. Yeah, well, she talks about her, bro. Yeah, but you don't. That that doesn't mean that it was him. That's just what what it's you know. What and she says, "Yeah, and I never, I've never personally heard her say that." So, she watched the interview she came. did on Doctor Phil, bro. Yeah, but I didn't see. Yeah, but Shelly Duvall was like, that she's lost her Stanley fucking Kubrick, mind. Yeah, I didn't hear her say that Stanley Kubrick's the reason I'm like this. Um, that, that video was sad, man. Yeah, yeah, that but, was. But yeah, so <laughs> rest in peace to Arlie Ermy. Uh, Quiet Place did really well. We talked about it. That was also in the news. Uh, after that. We have uh, news that Universal is teaming up with James Wan for a remake slash readaptation of another classic Stephen King novel. Uh, we have the Tommyknockers set for a 2020 release date. Oh, good. <laughs> good? Yeah. Good that it's 2020 or good they're remaking it? Remi- that they're re- you know, I-, I think we've actually mentioned on the show before. That the Tommyknockers could benefit from a remake, as could the stand. I, you may have. I've never seen it, so I oh, can't. Okay. I can't comment on it. I that, always, that's I, one of the few Stephen Kings I haven't seen. I always haven't you seen that re- most Stephen King films deserve a remake. Well, I mean the TV like name one of them that don't deserve a remake. I, I deserve. Think, I mean, well, what, let's let's analyze what deserve means. So to me, deserve means that there was strong source material. Uh, there was strong you know possibilities but the the actual adaptation failed so i but think its I, adaptation didn't fail huh its adaptation didn't fail no but we we acknowledge that there were certain things There's that, a that they had the to TV. hold back yeah, yes man. Like, absolutely that's why i think that the stand and the tommy knockers can benefit from remakes because 
they're on the same page as the original it film they were held back through their limitations through you know tv being a tv film right so uh-huh. i think you can do a lot more with it you know doing theatrical and look at it it's it's the same but it's different you know it's more true to stephen king's writings you know with the kids and the gore and things like that. So those are the things that we got with the It remake. Or Yeah, now if you're telling me that uh, they're remaking or, or doing another adaptation of 1408, I'm not going to be excited about that because 1408 is pretty good. It's, yeah. it's a solid. Yeah. Uh, same goes with The Mist and uh, other Stephen King adaptations that, that are great. Uh, some of them are a little bit dated and can be improved. So I think anything could benefit from a remake, technically. Yeah. But yeah. there's certain that are in much better. Uh, Langoliers. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> one that could benefit from uh, a reboot uh, or a re-adaptation. But there are some that are in bet- much better light currently as time has went on than others. Uh, we look at Pet Cemetery. I think Pet Cemetery is fine. Yeah, it could technically benefit from a remake because there was su- stuff left out of the book and things like that. Uh, and we know we are getting a Pet Cemetery uh, re-adaptation, um, but it's not one that I think like is in desperate need of a remake. Whereas <laughs> The Langoliers is something that probably could be in very much need of a remake. And you know. The stand is a perfect example too. It's so uh, dated, with, right? Like it's the TV dated effects, as hell. Yeah, and it's like from the '90s. Yeah, th- those are all those TV adaptations. I think could benefit big time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so Tommy Knockers, the original, came out in the year 1993. It was a miniseries, yeah. and it uh, is a po- supposedly going to be um, going through the you know re-adaptation route that we've seen that. King is hot once again, which is awesome. Uh, I, I've I think that you look one film made him hot. Well, there there was actually three that did really well last year. Obviously, Dark Tower it. didn't do well. No, but there was two other ones besides it that did really well with Gerald's Game as yeah, well as Nineteen Twenty Two. Those were on Netflix though. Those weren't making any money in box office wise. So how could you say they they did good? Just because? Well, they did good among the fans. I mean, they were accepted well. They were they yeah, were they, received they, well. They, and were, they got good reviews. And they were, well, that makes about that. Well, I mean, but that kind of what makes the look movie look at that like, oh, well, King is hot right now. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. I just think they see it making three hundred fifty million dollars, and they go, oh, Stephen King's hot right now. Yeah, that is a huge factor. Well, even having but, four adaptations of his work in one year is, I would say pretty fucking hot regardless. Yeah. Right. That's pretty crazy. I mean, how many, those, how many let's not forget those were in production, uh, before it had came out. You yeah. Know? How so, many, how many authors can you honestly say that have had that many productions of their work in one year? It's crazy. I, I mean, dude, that shit doesn't I, happen, man. Uh, I know that Dave was doing this over on Exploding Heads. I, I'm, I'm behind on episodes right now, so I don't know if he talks about it or did it or or what. But I know he he was going through every Stephen King adaptation and his you know to watch them all. And I was and I I thought it was a great challenge myself. And I was like, you know, whenever the podcast slows down, I'm gonna take it whenever we're done with 76 and things like that. But I was just looking at the run here, you know, Carrie, Salem's lot, the shining creep show, Cujo dead zone, Christine, children of the corn. Like those eight films in that small amount of time 
is such a good run. Then we had a little bit of not so good stuff with Firestarter, uh, Cat's Eye Solid, uh, Silver Bullet, Maximum Overdrive, Creep Show Two. But l- listen to this: Pet Cemetery, Graveyard Shift, Misery, It. Sometimes they come back, uh, dude. There's so many throughout history. If you would remove Stephen King from existence, you know how bad it would hurt horror history. Well, here on my dead mail this week, we have a uh, Stephen King talks the new project, Golden Years, his first TV series. <laughs> Golden Years. Yeah. Uh, but 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 think about it, right? Remove Stephen King from the annals of horror history, mm-hmm. and and let's just say that he was still a writer. You know, I mean, that would heavily hurt writing. But let's say none of his work was ever adapted. How many absolute classics would we not have today? Well, there's quite a few. Yeah, quite a few. <laughs> he might be one of the most important people in horror history up there with the likes of argento up there with the likes of falchi and carpenter and romero stephen king is up there now granted he didn't direct these movies but in terms of pure importance and result i think that he is super important uh in in the classics that we got yeah yeah, for writers, man. I mean, without Stephen King and, and Lovecraft and Edgar Allan Poe, I mean, you think of all their works that have been adapted over the years. Hundreds. Mm-hmm. Tons and tons of renditions of their films, adaptations oh, throughout the time. You take away those three names right there, and there's a big void. It's crazy. Yeah, and really. you know what? Unfortunately, a lot of Poe and... Lovecraft actual films have not been the great like they have they don't have a huge streak like King does but the amount of inspiration that they've had on filmmakers is very very important so even if you you know remove the films themselves they still had such a huge impact on filmmakers writers are are a huge part of of horror history I think you know it anybody I think anybody that is in the realm of horror whether you're a director, writer, whatever. I think everybody at one point was probably influenced by Poe. The dude was so far ahead of his time. I mean, that shit was macabre to hell. Oh, I love, I love like, Poe's stuff. His stuff is so fucking deep and crazy and like just so unique. I mean, you got to think about when he was writing this stuff, man. And like the 1820s and shit, thirties, uh, a lot like, of those so old time, old in time, righty guys, they kind of lose me in the translation of of the old school writing, but not Poe. I can actually go through and understand what those those uh, stories like very well. And yeah, yeah. nobody at, like I can't read Lovecraft and and other old shit like that too well. But but Poe I can for some reason. Um, so I, I I've always been... I find that interesting actually because I find Poe to be his dialect at times and and just like the grammar and the way things are punctuated it, it is a little bit different but it's also a product of its times though too right oh yeah you know for sure I some of his story, some of the things I'm just like oh, I found myself having to reread them um, but I, his stuff is like fucking timeless though man uh, but one thing amazing. I wanted to ask the listeners you know drop a comment on the YouTube video or in the Facebook group page under this podcast is stephen king the most important 
uh, non-director in horror or who do you think is? Because I think that's an interesting question. Uh, we recently are almost uh, ra- wrapping up the director uh, March Madness polls. Uh, it's down to the final four now, I believe, uh, which I'll be posting uh, probably when this episode airs. I'm not even voting uh, anymore, man. Fucking Bava got goddamn destroyed by Argento, so... <laughs> I agree with that. I'm so I, I'm still voting. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, who is the most important non-director? I mean, Stephen King directed one film, but uh, he's not known as a director. Who's the most important figure in horror movie history that is a contributor but not a director? Uh, I'm curious to hear what people say. So more on the writing lines? Anything. Acting, writing, hmm. um, you know, just producing who who is the who is one of the most who is the most important non-director in the genre i think vincent um, price is up there man vincent price is definitely up there <laughs> yeah. for sure for sure if not the the goat right there um but yeah let's uh let's move on here so tommy knockers 2020 and the next little bit of news here um a little bit unfortunate news, depending on who you ask. Uh, I think everybody would say it's unfortunate, even if they're not a huge fan like myself. But Ash vs. Evil Dead Season 3 is the final in the season as Stars has elected not to renew the Ash vs. Evil Dead for Season 4. Yep. So no more Bruce Campbell as Ash. Says he's done. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, I saw that too. He's like, that's it. Hung it yep. up, man. Well, I guess we'll see. Money talks. I don't know, man. I I don't know. Is there supposed to be is there gonna be a sequel to the remake? No, I don't think so. There's been no movement on that. Yeah, they're supposed to be. I can't believe that there's no talks about that because you know the remake. There did was talks well. when it happened and yeah, then yeah. all of a sudden it was just dropped i know fetty alvarez has moved on to different things now you know well it makes sense so, but yeah i don't know man i'm not i'm, I'm still not waiting really for season two show. to drop down on price i personally don't give a shit if they do a sequel to yeah. it or not i didn't it's not my favorite thing in the world but i'm just surprised because i know it did so well i mean most i love to i love the evil dead remake i really do it made my top 10 of 2013. Uh, there is one absolutely atrocious scene in it that I agree. The defibrillator scene is awful. Uh, but it has great carnage in it. It is just... The gore is awesome. I like the it's rainy blood in it. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, dude. It's sick. And also, like, the story is pretty good for what it is. Um, the... I've know, actually had a craving Trump. to watch that movie again. Just yeah, to, I have to just watch to it again. It. I haven't seen. Well, it. Actually, Exploding Heads has just released their Evil Dead retrospects with Mr. Watson. So, uh, I, I also wanted to revisit Evil Dead remake. Hmm. Some time. But good shit. Yeah, uh, Evil Dead is a franchise that I like. I think it's Watson's favorite franchise, if my memory serves me correct. And there are mad Evil Dead fans. Like, the people who are diehard Evil Dead fans always seem to be Evil Dead 2 fans. Like, that's their favorite. 
Um, while it seems like the people who are not crazy on the franchise love Evil Dead 1, but don't like the other two that much. Uh, I happen to fall in the camp where I like Evil Dead 1 a lot more. Uh, I know Moods is there as well. Jeremy, where, where are you at on that? I've been really, I don't really like those films, to be completely honest. I'm not a fan yeah. of any of them. I mean, I'll, the first one's not a bad movie or anything like that. None of them are bad movies. They were just, they've just never been my cup of tea. Maybe I have to revisit them. Maybe I was yeah. in a bad mood when I watched them. But. I love well, I'm sure the we will eventually cover them on the podcast. Yeah. Uh, but I don't really like the TV show. Have you seen it, Moods? No, I have not at all. It's more of Evil Dead the comedy. Yeah, it's more comedy. Yeah. Yeah, it's more it's, comedy and more sexed up, and it's very slapsticky. Yeah, I won't lie. I I knew that it was more of a comedy, like you know, Evil Dead Two, Army Darkness type stuff. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't really overly that stoked to check it out. So um, maybe one of these years I'll get around to checking it out. I might as well, right? But yeah, I'm I'm an original Evil, Evil Dead fan. I like the horror. You know, Evil Dead Two is pretty much a remake, but a com- with you know comedic version of it. I just prefer the original because it was trying to be a legitimate horror film. You know, yeah. it's fun. It it's, it's got some of the greatest film. fucking camera work and techniques used. And the story behind the film is fantastic, too, man. Like the effects and just hearing all the stories. It's just it's like an amazing thing. Um, but the end product, it's fantastic. I think it's great. I can't I just I can never wrap my head around when people say they like part two more than part one. I don't know what it is. I always question it because I'm just like, man, but part one's a horror film. Part two is a comedy. You know? Yeah. As a horror fan, I you would just... I hate, I hate using the word assume. I really don't like to use that word, but in that case, I, I just always assume that people would prefer the part first one, but whatever. It is what it is. So, Evil Dead, Ash versus is canceled for season four so i don't know if they exclusively on the rights if sam raimi does if they could take it to like something like netflix i don't know the deal but it seems like it's probably done well netflix has fucking made enough shit so why not just add another thing to the, to the list? <laughs> yeah they, they need a 518th new show this year yeah. 750 what the fuck uh after that, a uh, couple announcements. Um, we got Razorback coming from Umbrella Entertainment, making uh, restored from a 4K scan. Oh, that could be uh, The Outback Pig Killer Pig movie, uh, Razorback, which I've wanted to see for a long time. It's uh, it, it, kind of one of the more popular exploitation films, I would say. Uh, and it's also coming with another horror film, which Quentin Tarantino apparently... Never uh, had a release. Yeah, lo- love this one. It's called Next of Ken. Yeah, finally. That's awesome. Yeah, so uh, Umbrella Entertainment doing big things as they've been doing for quite a while now uh, in Australia. Uh, they're probably the premier. And you can get them on Amazon. Stuff. You can get them on Amazon. You can get them on uh, like Walmart.com too. I think. Yeah, and, I mean they're like uh, Prime and everything. I like think they're deep sh- discount. They're yeah. shipped from Amazon and everything, so they're like legit. I guess we probably also, should specify that the Mexican film is not the Patrick Swayze one. It's, you know, it's the <laughs> the Aussie slasher one. <laughs> yeah. So, 
yeah jeremy's right you can get these uh fairly easy you yeah. know they might you might be paying a little bit more but if it's a film that you've wanted to see for a really long time or I something mean, I've that's seen them for like 14 yes. 15 bucks yeah they definitely drop i mean yeah. when they're new you're not gonna get them super cheap but they, they're definitely affordable over time and they've released tons of movies that still don't have releases in the u.s uh, a lot of exploitation oh, yeah. stuff too um yeah, Jeremy mentioned Silver Bullet on Blu-ray. They have the uh, best drive-in compilation the, trailer. Yeah, I actually just got a new one in the mail today yeah. uh, or yesterday. Yeah, those Delirium sets are awesome. They're man. amazing. Yeah, they yeah. they fucking restore their trailers to look like they look so amazing for trailers. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's fucking awesome. I, I watch oh. those things all the fucking time, man. The yeah, first time that time I had uh, th- heard of Umbrella Entertainment. By the way, I have no time to watch those right now <laughs> with 1976 and all the other stuff. Uh, but the first time I heard of Umbrella Entertainment was when they released Jamie Lee Curtis. Um, and was it Stacy Keach? Was he in that? Uh, Road Games? Or was yeah. it not Stacy Keach? Yeah, Stacy Keach. And I had wanted to see that movie for a really long time because of the fact that, you know, it, it didn't have a real release over here. It's not the best movie in the world, but it's it's pretty cool. Uh, it's definitely something that is worth seeing. You know, it's this sort of slasher, pseudo slasher, road horror type movie. Um, and that was the first time I heard of them. And now I know them very, very, very well. Have a ton of their releases. Uh, but definitely a lot of people don't know. Most of their releases are region free. Yeah, even though they don't say on the back. Yeah, they're the lying back. to you. Yeah, I don't know if that's like legal. Like, I don't know. I hate <laughs> commenting on it because I don't want to. Yeah, fucking piss them off. I, I not even just piss them off. I don't want to ruin what they got going because yeah. clearly it's effective. Mm-hmm. Um, and region locking is so lame. It really is. Like, I understand why. Well, you don't have a problem anymore, though. I don't. Yeah, yeah. I I finally gone region free. Finally, thanks to Carly. Really. Well, because of me, I told you about it. Yeah, well, thanks to him, too. Uh, but yeah, oh, so, it's about I, fucking time. Jesus. I am region-free now. I've watched my first region-locked B title. I've always been region-free on DVD. I've well, never Everybody been. is. I wonder why they haven't made readily available Blu-ray region-free players like they do with DVD. I don't understand that. Like they'd have a, you could get a region free. You could walk into Walmart and buy a region free DVD player right now if you wanted. Why the fuck haven't they made a region free Blu-ray player yet? Well, it's the it's, same as DVD players. They weren't always readily available. Just I know, but we're now twelve years into the format. You think they'd be readily available twelve years? Or four K region coded? Not the disc, the Blu-ray. I think it's because the region locked players are kind of a gray market thing, man. They're not actually fully legal. I think that's yeah. the problem with so you can't just walk into your local retailer and, and go in there and buy them. So well, DVDs you can. Yeah, which is which is interesting in itself, but, but I uh, think that's 4K the players are still region locked. Like you can't put a, a a Blu-ray locked to region B in a 4K player and expect it to work, but the 4K discs aren't region locked. So if you buy a 4K disc from Italy, uh so- you it, that's not region locked, but the oh, Blu-ray really? still. So, so what you're saying then is, from here on out in the future, as this stuff progresses, if 4K eventually becomes as popular as Blu-ray and stuff, we won't have to deal with region coding anymore. 
you know, as it they seems like it, it as of now. As of now, yeah. That's pretty interesting. I wonder why the 4Ks aren't region locked. Like, what's the difference? Because it's still know. movie rights. It's still it's still movie regions. Like, I maybe don't they just don't give a fuck anymore. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I, who knows? Who knows? Or maybe why? people. Maybe not that many people are importing 4K. I mean, this is like a select few titles, like. Texas Chainsaw has a Germany 4K. Well, well typically and... those aren't region locked though. It's yeah. more the stuff in region locked to the the United States and the UK. Like those are the and Australia. Like yeah. those are the real territories that have strict region locking. And I would say US is the worst. If you live outside of the US, Everything out over here is region locked almost. You know, yeah. some companies will, will release stuff un- unlocked, but a lot, like everything, is locked. It, it would be hell if you wanted to import all those stream factors. There is some com- there's some companies that are all region. I think all the trauma stuff's all region. So yeah, because that's fucking trauma. Yeah, but it's still an example, <laughs> regardless of the quality of film. I'm just saying, trauma's. Uh, yeah, but companies like Synapse and shit, like, you know, they're all fucking region locked. Scream Factory, Factory. yeah, all those companies. I think Kino is too. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, just goes on and on. But yeah, so uh, that's Razorback coming and Next of Kin coming from Umbrella. Uh, After that, we have uh, the the poster for Halloween. The new Halloween film came out. uh, Just a little teaser poster. Michael Myers mask. Uh, A couple things of note. Everybody's gonna do that. It's like it's so annoying. Like they could put out the coolest fucking poster in the world, and people would still complain about it. I'm not saying it's a good poster, but it's, people are always gonna complain that it's shitty, no matter how good or how bad it is. No, if it's it was a, a if it was a good if it was a good poster, I'd be like, yeah, that's fucking gnarly. But this shit's boring. Yeah, but it, it's yeah, it's, it's a teaser poster teaser just draw. to say he's coming back. Like this is what you you just have a picture of Michael. That's the only thing that matters right now. Michael and that's what you have and there was a cool little uh, like so first of all I seen two posters it doesn't one where you could see his eyes and one where you can't well one they like lit they like went into photoshop and raised the brightness so you could see it better oh maybe that's what it was then yeah that's what apparently his left eye is damaged from when Jamie Lee Curtis he's like missing a left eye which is cool that's cool. That's a yeah. that's a cool little nifty thing to throw in there for the people that are. I personally like the mask. I, I like the. I mean, this is obviously art. It's not a still picture from mm-hmm. the set. But I thought it looked spooky. It looked it looked Halloween, and that's what I wanted. Uh, now I will say this, and please, for the love of God, like I wish somebody would just fucking punch this guy in the face so hard. There's this fucking douchebag. Yeah. McMillan or James McMillan or something like that. He runs this or at least writes for this horror website and the dude is constantly literally spreading fake yep. news. Like literally yep. making shit up. Even Carpenter said selling. like there's not even a cut of it yet. Yeah. Carpenter they they, said they that. cut a little trailer together so far. Yeah. And that's it. That's it. The, 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 the cut of the movie is not. And this guy makes up a rumor and he says, I, as soon as I clicked on the article, I knew it was fake right away because it was from that fucking website, that piece of shit website that constantly has fake news. And I knew it was fake, but I read it anyway. I gave him his hit. I click on it and it says something around uh, along the lines of 
through sources uh, through an, an, uh, a source who re- wants to re- remain anonymous, like right away, I know you're fucking lying because anybody can say that, right? Anybody can say that they have a source that wants to remain anonymous. That's not sourcing anything. That's fucking bullshit. And he says that Halloween has screened and it's going to be called H4O. <laughs> okay, that was the first article. The second article said that Blumhouse screened uh, you know, the new Halloween and audiences absolutely hated the ending. So now they're working on reshooting the ending or something. I'm like... This guy is literally toxic on the community. It's fucking Somebody, clickbait, why, man. Why he, has nobody... And this guy has wrote for Blumhouse and Dread Scent. It's like, I feel like nobody is actually screening these fuckers anymore. Got, and He doesn't give a shit about the integrity of, of you know, this world. Journalism or anything. Journalism or, you know, the horror realm and things like he. It's all about getting those clicks, man. It's all about the yep. traffic. So he's he's but there's he's there's doing a difference what all pieces like, of shit like do. Baby stuff that's like yeah. you know question mark is this happening? You know, and literal blatant fucking lies. It is the most unethical. What the fuck is this? What is this homo's time. name? J- like it's like James or Josh McMillan or something. I've called him out on this podcast before. The dude and he posts his own articles and I comment on him. I'm like, this is fucking fake, dude. And he doesn't say anything ever. And then the the newest article has been taken down because the studio wanted it taken down. Not so that even Carpenter said that it was fake. Yeah, but that's what he said that yeah. happened. But really, yeah, yeah. what it is, he probably already got most of his hits from from fucking. You know the Us. fakeness of it because I've seen it everywhere. I, these things spread so rapidly because people think they're real, and yeah, then yeah. also he yeah now he puts up that fucking the studio wanted him to take it down. Yeah, they probably fucking did because it's fake as fuck, and it's you know it's not true, dude. And this fucking guy, man, he irritates me so much because I see him all the time, and he posts. He was the one that made up that shit about Carpenter like flipping out. And saying that Get Out deserves, to, he he deserves the praise for Get Out or something. He he. There was another one that came out too. I can't for the life of me remember it, but it was another complete bullshit made up story. And he didn't even take it down. He just changed it and was like, "Turns out that my sources weren't true." But he left the article up so he could still get hits from it. It's the most unethical garbage oh, the motherfucking bag, bullshit of yeah. all time and and i don't know why this community hasn't got out their fucking pitchforks and torches and killed this guy already because he's a fucking cancer on the horror community i hate fake news i hate people that fucking share fake news unknowingly you know it's not their fault they don't know but i know and i don't want them to share it anymore because it fucking sucks and it just drives me crazy i take that shit so serious it is something I follow a lot of journalists in the MMA world, uh, the horror world. It It is fucking killing me to see this shit. Yeah, it's but unfortunately, it's just, the way, it's just the way a lot of these assholes operate, man. We need to stop them. This There's guy, so many people like this. We need to stop it's, this dude, though. No this integrity. dude is the worst. They this no dude inte- is the fucking worst. No integrity He's literally anymore. making shit up. He's making shit up, guys. Fucking... Yeah. Go after him. It's all Fucking ban man. him from all these group pages. He sucks. He sucks so bad. People need to stick together and get this fucking douchebag out of here. I hate him. I can't stand when the real news is noticed. When the real news isn't that exciting, man. You gotta make shit up, I guess. It's what it's literally There's no like, integrity in this shit no anymore, truth man. To it whatsoever. 
it's fucking 100% fake. And this fucking guy that's, is everywhere. That's always been the major problem with journalism, though, man. There's so much toxic bullshit out there and fake shit and just inaccurate reporting. This right? is the worst, though. This like, is the this is the worst guy, man. Yeah, I hate him. Yeah, I I I, have, I, I literally I I never I never say this about people, but I hope he I just hope he stays off of the fucking internet forever. I, I, I thought you were gonna say I hope he dies. No way, man! Because there's thousands <laughs> of people. I was going, I was like going there, to, but then I was like, I can't say that. No way, man! Because there's thousands of people that are clicking his shit every fucking day. This motherfucker ain't gonna stop. It's okay. We could put him in the hall of fuckers. Because how many people have even posted his fake news in our fucking group page? today oh yeah i'll like eat it, that it, shit it's, now. it's fucking it's it's just there man this guy ain't going nowhere because he's getting so much traffic man i i, I honestly unfortunately he's never, not going i anywhere. never delete shit in our group page it could be i will not allow that fake news bullshit in our group page this is why but I you fucking, let fucking fake accounts this is why page. i don't follow the fucking news because half the shit that i fucking find is probably fake anyways and what does suck is they do actually have on the website, which I'm not shouting out. They actually do do legit news too, which they just honestly, most of the time they just take it from other stuff. It's okay, JP. Take a breath, take a step back, and fuck this McMillan guy. Yeah, he's a piece yeah. of shit. Josh McMillan. Josh, it just sounds like a douchey name. What a piece of shit. So apparently, uh, this guy hit him up on Twitter and said, I'm the EVP digital at Universal Picks. Saw the Halloween story you posted, and those attendees are under NDA. We yeah. would respectively request that the story be taken down, possible. Your assistance with this request has been appreciated. And he says, done. Like he has some sort of fucking ethics fucking line. Oh, my God. But then whatever. Then it's just on to the next piece of fucking made-up news. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Well, what can you do, man? Everyone's got a voice on these interwebs. Unfortunately. Including us. Unfortunately, man. This is the way it is. Never stop it. Ugh, I hate this guy. (laughs) Anyway, moving on. Uh, Chris Columbus um, teased at a Gremlins reboot. Um, We've talked about this before. I I don't know. Too many times. It's 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 not exciting to me. It's not. I love Gremlins. I know that you're not as high on it as I am. It's it's a childhood favorite of mine. Yeah, that movie's kind of uh, depleted over the years for me, man. I like Gremlins, but it's not. I don't. I don't get hard up. You know, I don't get hard when I see it. I, I mean, don't. Either. I think if it's I was getting weird. hard over Gremlins, that would be a little bit weird. Yeah. Well, Phoebe, <laughs> Kate, Phoebe Cates, she's fucking hot, regardless. Uh, yeah. So I don't know. They they're talking about rebooting it we've heard this for years now i'm not going to talk about it too much but yeah uh, the, the only difference is before they were talking about a part three now it seems like they're talking about a 100 percent reboot so rebootness yeah uh so um trailer hit for evil bong 777 777 <laughs> yeah yeah i Don't still have i still haven't seen past three 
I haven't seen. I haven't either. So there was what Evil Bong four twenty, which makes sense. Yeah. Evil Bong high five. Yeah. Which that that's actually quite clever. Get it high five. That's a good one. Yep. And then six six yeah. six was it Evil Bong? Which makes you know yeah. Yeah. Ginger six, Dead six, versus six. Evil Bong. Yeah, that one too. I forgot about that one. And then Evil Bong seven seven seven, which is playing on the Lucky Sevens. I think it's set at a casino, maybe. Oh, dude, that's fucking awesome. See, they're getting. Yeah. Ah, different Eight fucking Evil Bong movies now. <laughs> Jesus Christ, dude. dude. When are we doing the Evil Bong franchise, man? Never. No, I'll yes. Do, I will fucking Oh, do. but you want to do the witchcraft one? Go fuck that's yourself. Funny. What evil the, Bong dude, witchcraft, way witchcraft way is Witchcraft is actually easy. not funny. That shit is like, <laughs> that shit's taking itself too serious and it's just sleazy smut. At least with the Evil Bong films, you know they're self-aware that they're bad. Yeah, and the first, and the first, uh, the first Evil Bong film is like filled Tommy with Chong. bunch of fucking Tommy Chong's and like psychopathic records artists. It kind of, it kind of makes a me bunch. laugh. <laughs> Not gonna lie, <laughs> dude, it's great. It's great. <laughs> and then, and then there's the, this one chick gets naked in there, and I'm pretty sure she was from one of the brett michaels reality tv shows <laughs> oh my god <laughs> classic um, classic evil bong should be a lot more funny than it actually is i actually didn't mind all three of them when i watched them which evil bong what what evil bong 2 was king bong and evil yeah. bong 3 was 3d right yeah yeah um or was it <laughs> i can't even remember but I wouldn't mind. I, I'm curious to see where the hell they went in the next four. <laughs> but I, I actually don't own it. I got to pick those up eventually. <laughs> Man, the full moon well, stuff you, is getting hard to find. Like you have to basically buy it from full moon. Band. Which, yeah, and which, you're paying. You, if you wait till their, I think their Valentine's Day sale, they're usually like five bucks each on DVD, which isn't too bad. But yeah. back when Go Hastings was around, dude. I should have picked them all this stuff up back then. I used to grab some full moon stuff from there, but it was always like you know two bucks, mm-hmm. dollar before discount and stuff. So I know the Hamilton books get some here and there as well. Yeah, full moon. Uh, they actually had a ton of Blu-rays on there for uh, pretty. Yeah, cheap. Hamilton books. Yeah. Yeah, full moon used to be very, very easy to obtain. Yeah, cheaply too. Yeah, and really cheap. But now it's just like I don't know. I, I think they had all the Puppet Masters for like four ninety five. Yeah, each each Blu-ray. Blu-ray Puppet Master. They had a button like Castle Freak. They, there was a bunch of Blu-rays on there for cheap. But I still want to get. I still need to collect the Jess uh, Franco thing that they did. Yeah, I need the last four. I have the last two. I need the rest. Oh, weird. <laughs> yeah, they're like ten. Weird. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah. So Evil Wong seven seven seven. It's happening. Uh, and then the final thing here, uh, Dakota Johnson uh, says the intensity of Suspiria sent her to therapy. Uh, she said, "Pussy." <laughs> How uh, is that? But not getting fucking t- hogtied by a dude in in those Fifty Shade movies. I don't know. I've never seen them. Me neither. I just know that's what oh, happens. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, he's like, I, yeah, he's so <laughs> I, I swear to God, that's I Bullshit. He saw those things opening night, man. Yeah, he on the did. Big that's why we never hear of him, hear from him when those things come out. <laughs> he's, he's Paul Rubin in the back of the theater. <laughs> oh, there it is, man. 
With his extra large popcorn and his extra butter for for lube. I just watched uh, Cheech and Chong's next movie, was it? And Paul Rubin's in that. Do you know that? Yep. In the next movie? Yeah. 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 I thought of Jeremy. (laughs) Um, But anyway, so uh, there was a site like uh, ELLE.com and she was being interviewed and she said, no lie fucked me up so much that I had to go to therapy. We were in an abandoned hotel on top of a mountain. I had 30 telephone poles on the roof, so there was electricity pulsating through the building, and everyone was shocking each other. It was cold as shit and so dry. Uh, so it okay. wasn't the movie. It was just the experience. <laughs> yeah. Is she so. rating her experience and not the movie? I think, I think, I think the, the filming experience, you know? So it wasn't actually the movie. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. <laughs> Guess we'll find out when it comes out. Yeah, Andrew Schroeder's girlfriend's high it. hopes for this film. I think this is. I I'm predicting it's going to be good. Guess we'll find out. It has a lot of hype. Well, if it sucks, it's going to be a miserable failure. It's. it's yeah. They've got to be putting in work on this one to make it something special. It's been years. I think so. I hope they go in a different direction than Argento's, but that's just me. Yeah, I, I, I think we should probably see this within the next calendar year. I'm definitely curious. Definitely curious but, on this. Uh, yeah, that's the news, guys. Jeremy. You got some uh, dead mail for you? You've got mail. Yeah. The fine folks at home. Going out, pulling out an issue from Fangoria's back lot and talking about it. And this week we are talking about issue number 105 from August 1991. And on the cover we have the main feature film is Body Parts. And then we have Terminator 2. <laughs> uh, horror's hottest comics Hellraiser and Nightbreed uh, Servants of Twilight Killer Cult Carnage I never heard of that movie have you seen it Moods uh, no I've not seen that one yeah it seems pretty cool uh, Stephen King talks the new projects Golden Years his first TV series uh, latest novel Needful Things plus the dark half Romero directs so this one has a fold-out poster of Sometimes They Come Back. Speaking of King, so let's dig into some oldie dead mail. All right. This one comes from George Goodman from Ohio. Uh-oh, one second. As I fucking rip my old-school Fangoria, I'm a mess. You ripped it? No, it's okay. Did he say he ripped it? No, it's all right. I got it. So you didn't rip it? It was close. Luckily, it wasn't like issue one through five. Okay. Uh, I recently went to see the Steve Miller film Warlock, and I loved it. Julian Sands was so evil. I couldn't help but like him. The only disappointment was that Mary Wolnov's death scene was cut down from the gorier not to mention funnier alternative described in Fango 101. Uh, Laurie Singer was stunning. 
until she turned 60. Her valley girl heroine was great, and I was understandably relieved that she survived. Richard E. Grant was hilarious at Federine. When he took the weather vane on the airplane, I was cracking up. I only will have one question. Will there be a sequel? Fuck yeah, there will be, and it's cool. But then there's another one, too, and it's not cool. Ah, here's something that has to do with 1976. Oh, yeah, we didn't even talk about Warlock. Okay. So he was so Fucking excited Warlock after he watched Warlock. Oh. I love Warlock. I really, I've always Warlock liked is it, good. I love Warlock. Warlock now. is it good, is awesome. but it doesn't kick ass. It kicks major ass. That's, that's not an, even that's just such ass. an extreme adjective. Like, no, dude, Warlock is ass? so fun. When you guys want to talk about fun factor, okay, you guys are all fun factor matters. Okay, well, how come when I say Warlock is fun as fuck? That y'all don't factor that in. I didn't say anything. Because Warlock actually, it's not exactly a fun movie. It's it's great. It's really fun. It's super fun. It, I it's like a the, good. It, it's a decent film. I like to hear he those kills guys' a kid thoughts. And boils his fat and flies with it. Yeah, that's real fun. <laughs> I like to hear his thoughts on part two and then the dreadful and part painful three. part three. Part three. Well, part oh. I, I when, when that Vestron came out and I got it in for a review, I didn't even watch part three. I watched one and two and talked about those. <laughs> you didn't and even bring I, up part Jason, three, huh? You didn't even bring up the painful. I, no, I didn't put it in or play it or anything. I just <laughs> I completely avoided it. I think Jason actually likes part three, which is fucking. <laughs> no, that can't be true. Nobody likes part three. Pretty sure he gave it a like a six or something. Jesus, crazy. You wanted me to read a little lengthy paragraph about the Omen that the editor of Fangoria wrote? Yes. Yeah, Since I'm sure we'll be talking about the Omen next week. That's why I'm talking about it. Okay, he says, uh, back in the summer of 1976, the hottest movie tickets in town was in Midway, the Missouri Breaks, Mother. Jugs and Speed, or That's Entertainment. No, it was The Omen. The film created quite a stir 15 years ago. Nothing like The Exorcist three years earlier, mind you, but The Omen's ingenious and ad campaign and gimmicky pre-publicity had this then 13-year-old fright buff dying to check it out. The Omen was the must-see event of the school break that year. Considering the total lack of showmanship accompanying today's genre releases, I felt that high time we re-examine Richard Donner's movie and run a tribute to this thread-setting created death film and blah 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 he talks about it more it's long you're not going to want me to read it but do you I not pre-read was... these things yeah but I figured you don't want me to read three paragraphs so I'm not going to read it alright this one comes from Kyle hold, Peek hold on so the omen is a film that I think a lot of people would predict is going to make some lists next week um, nah, <laughs> it's funny because I, I wanted. No, I can't stand you. I I wanted to watch it again because I I watched it for seventy six, but it was literally the first one that I watched. So that was a while ago. And if I had to talk about it, not saying it would make my list, but if it makes somebody else's list or mine, I don't know if I'd be able to say much about it. So I was like, I need to rewatch that, and then. I went to watch it last night, and I, I realized that the box set 
I moved all my box sets from the shelves because I just don't have room for them. And I, and I stacked them like in this cabinet and I'm pretty sure that it's like bottom back. And I'm like, yeah, fuck it. I don't need to see the omen because <laughs> I don't want to dig them all out. That's the only copy I have too. And it's deep buried. Dude. Come on. I think I'm probably going to have to dig it out. I thought, Last I thought, night I didn't. I thought Jeremy was slacking on the 76 prep. <laughs> so hey, man, I'm up to 20. I'm up to 24. That's pretty good. That's I don't bad. think I'm hitting 50. I don't. I don't think. I'm, I'm going to at least watch five more, which would put me at 46. Oh, you and the ones I need man. to watch, I... I, I I, if I wasn't training this week, I would be able to watch some at work. But now I'm not going to have like really any time. If I wasn't going away this weekend, if I don't go to Friday night's drive-in, I'll definitely hit 50. If I go, then I literally that Thursday will be my last day of prep, which I work th- Thursday. Or I'm actually off Thursday, but yeah, I work the night before into 7 a.m. I only so. got a couple days left, too, man. I won't be watching anything Friday or Saturday. I, I really need to get to Alice Sweet Alice. I need to rewatch Carrie um, and The Omen. So that's already taken up three right there, three watches that I have. But I'm only at 41. So, yeah, I don't know. I so, There's a couple other ones that I want to get to, like Schizo. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, man. It's oh, and burnt offerings. I apparently I need to watch that one. All right. Yep. So Kyle, what do you, what do you hold on? I was still talking. It's that mail mofo, not fucking seventy six <laughs> discussion. What do you What do you have left? Me? Yeah. Uh, the omen, burnt offerings, schizo. Uh, let me pull up your list. <laughs> I know that it will be right here. Uh, the tenant. That's another. That was the other one. Uh, so the omen, tenant, burnt offerings, uh, schizo. I think everything else is pretty shitty. Uh, dude, dude. I don't even want to talk about shitty. No, that's why I didn't watch shitty movies. That's why my I only have twenty four movies. Did you see my picture? Fourteen films I watched under five or under. Fourteen. I don't even have any nines. That's I the worst nine. I've ever done. I have one nine. Ugh. One film above nine. Let me say my list is gonna start at seven. Should I watch House of Mortals soon. Yeah, I'll watch that too. What's that? The Confessional. Yes. Uh, damn it. More satanic panic. Sounds like it, is it? No. No? Thank no. God. I'm, I'm burnt out on the satanic it's, panic. It's more like the hypocrisies of, like, the Catholic Church and shit. Dealing with, uh... Fucking still dealing with religion. Uh, I'll yeah, probably try to get there, to that There is a too. lot of stuff in 76, a lot of films that have to do with religion. I know. I know. Yeah. Oh man, I phew, I can't wait to talk about these fucking movies next week. <laughs> I had a bad time. I'm not gonna lie. Oh, by the way, some of those are like two hours too, Jeremy. Wait, did I also have to watch? They're all two hours. Ah, much. fuck. 
I watched Tenet. King Kong last night, which was two hours. Tenant is two hours. Omen is two hours. Oh my god! Two hour movies are they gonna be the fucking death burn, of me? Burn offerings two hours. Fuck. Schizos. Is that how they made movies back? Two hours. In the day. <laughs> Confessional two is two hours. hours. Dude, these fucking. T- I knew I was fucking myself by putting off all the two hour ones. I did that too. <laughs> Fuck, dude, I'm going like crazy from these fucking things. I I I did not. I completely failed spreading them out. I fucking. Well, I failed. Considering we had like a year to prep for this, yeah, I'd say so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, dead mail. I'm sorry. All right. Uh, Kyle Peak writes In your 100th issue, you stated that the video invasion has taken its toll on the horror genre. Frankly, that was an understatement. Although some decent movies that didn't get a chance at the box office could get it on video, it's getting harder and harder to find these movies. Instead, the video shelves are mostly weighed down by cheap trash that isn't worth the $3 you usually have to pay for them. Every month, the video chopping list in Fangoria has about 20 new releases, and there are probably six that are worth watching. It's a shame that for every director like Craven, Carpenter, Cronenberg, etc., who are trying to give horror a respectable place in the movie business... There are five or more cheap jokes, jokers who are constantly throwing this trash out to make a fast buck. These people have no idea what horror is, and as long as they keep putting this junk out, the pull on the horror genre will get heavier. Was Bill Zabub making so movies back then? Listening back to these <laughs> things, there were so many things in there that are of note. One, he said that every month Fangoria has at least 20 new releases. Could you guys imagine if there was 20 new releases a month? Well, listen to this, though. How there's would we a, ever keep up? There's an ad here from Marshall Discount Video Service for Bride of Reanimator Uncut. The Laserdisc is $35.95, and then the VHS is $81.95. $82 for Bride of Reanimator on VHS back in 1991. There was a lot. They were really expensive sometimes. But but think of that, though, right? 20, 20 new films hit your video store. You know, yeah. you go rent some movies, and, and there's 20 a month. Uh-huh. I think about how many films get released a month nowadays. A lot. Way more. Yeah. 20 a month? Yeah. Dude. <laughs> 20 a week. <laughs> but I think that's also what they were just putting in there too I, there was probably a lot more movies that they weren't uh mm. showcasing it had to it had to have been i was the 90s dude there's not that many movies well 1991 yeah i mean it well it definitely had slowed down <laughs> yeah but yeah for like sure. go ahead and the entire i think the entire year only has a couple hundred horror mm-hmm. movies listed on imdb and we know half of those are like shorts and for what 1991 yeah, uh, yeah. Th- I mean, there's there's a couple year- years in the early '90s that actually have quite a few. I'll actually look that up and see what, what actually the the amount that there was. But it's crazy to think that this guy actually completely. It's ironic because it's completely gone totally the opposite hey, way now. Yeah, where the the indie stuff is what you're looking for. And it's funny the name's Craven because Craven knows what horror is, but this was late in Craven's filmography already. Like, yeah, he still has like 
Craven's filmography without any of the screams <laughs> is kind of funny, right? Because you guys always talk about how bad Craven's filmography is. But could you imagine how much worse it would be without the screams? And at this time, there was no screams, and he's talking about Craven like he's a god. Yeah, that is true. But then again, you know, he was talking about Craven um, when Shocker had just come out, so that kind of makes sense. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, but so I think that uh, I think that that's interesting. That his big complaint at the time is that the direct-to-video market is killing horror. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know that. I thought that was interesting, too. That is just not a relevant complaint today. At all. No. You know? It's actually... Even Which back I don't then... Think, I don't think was a very popular opinion, though. Even in those days. Because I, I think, like, a lot of horror fans, you know, in the later 80s and stuff, when the video market was, like, really, really booming, you know, there was more of the films that you're willing to watch going straight to video than there was theatrical, I think it'd become a thing. You know, it's interesting that he is complaining about it. Um, But I think by that time, it had already kind of, it had settled itself. I think fans knew that's what it was. You know, going to be, there was going to be a lot more like films straight to video. Yeah. So I don't. I don't know. It's interesting that he's complaining about it because even back then, I mean, that's just the way it was. We weren't getting theatrical stuff, but I don't know. I don't think it was All killing right. it. It was the everything else. So I don't know. I just I just find this article, this one, interesting, just because you have to think about the time period and how lucky we are today to live in the the internet age. It's very interesting. So he says, recently on the incredibly strange film show, which was visible here on the Discovery Channel, uh, Chinese director Sue Hark was profiled. Hark, it seems, is nearly single-handedly responsible for a new wave of Chinese horror films marked by startling, bizarre imagery and a dizzying pace created by super quick cutting. The clips they showed on the program convinced me that we in the good old USA are missing out on something very special. Perhaps a profile the current horror cinema in China is in order. How about it? I know I'd like to learn more. Also, is it possible to find any of these startling new movies on video? So it's like it's interesting, like, you know, 91 Chinese horror films. Like, oh, there's no way to really learn about these films, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess you'd have to pick up read magazines yeah read your magazines hopefully you know fangori would profile some of them in there that is even though you probably could never see them but it was it didn't just go for asian films back in those days i think it was anything foreign was Mm -hmm. like really foreign yeah you couldn't get it well how many how many mom and pop stores and shit would would stock any foreign films like that unless they were popular Uh (laughs) uh-huh probably they were dubbed or you know yeah not not too many I mean, uh-huh. I remember, you know, I, I've told the demon story a million times, but I didn't even realize back in that day that it was Italian. But there was those more popular titles that had made it over. No, but, I never. That's that's one thing we never had, period, was Italian horror um, or foreign, usually, in any of my mom and pops or my big budget stores. I, ne- I never seen an Italian film in, in, on VHS when I was a kid. Are you sure you just missed them? Or, I mean, it's possible that I, I just didn't rent one, but like every single Italian film that, that I've seen since, I never remembered seeing on the video store rack. 
hmm. like demons, any of the Argento stuff, um, any of the Falchi stuff. See, I anything. It's so weird that I I would have thought that you guys would have seen that stuff growing up more than I would have. But I did yeah. though. There there was the odd store like the mom and pops and and whatever, and you know there was Falchi Zombie and there was Bava's Demons and Suspiria. Like you can rent those tapes. By the way, IMDb changed their bullshit site to where you can no longer look at the thing that I was trying to look at. So, all right, all right. This guy writes: um, I would like to respond to a letter in Vangoria One Hundred Two, in which the writer contends that the documentary "The Texas Chainsaw Massacre: A Family Portrait" appears to be entirely money motivated. I admit that on some levels, the work does suffer due to budget restrictions and expertise but as this was my first film i like all filmmakers hope to learn and grow with each project the idea that i made the video to capitalize on chainsaw or to make a fast dollar up is absurd so i guess this is the director um as an admirer of chainsaw this was entirely a labor of love designed to give all the fans of the original inside look at one of the best films of all time I wrote, directed, and produced the video out of my own pocket and sold the finished product product to a distributor. And after all this, I will be lucky if I made enough off this film to pay for an hour of its editing time. All that aside, I still have faith in the project and thank everybody, especially Fangoria, who can look past the film's shortcomings and see an informative piece that has heart, something that is terribly missed in today's horror genre. To all who support my documentary, I thank you. Have you seen that documentary? Yeah, it's okay. It's been yeah. a year. It's been years since I've seen it. It's not really the greatest one. I, I'm pretty <clears throat> sure JP has seen it too. What was the documentary? The Family <laughs> Portrait, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I actually haven't. I, I've, oh, you have been in my cart a thousand times. I've yeah. just never went for it. And I figured a workaround for the IMDb thing uh, using Google, but apparently there was only a slated 152 horror films for 1991 yeah you know what you do actually you go um you can search by the year you have to see where it says all where indb is you click that and go down to advanced search and then you can type Uh, it in yeah so you can do it like that i've been doing it recently actually because i was working on a couple things i used to do it a different way yeah i used to do a different way too i used to just type in a film from 76 usually carry click 76 and then click the genre and then all the films. Would yeah. Come up, right. That's but, what I would, but yeah, yeah, so I got to do it this way. Cause remember I was complaining. I was like, there's no way to search by year on here anymore. And then I figured it out. And, yeah. um, but yeah, so how, how about that though? 192 or 152 only. Yeah. Could you, we could, you could literally realistically, if all are available, you could, you could watch every horror movie from 1991 ever. And pretty, pretty easily. Yeah. It's a possibility. Granted, it would be a pain in the ass. Well, I mean, I'm sure like the last 50 films that are listed on there, probably impossible to find. Yeah, <laughs> just just going down here uh, into the first, you know, fifth, uh, first 100, and you like at 64, you already have like Zombie 90, Extreme Pestilence, and like <laughs> shit like that, Teenage Exorcist, and Teenage. Like, Exorcist. I, I love that movie, I, man. Oh really? 
Yeah, it's good. Uh, it's fun. I'm, I'm trying to see when they stop being movies because you know how that happens all the time where eventually it's just like something that's not even a real thing probably. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there, there was one copy ever. So it seems like like there's one called Puss Bucket. <laughs> it's supposed to be it, Puss Bucket or Puss? Uh, how do you <laughs> spell just retarded. P-U-S? How do you spell Puss? P-U-S? P-U-S-S. Yeah, it's puss. <laughs> puss bucket. <laughs> That's a fucking great title. Uh, here's one, blobber mouth. Uh, there's a lot of like foreign ones, like Zaza Strasadi. Uh, yeah, there's some of those ping pang pong. Yeah, so literally <laughs> after the first hundred, you're not going to even find any of these. So yeah. 100 movies is probably all you're able to see and the, and the thing about those hundred movies is that a lot most of those are pretty readily easy to find too some yeah i would probably say mo- most, most of them yeah. when we did 96 there was like it was even worse i think i think after like 40 they became very obscure and hard to find i i don't know how many yeah. you watched for 96 but i only watched like i think 35 back then because i the drop off was so crazy 96 was yeah was insane so moods i'm curious if this one you lived in this time so this one comes from a guy from ontario and he writes i've been a reader of fangoria for about four years and i also read gorzone in recent issues of both of these magazines, certain pages have been ripped out. This isn't, this isn't just in one magazine shop either. If this is done at the hands of mindless censors, why? Nobody should have the right to tell people what they should or should not see, especially in the area of horror and special effects. This sort of thing really disturbs me. Not only do I not get to see the pictorials, but I also miss half the articles. Many other Fangoria readers in Ontario feel the same way I do. Many of us would be interested in knowing who is responsible for this and why it is happening. So did Ontario have strong censor laws in the 90s? or It might have been who was you know running Ontario at the time. But yeah, no, they have had a history of having censor uh, issues there. And it's pretty much like the only place in Canada I can even think of. Like out where I'm from uh, in the West BC, like I've never heard of any major censorship scandals and things like that over here. I don't know what it is about Ontario, but I have heard throughout the years there has been times where... But what were we just talking about? There was something to do in Ontario. There was a film that was censored there. It had a bunch of shit cut. And it Mm -hmm. wasn't censored anywhere else. Just in Ontario. So... Hmm. But that is fucked. That's the first time I've ever heard of Fangoria having pages Pages literally ripped ripped out of the magazine. So so they were distributing them into Ontario and then the reseller... The reseller... They were ripping them out, I guess? The distributor was ripping them out before they gave them out to the stands, I guess. What the fuck? Yeah. So did Fangoria answer him? Yeah, he says, uh, though the fingers seem to point to your Canadian distributor, we investigated the problem and could not find the culprit. Our circulation director insists that this heinous censorship is subdiding, but in the meantime, your best bet is to subscribe. Yeah, if you get it straight from them, then it's missing that, uh, that middle person. Yeah, that is fucked. I've never heard of that before with a magazine, ever. Uh-huh. Maybe, maybe in the UK, yeah. that's crazy censorship, though, man. Whew. <laughs> wow, All for right. a country All that right. really doesn't have any censorship, that's pretty mind blowing. It's crazy. All right, last one comes from Andrew Pastar 
from Quebec. And he writes, uh, thanks for your great coverage on Scanners 2, the new order in Fangoria 101. <laughs> yeah. I had the honor of appearing as an extra in the recently completed Scanners 3 here in nice. Montreal and was thus invited to a sneak preview of Scanners 2. All I can say is fantastic. My opinion is probably biased, but this film just blew me away. The acting was brilliant with a great story and amazing FX, giving the film a Blade Runner-ish atmosphere. Not to mention the incredible head explosion, fane ripping, and implosions we all know and love. No doubt some scenes will fall victim to the MPAA, but hopefully they leave us some cheerless splatter for us to enjoy. Well, first off, I have to say this guy's opinion is void because he's from Quebec. Move on. Okay. Hey, we just Scanners Three just, has a Blade uh, Runner type fucking atmosphere. Go fuck yourself. No, Scanners Two. No, Scanner, he said three. He did. He eventually said three. But are you kidding me, man? Dude, those movies suck. Scanners Two I and Three is the you're watching worst. Them wrong, man, I like Scanners Two and Three. No, they're like X Men movies. Boring. Dude. They're so fucking boring. Like the storylines are so uh, shitty and boring. Like <laughs> straight Z's, two and three straight Z's. Oh. Um, what was I gonna say? Oh, we actually had somebody messaged me. Scanner cops better than that bullshit. Yesterday, and said that they're from Quebec and they listen to our show. So they're so you just insulted him. Um, and he wanted to know if we had any merch he could buy. Because he loves us. Oh well, yeah. The merch is probably eventually going to come. Never. Yep. We well, I, these guys slacked a hundred percent. I tried to get a deal going with this guy who. Uh, what the fuck did I do? I can't possibly get a design ideas. our t-shirt, and they never answered me. No, uh, I said so, I, I said I want to see a. Te- I, I mean, I'm not going to throw five hundred bucks towards a guy. Well, and have we've him seen just, his work. Yeah, we've seen his work, and he's done uh, other people's arts and he wanted to know if we were like i had reached out to him and he told me his price and stuff like that um and he said he was getting busy and he needed to know if we wanted to do it and they i was like so are we doing it and they never answered me so i'll leave it to them to get the 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 shirts and and different things done Well, if you need a serious answer for a question like that man just message me and you know personally That'll be a lot easier to find. But then Jeremy says, like, oh, you guys talk behind my – didn't fill me in on this. Well, it's true. <laughs> exactly. So I'm but trying I to – I don't really have a say anyway, so you might as no, well – Yes, you do. It. Stop saying that. You, you have the say. say. You you, you – if, if you didn't have a say, half of the movies we covered in feature reviews wouldn't have been done. <laughs> yeah, <we'd, laughs> we've, we would only have done, like, probably 50 episodes now. Yeah. Because all of those are your picks, man. All yep. of them. But yeah, but no. so that that's why the clo- the merch is delayed is because these guys can't get on the fucking. No, I said same I, page. I said I'm fucking down. I just wanted more. Well, info. we can't have the guy to draw the thing and then be like, yeah, well, well no, we're not going to pay. Like no, we we seen his of, art style. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we he said basically, you guys give me the ideas. You know, it, like you pay me. You give I think me that's all the also ideas the, the other big one. That's also the other big part here is that we haven't fully sat down and figured. I know, out what but we the problem was is this guy was really busy, so he needed he needed to know if we were rolling or not. Yeah. So, um, like I I know we needed to sit down and 
I think I think idea. that we should get homie Richard to do something. Who's he- Richard? Heavy Metal Relay. He's designed, you know, covers for a bunch of horror films and shit. Uh, he's on YouTube. Richard, he's in our group. He, he comments all the time and shit. He's uh, from Sweden. Yeah. And he's a fucking excellent artist, man. He's done lots of great artwork for films and shit. All right. Well, th- I'll leave it up to these guys to get. Maybe to I'll, maybe I'll contact Richard. I'll just be like, yo, man, would you would you be down to design something? I still want a personal like if we do a like obviously we'll do a mean logo like this is our represents we had, us. We had a good idea. We were gonna do it a drive in. We yeah no I like that. I like that idea. Yeah. Um, no, we had an idea. I'm just saying that that we lost the the artist. Um, but I oh, think he's that, fucking lost. Well, I mean, he'll we could reach back out to him, but I don't want to again unless we like for sure doing it because i've talked to him like three we'll, times we'll now. figure out the kinks here we'll figure it out but we'll but get it going. I, it, it, we obviously want to do a, a, a like a main like this is us right uh sure if that goes over well um this dude's like i'll buy a bunch of them <laughs> but if that goes over well you know and i don't we would obviously look into the aspect of what it costs and all that stuff later but if they did well i would i think we could each do our own individual ones like i'm feeling a bad worm placement shirt would be kind of cool but uh i don't know about you guys <laughs> oh my god <laughs> bad worm placement should be a thing hall of pain <laughs> what if we did a hall of pain shirt and had the posters with bruce Payne up there and the poster of all the current inductees into the hall hall of pain you literally buy a hall of pain shirt would that be cool i think that would be cool it's kind of funny we get I, I copyright buy that huh couldn't we get sued for copyright? Uh, dude, we don't make enough to get sued. We wouldn't even make any these. You know what I mean? Like if if the if some if company that owned the poster came after us and was like, "Hey, you're using a tiny little speck of my poster," and we, I'd be like, "Okay, we just won't sell it anymore." <laughs> <laughs> you know, and that would be the end of it. So yeah, yeah. but the, 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 I don't know if you've looked at it. There's not a ton of officially licensed shirts out there yet. There are a ton of horror shirts mm-hmm. so not correct. everybody is is licensing these things like literally five percent of the companies are actually licensing anything so i think we'd be fine but that's just all right and on the back of this issue of fangoria we have terminator 2 judgment day telephone challenge the terminator is back the world is again threatened with destruction now your voice and battle ability can destroy the terminator computer chip prototype Help save mankind by taking the T2 challenge. Our grand prize winner also gets LJN T2 game <laughs> cartridge, which is shitty. Uh, Nintendo game unit. Midway's T2 video arcade game. That one's all right. All right um, one. 25 runner-ups gets LJN's Game Boy cartridge for NES and Game Boy. Here's how to play. Dial 1900740T222. A dollar ninety-five the first minute, one forty-five each minute after that. Callers under eighteen, get your parents' permission. Touch tone only. Now if we call it, uh, here's the instructions: one, dial one nine zero zero seven four zero T two two two. Log in your voice to become the Terminator. Use the star key on your telephone to destroy the evil mimic Polyoy. 
Step four, crack the three-digit security code at Cyberdyne Labs. Five, destroy the Skyline system computer... Tra- <laughs> Welcome to Verizon Wireless. Uh, Your call can now be completed in style. <laughs> it looks like it's nothing. So then you have to destroy the Skynet system <laughs> computer chip prototype and successfully save mankind by completing the mission and qualify for the sweepstakes drawing. <laughs> and you'll probably That's be such 20 bullshit. minutes. They're charging like $2 a minute and yeah, you probably got to do all this stupid scavenging. You'll be, like, you'll be on there for 10 minutes to fucking... <laughs> Yeah. I love that shit, man. That shit just makes me laugh. I had to read that. Because, like, that shit's, like, never would happen today anymore. You're going to spend $20 on the phone. Oh, there's That's no market for, for that anymore. The 1-800 oh, yeah. numbers. Completely gone. The 1-800 one, and 1-900 numbers were the, so funny. Like, I love and seeing those so old fun. ads and stuff. Yeah, yeah. That's why I had to read it, because it just made me laugh. It's like, what blog in mind is people log in your voice call those? Yeah, like, there was an official Freddy fan club hotline. That I remember seeing. <laughs> this shit's crazy, man. And you would just, from what I understand, you would just call, and then you would hear like it would have like, Pre-recording like Freddie, like Robert England would have like a couple of messages like pre-taped, and they would play them to you. And you could charge eight dollars. Yeah, <laughs> and then, and then they put you on hold. Like, what? what is this? Yeah, they put you That's... on hold for eight minutes, right? <laughs> well, that was like the Nick magazine. They're like, make sure you always have your parents' permission when you subscribe. Yeah, those Nick- were. Nick Magazine was a the shit. They're super hard to get now, but yeah, they were cool. They were I had cool. a couple when I was a kid, um, but it's funny because like sex lines and stuff, so 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 retarded when you really think about it. Like I don't know if you guys ever had like a porn tape or something back in the nineties, and you'd see those ads for like sex lines. Oh <laughs> man. And you're like, who? The, like, even at that age, I was like, who are these fucking losers calling these? Well, who <laughs> no, are the fucking losers that. on Chatterbait now paying? It's yeah, no but you're seeing, you're, but you don't have to pay to do that. You can just watch. Yeah, um, but if you want to get the good stuff, you have to pay. Like, well, if you want to see so me, you have to off, wait for someone else to pay. If you want to see me jerking off moods, you're gonna have to pay. Yeah, that's Whoa. big money. That's big, yeah, money. That's big is, money. Ask that, Kyle. Hey, he's, pay, he's hit up the Patreon. Add a new tier <laughs> since we're not doing movies right now. <laughs> Ask Kyle. He's seen us a few times yeah. on there. He's one of our best tippers. They do. They do yeah. the parody in CB4 so good for the uh, those sex lines and the dudes CB4. walking through there. He's <laughs> like one eight hundred piss, and the chicks just pouring fucking water from from a jug into a bucket. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, but that's exactly what it is, man. You know. There's no way yeah, you're talking to any hot bitches on that other line. They're all fat. Here's a, 32 issues of Nif- Nick Magazine for $174.99. So Nick Magazine, quite the rarity. Who would have thought? Yeah, it makes sense. Well, you, you got to think about it, right? Like, who's the people buying Fangoria's? Grown-ups. Grown-ups, primarily. And, yeah. and kids, but, you know, not little kids. The people who are buying Nick Magazine are, you know, like nine Ten year olds. Yeah, so, so they're gonna it's get probably ruined. like yeah. seventeen to thirty year olds buying Fangoria. Not, yeah, oh, not, yeah. Not to mention a lot of those Nick magazines had like things you could cut out and stuff like that. So to have them complete is probably insane. Man, I'd shit um, my pants if I came across a stack of those. I totally had forgot about those until you recently brought it up. Nickelodeon um, magazine. You yeah. you even remember the ad better than I did. Oh yeah. I used to see that ad all the time. That I remember the kid holding the giant stack and like tilting back and forth and then it falling on him. <laughs> yeah. Man, I've never Good seen stuff. one. 
No, because that's past your fucking an ad or the magazine. Jesus, I don't even know about that. Past your sell by date. Yeah. Um. <laughs> but yeah, Nick Nickelodeon stuff. I wanted to. I want to cover. Are you afraid of the dark? Season one on. No, the I want to do the fucking like the the that goose thing or whatever. The rabbit. Just play a whole bunch of old Nick shows and like have people come in and talk about. Oh yeah. Well, if you upload them onto uh, archive.com, we can play them. What do you mean? Like you just have to have them on something to where you can play them. You can't play them directly from your computer. Oh yeah. Yeah, hmm. they, you have to stream it basically. That oh, speaking of which, anybody listening, I, I've been doing these like um, oh, experimental rabbit streams. Basically, everything's always you guys, about fucking JP, isn't it? Jesus well, I'm surprised he didn't fucking shout out his Joe Bob Briggs shout out. Oh yeah. <laughs> um never mind. It's <laughs> <laughs> just fucking with you, man. Yeah, yeah man. I know, the the online rabbit um Yeah, I was going to mention sites. that we want we want to actually do this like for real. Like I was just testing it out mm-hmm. to see if it would work. And uh it, it's pretty good. Like the quality is pretty solid. You know, I was watching shitty nineteen seventy six movies. Yeah, well, you're watching uh, movies you can't watch with a group, dude. Plot of Fear, you can't watch it, with dude. A group. Plot of Fear perfectly worked for a group because if not, I would have been confused as hell. Derek had to explain, like, or who, what? Sam, me and Sam were both confused, and and he's sitting there. The he actually the picked a lot even, of it up. The movie, it not doesn't even make any sense, it's dude. We figured it out. It makes no sense. Oh Nothing God. makes sense in that movie nothing there's so much bullshit that happens and you notice it more when you watch with a group because everybody's pointing out all the bullshit uh but yeah that movie's awful dude four out of ten no, uh, like that's that not making my top 10 by the way <laughs> but like we, we watched another one too which was really bad it was like a two out of ten uh that one was uh, crash savage or something no we didn't watch that one crash is uh, fucking fun charlie, man charlie oh, man. crash yeah it's shit <laughs> oh wait, man! It's so much fun. It's just cars Mo- crash. I, I, I love how I love how like Charlie Band actually movie because some of the ones he was recommending to me, I was like, "You gotta be kidding me!" It's shit. It's just like cars fucking because, flying off the it's road. Because you're fucking. It has no plot. Now. Yeah, it does. It has a fuck. What the fuck are you guys watching, man? <laughs> no fucking crash. plot. It has a fucking crash plot. Sucks. Dude, it's so, it, man. The funniest thing about that movie though is Charles Band, like he rehashing some of the car accidents in it. There's a whole montage section in like the third act where he's just basically replaying all the car crashes that he done throughout the film. It's fucking stupid. It's so stupid. That's why you like it because you're stupid. No, the movie is fucking fun. There's some good crashes in that shit, man. I would probably like that a lot more than Plot of Fear. Like even Sam, who loves. Uh, Italian flicks and and black. Oh, he was influenced by you. By you. No, dude, that movie made. Listen, listen. If you actually pay attention to that plot, nothing in it makes sense. None of the characters' motivations. Nothing makes sense in that movie. And Don and Nelly would give it a nine point five. Just watched it a couple weeks ago. Uh, Anyway. So the rabbit is pretty cool. You could stream stuff and chat. You could also do video. You can like put yourself on video too, as well as audio. Um, but it kind of interferes with the movie a little bit. So it's I think kinda... we haven't like mentioned my, of... my Joe Bob Briggs idea. Yeah. And that's what I was allude. That's what I was 
segueing into eventually is we want to try this rabbit stuff with actual watches with the community actually set a date to where it's not like four in the morning and sam's the only one that's up and and we actually have like a set time where we're going to get together and and do community watches and we can do stuff on netflix and different things like that and jeremy had the idea take it away so when joe bob's coming back to shutter to do his 24-hour uh, movie marathon on Shutter TV, uh, coming back to the old school Monster Vision days. Mo- right? Yeah, Monster Vision days. Uh, it would be cool to do like a tw- you know a twelve twenty or twenty four, however long it goes, a live stream of the event and have like maybe like one hour every hour, like have a different host from a different show come on and and like just do like a round a round robin of horophilia hosts on and we could talk and watch joe bob once again in his former glory yeah and watch the movies obviously because joe bob is only part of it but uh maybe when joe bob's talking we don't and then during the movies you know we could all chat together in the chat or or something like that and 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 have different horror feel yeah like i thought it was a pretty good idea i think we should set that up you should create an event for it uh, we should test out Shutter and the Rabbit thing and see how it works together. Um, mm-hmm. Probably pretty pretty solid, uh, and go from there. What do you think, Moods? I'm busy that weekend. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, it's a cool. You probably idea. are. Probably and, are busy. Well, weekend. most likely, but no, it's a cool idea, man. It's a cool idea. Yeah, no, I clicked yeah. into I clicked into that Rabbit thing the other day, and no one acknowledged me, so I just said, "Fuck you guys." Well, you ha- if you're in there, you have to make it. We don't know that you're in there unless you like have a name and stuff. But I, you have to like say something. You have to like type in the chat or something. Yeah, no, I just <laughs> no, I just, just I just, no, I just clicked on. It. I just wanted to see how it was working and shit. Yeah, it's not bad. You know, it seemed um, pretty cool. Johnny and Sam pretty much show up for all of them that I've done. I think I've done three now, and they've <laughs> they've shown up for all three of them. And we, and just us three alone have fun. Like we talk about the movie, and we're like, oh, well, what do you think? This is the you know we we watched Dogs. We had a blast with Dogs. I watched Dogs today. That movie fucking rules. Yeah, yeah, we had a great time watching. I even Sam was like, wow, I was re- way under uh, on this rating wise, and I was I look back in 2011, I gave it a four. What? And I was like, yeah, that's what I was like. I was like, whoa. <laughs> I gave it double that. Yeah, me too. Now, <laughs> not, not um, around there, but yeah, I was I, I completely changed my rating. I was like, I bet you it's the same dogs. Doberman in that movie as there is an embryo. <laughs> I bet you it's the same dog. It actually and, could, <laughs> and and I think the um, the dog from A Boy and His Dog is in there too. It's possible. Yeah, that came out in what seventy five. Boy and His Dog. The check. Yeah, dogs is uh, like just incredible. Yeah, I, I mean, like, I love the killer animal movies from seventy. That's yeah, the one thing that I'm, I am having fun with. Even even some of the lesser popular ones like Savage Bees, I still enjoyed. Uh, that yeah. that's way better than the. Those movies were shit. cool back in the day, man. You know, just all the all the training and all like just filming with dogs and oh man, it's just a process and a half, but it's amazing how well it turned out. Yeah, I mean, sometimes the dogs are shitty, but yeah, but it, they're they're doing some pretty incredible stuff, though, man. Yeah, I know. Like it's dude, pretty, yeah, like, but that's nothing. Could you imagine shit? filming with a uh, giant ape? That shit would have been hard to c- control. That thing. What in King Kong? 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Fucking. Yeah. You well. could just put Preston Leahy C in a suit like Jackass 3. <laughs> <laughs> so, much, so much easier. It pretty then, much is at times. And, and, and then Phil just awesome. sitting on the fucking toilet taking a shit as the giant apes destroying the. <laughs> no, it was Pontius. Pontius was in the ape suit. Was it? Yeah, it was Pontius. Huh. Yeah, but. Um, I think that would be cool if if the community is interested. People listening to this show, let us know. Uh, and if not, and if very least, me and Jeremy will do it by ourselves. If yeah. moods if moods isn't around, <laughs> I never even know when the fuck you're doing these things, man. You know, I I think it's like well, well, well that okay. is the, the ones that I've been doing. They're just I'm watching these movies and and I just felt like doing it. It's not like planned or anything. So, but I want to eventually. I was testing it out, like testing the format and stuff mm-hmm. before having a big thing where everybody shows up and it doesn't work or something so uh but this is on a set day so it's not like it's uh yeah if we post it now it's like june something we would have yeah. plenty of time to, to mention it and hype it up and stuff what is the date but, by the way june i think it's like june 12th or 22nd something 24th somewhere around there I, i'm curious to see what the lineup is obviously it's it's gonna be bad shutter based so um, June, so June twenty second is that's a Friday. I think yeah, I know it's a Friday. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I'm probably gonna have to request off or like use vacation days or something if I'm doing that. <laughs> Actually, I'm out of town that weekend. <laughs> I figured you were. You're out of town every weekend. For the summer. <laughs> Fuck. Um, but that. Hey, it sounds cool to me. I'm I'm definitely gonna watch even even if Joe Bob is under some heat right now. He is. I don't know. The, over in the Shockwaves group, like they're talking about him being racist or something. So really, uh, that's a shocker to people. Look at the fucking guy. He's from name, the south. His name is well, Joe he's, Bob. He's well. <laughs> he's also playing a character. His name's like John Bloom. I know, so but he's name. but he's from the south. Everybody from the south's fucking racist. Well, I don't know about that. Why is everybody so PC? Like I read this article this week on some big site that. Uh, a lot of people are pissed off at a poo on The Simpsons. Like people are boycotting to get him taken out of Why, episodes because, because coming up because he's too because he's stereotypical. Yeah, yeah, but see, th- that's so funny because I'm pretty sure there was something like that back in the day. I, I don't with his, his character, and then everybody like all these Indian people. Uh, banded together like no we fucking love a poo you know what i mean it, but seriously like, it's, like the indians, it's like the Gonzalez indians too. getting rid of the mascot it's like why is everybody so fucking pc these days i am the devil and i am here to do the devil's work they will say that i have shed innocent blood what's blood for if not for shedding i like to dissect girls did you know I'm utterly insane? Have you checked the children? children? Children. What do we do? Why don't we just wait here for a little while? See what happens. Oh yeah, getting into the dub 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 portion of episode 135. Yeah. Y'all know what this is about, man. Where we go round tree, review some films, give some ratings, pass it along. Who wants to start us off? JP, how about you start Ooh, us off? All right, uh, I'll go first. Um, so this film that I'm going to be reviewing is a Patreon title. 
Uh, it is Frogs from the year 1972. This is a eco-horror film. Uh, surprisingly, it is not solely about killer frogs. I was super surprised by this. I, I'd wanted to see this film my entire life since I'd seen the poster and just never got around to it. I had the Scream Factory double feature with Food of the Gods, which I watched earlier this year for 1976. And I was hoping that I would get the frogs sometime soon and I actually got it as a Patreon. Oddly enough, because I never even mentioned that. And basically, it follows this wildlife photographer. The very opening of the film is all about the destruction of nature. It's pollution. It's just photographs of pollution. This guy's in this, uh, you know, swampy area around this island, and he's taking pictures of pollution. Uh, he eventually meets this family that lives on a plantation uh, in a mansion, and he begins to talk to them, do some stuff. Uh, it's around the Fourth of July time. Uh, and he goes looking for this guy who, who was spraying pesticide because there's been frogs everywhere on this island, like an overcrowded um, island of frogs. And, and uh, he finds this guy dead with snakes all over him. And actually kind of got under my skin a little bit in this movie. And, I, and I'm not afraid of snakes, um, but I am afraid of poisonous snakes. And there, it looks to, it looks to me I'm not a snake expert, but it looks to me that there are some actual poisonous snakes in this film. Uh, and I, I get I don't really know what the plot is in this one. It didn't seem to have a thick plot. It just seems like there's these people and they start getting picked off by these animals. Uh, and there's different deaths. Like one person gets this sort of webbing falling on him, and and there's these tarantulas that come down. Uh, from this moss and get all over him but then the branches kill him which tarantulas are not a good villain in movies to me because like they're they're not really they don't really kill people you know what i mean and the but these branches kill him so it's not even the tarantulas and then there's like a couple other deaths um one of them was with these like geckos (laughs) and they don't kill this guy either that they knock over these jars of toxic chemicals which I guess suffocate this guy but then we finally get some actual animal deaths there's a scene where this woman falls uh into um water with alligators and and snakes and leeches are all over and you know eventually gets bit by a rattlesnake and and uh eaten by alligators guys get eaten by alligators it's 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 really just a hodgepodge of different animals there's turtles and uh water snake water snakes are frightening to me Snakes are already scary, but throw them in the water and they're even more scary to me. Uh, of course, alligators are scary. Uh, and, and these people just are getting killed by all this different stuff. And eventually there is sort of a little frog action, which I don't think the frogs actually kill somebody, but they, they're there when somebody dies. It wasn't the greatest movie in the world. It's fun. I like eco-horror. I always have. Uh, this is a movie that I would have loved as a kid. Um does it, it's a little light on the plot i don't really do we ever fight moods you've seen this movie do they ever explain why all these animals are are causing these deaths both intentional and unintentional uh i think so man it's been a while honestly i think they do explain it towards the end of the film like right in like right in the end yeah, I can't. I, 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 it's eluding my. Again, this is one that I watched a couple weeks ago by the time we get to this show. Uh, and yeah, I couldn't remember them explaining why. I just assumed that it had to do with the p- pollution that the plantation is causing. 
Uh, but I don't know if they specifically say it or you're just supposed to come up with that um, on your own. But yeah, it, I mean, th- th- there's not overly, it's not like gory or overly, like some of the deaths are kind of lame, you know, just, oh, I'm choking to death or, oh, I had a heart attack or, oh, uh, branches fell and killed me, you know. Uh, but it, it's it's a fun movie because there's a tons of animals and it's all practical. This is back in the 70s when every thing was practical and, and a lot of cool actual animals in these movies. Uh, so I, I came in at about a 6 out of 10 on this one. Yeah, I, I honestly, I'm trying to remember if they yeah, do. Yeah, I've never rem- seen it. I have it. I, I can't yeah. remember if they do explain or if it's kind of one of those just eco-type revenge films where, mm-hmm. you know, the the social commentary is, you know, you fuck with the, Yeah, it reminded me of, like, Long Weekend. Exactly, right? Long Weekend. Right? If you fuck with the natural habitat, it's probably going to come back to bite you in the ass kind of thing. Literally, yeah. Yeah, it's it, it shouldn't be called Frogs, really, because it's, it's not... It's not about frogs. 100% it's not. They're just in the movie, too. Mm-hmm. But the cover's cool. Even though it doesn't make sense, a hand wouldn't fit in a frog's mouth. Unless they were giant frogs, which this movie is not about giant frogs. <laughs> but yeah, okay, so it's 6 out of 10 on that one. What do you got, Jeremy? <laughs> oh, boy. All right, here we go. Um, from the year 2003... Directed by that David DiCadu guy from two weeks, or I guess it's almost a month ago when we recorded that show with that Andrew guy. Um, it's called Speed Demon. Oh boy. So this one has a lot of shirtless, ripped teenagers touching each other on their chest. Oh, yeah, yeah. Of, throughout the funny. entire Of the film. same sex? Of the same sex. Oh, uh, this wow, is directed this by really the gay. same guy who did. <laughs> yeah, the, remember the, the um, 13, 13, 13, 13 thing series. that Andrew brought up. This is this is this this is a film that he made, you know, <laughs> ten years earlier. Um, so we follow Jesse. Jesse is a hunk, hunky kind of guy who comes back to his town from college. And he finds out that his old friends are now part of a gang and they drive cars all Fast and the Furious 2003 style. And um, what Jesse learns is that his friends are now dabbling in black magic. And they, um, they are obsessed with finding this hood ornament that turns the person who holds it into a crazy driver and now <laughs> these muscle cars are now jesse's on revenge from uh tracking down his friends who betrayed him and he races them and runs them off the road and kills them all all while shirtless and there's this scene in this film where um they're trying to resurrect this demon and there's six of jesse's friends all shirtless, all topless, rubbing sheep's blood onto their shirtless, ripped abs. And they're rubbing it in, and it's very uncomfortable, I have to say. I'm sorry, uh, did Victor Salvo direct this film? No, David DiCatu, oh, who oh. went on to make 1313. <laughs> Gross. Oh, it's a bad movie. It's totally watchable, like... 
the the camera work is fine and everything like that. But the main problem with this movie is the script. The script is absolutely fucking horrible. Like, why do you have to? Ha- oh yeah, and there's there's no girls in this movie. Um, there's one who's like one of the. Oh fuck you, man! You pop a lot of boners watching this movie, or what? You said it was quite watchable. Uh, three and a half. <laughs> so I, right. I'm taking his silence was a yes. He didn't answer me. Oh, it sounds really bad. So if did they ever the rap? But it wasn't homoerotic enough for you. Then you'll love Speed Demon. That was a review on Letterbox. So. Did they ever explain in the film why the hood ornament gave no. the powers? No. Yeah, figured so. Yeah. That's pretty bad. <laughs> nice. All right, so first up here, Patreon pick from the homeboy Tone Joker. And it is a film called The Night Watchman uh, from 2017. Now, this was kind of interesting because... I guess he had sent the pics to JP, and JP relayed the pics to me. And as soon as I saw the title of Night Watchman, I was like, there's like four or five films with this exact title that came out in the last couple years. I'm like, which one is it? (laughs) Right? So this one is directed by Mitchell Alarity. So that's the one. Um, But I should have figured it out by the other two pics that he gave me, too, because there was a theme of the films that he Patreon. So... Anyways, The Night Watchman here, uh, it's about um, these security guards, essentially, who security guard and watch over this this newspaper. Anyways, the beginning of the film, it's these two guys doing an interview with this young guy who's given up on his musical career. He was aspiring rock star, and he no longer wants to pursue that career because he's just gave it up. Uh, <laughs> it's actually a really funny bit when he's talking about it, but uh, uh, so they hire him on as the security guard. Uh, and that particular night, um, they're, you know, they're kind of doing what they're doing. They're watching their, their surveillance and shit. And that's what these guys do. They're just a bunch of goofs themselves. They just, they watch surveillance that mostly the surveillance with the hot chicks on there. They play poker, they eat bad food, smoke weed up there and shit is, you know, normal security guard shit, I guess. Um, but of course they see, um, these two guys down in, down in the basement. They've, they have a delivery and it's just like fucking huge casket. So they, they go down there to see what's up and they're like, guys, the, this can't be here. We're a newspaper. And they're like, Oh shit, we got the wrong address kind of thing. So they come to the conclusion that they can't even deliver their casket down the road because apparently the place they're supposed to deliver to is closed now. So the security guards decide, Hey man, you guys can keep it here overnight. Uh, but you have to pick it up in the morning. That's the deal. Yeah. Well, what happens is they just dropped off the casket with this recently deceased, very famous clown who caught something while he was over in Romania <laughs> and uh, he passed away. Uh, of course, one thing leads to another and the resurrected dead clown, vampire clown comes back this to sounds life. sounds awesome. What's it called? And it's called the Night Watchman. One thing leads to another. This clown gets resurrected and it wreaks havoc in this newspaper, of course, where everybody's there. And now these goofy ass security guards have to save the fucking day. Man, dude, I didn't know anything about this one. And it is 
funny as all hell, man. There is... Okay, the irony in this film is the clowns are dead serious. It has has five stars on Amazon with 78 reviews. Yeah, man, it's funny. This shit must be good. I have have to say, the, the irony is in this film is that the clowns are vicious and brutal. They're vampires. They're just tearing people apart. They're doing what they're supposed to do. And the security guards are essentially the goofs and i started laughing i'm like man the security guards are more of the clowns in this film than anything <laughs> you know it's kind of funny but it's filled with your with your ridiculous humor you know like when they when when you would kill one of these vampires or whatever <laughs> they of course would fart and shit kind of like south park style in the sense jeremy you could I'd definitely appreciate that um but is it throughout the whole film? No, I mean it only happens okay. a couple times. But there is there are some really funny one liners and shit in this one, and just a lot of really funny references and shit. And I had a blast with it, man. A lot of good gore, uh, just ridiculousness. Now, one thing that did surprise me surprised me about this movie was the main characters in this film. Um, that's something that happens to them or doesn't happen to them. That's all I'm going to say. I just thought that it was really really interesting the way this movie kind of plays itself out. But it's a fun ride, man. It's only about 80 minutes, um, you know, practical effects, a lot of good kills, a lot of really bloody and gory shit going on in this one. Um, it doesn't overstate its welcome, which is good for a, for a comedy like this. You know, it definitely doesn't uh, doesn't play itself out. But I had a blast watching this one, especially because I didn't really know anything about it. But uh, it was awesome. I had a fucking blast. Definitely on the clown list. I, need, I hope this one gets a physical release someday. Um, which you said it, it was on Amazon. Can you get yeah, the DVD? It's on Prime. Oh, it's oh, it's just on Prime for the the yeah. streaming. Yeah. So I hope this one gets a physical release because I got to pick this one up, man. Uh, awesome pick by Tone Joker. <laughs> definitely, definitely got to check it out, man. So if you like your vampire films, like your comedies and shit, uh, you like your bathroom and toilet humor and shit, check it out. See? Practical effects. <laughs> And this is why we like doing this. Yeah, this is like that. I never heard of that movie. I know. Me neither. And it was from last year, it says. This is a great, this is a great example of a film that exactly most likely would have got caught up in the, in the fact of it having a very, not generic, but the the same name of a bunch of films that just recently came out. Could have got lost in the mix kind of thing, but it's really funny. It's actually really. Like Savage Land. Yeah. It's actually really (coughs) the way it plays out. And so it's, quite funny you know what a lot I, of good I, humor I, I, in it. I don't know if dave reviewed that one but because he's the prime guy and yeah. like he's the one that i heard talk about savage land before anybody else and i don't know if i heard him talking about that one so if it's on prime i, I i'm curious to check it out yeah i'm gonna check it out too <clears throat> so now that i don't have to do cool. patreon tone joker you demand i, I sense Man. a clown theme <laughs> yeah um one thing i i was a little bit disappointed i wanted to see a little bit more of tiffany shepis She's like my favorite screen, screen yes, queen of I all know. time. And it's a, that Crow movie, that's all you talked about. <laughs> I love fucking <laughs> Tiffany Shepard's, but she actually's in this film, which is pretty cool. Uh, you know but, what, man? Um, the 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 clown. There's been some good clown movies lately. I'm I'm pretty happy about this. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm I'll probably check that one out between you know since we're gonna be off for a little while after this. Uh, I'll, I'll give that yeah, one a watch. Too. So I, I mean, I'm going to give it. I'm going to give it a solid seven and a half out of ten. It's it's fucking yeah. fun as hell, man. I mean, yeah. and sorry, Tone Joker. Just now, that was his first month of of being able to do the Patreon. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> uh, 
because uh yeah last week's announcement yeah last week's announcement so sorry about that homie but uh, hopefully we'll see you return in october or well shit september September. totally yeah but uh (laughs) and there was a couple people or you can still support the show they get the sand sucked out of my vagina that's true that there's other things well maybe we'll think about adding some other maybe we'll maybe what we'll do is we'll actually do more of the skype chats and invite people you know what i mean since uh I had that great idea. Twenty-four hour Joe Brig, Joe Bob Brig, Shutter. I forgot to mention that on last week's news. That you know that what? I announced. think I think if we ever did a twenty-four, I don't even know if you could stream for twenty-four hours. I'm I'm not even sure if there's a time limit or anything. But there is a time limit on YouTube. But I think you could restart it after. Yeah, yeah. but I think we might be the first cast to ever do that, though. No, way back in the day, Land of the Creeps did it. They did a twenty-four hour live stream yep. mm-hmm. damn that's cool that's but cool this one's like a perfect, for halloween this is like the perfect opportunity yeah, yeah I, i'm down to like we need to work out the logistics. the <clears throat> logistics but yeah i mean even if we did it on that rabbit thing that i did with a couple of the po- other podcasters basically you can watch a movie together you can stream shutter on there so that would work too oh yeah, yeah. nice yeah so we'll, we'll, we'll look into that, but uh, back to me. The film that I'm going to review now is a film I saw last week titled... What was it titled? Truth <laughs> or Dare. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, Truth or Dare. This movie is another Blumhouse effort, and Jeremy mentioned that, and I noticed this too when I was using the movie pass and it wasn't coming up like I was looking for Truth or Dare. Here it was called Blumhouse's Truth or Dare, okay. uh, which is interesting tactic i think they were trying to maybe they, they were going to make any money well well it made money but they thought maybe it wasn't going to make money. yeah maybe they were getting a little bit of cold feet thinking like we need a little the oomph this we need to let people know it's it's familiar so they they actually titled it blumhouse is truth or death oh, they're just getting a little bit cocky weird. they're like fuck this man we're just putting our name on shit they, <laughs> yeah. they know who blumhouse is man we're the big dogs the big dogs but, so so this film opens up with a group of college kids who are friends and they take a break from they're the one the lead gr- girl is like very like she's like a humanitarian she's like trying to uh you know, change the world build houses for for people and stuff like that and she takes a break from doing that to go to mexico for spring break with her friends uh in mexico she meets this guy who sticks up for her this guy invites her and her friends to this little party spot, this old house where for, and they end up playing a little game of truth or dare. And shortly after that, some weird stuff starts happening. He basically tells her, Hey, you know, I just had to do this to you. Uh, you have to play, you have to answer correctly or you will die. All this stuff. You have to play the game or basically play the game or die. Uh, so Essentially, what's happening is everybody who was there in that game of truth or dare will at some point get a uh, calling for basically a retarded face smush. I don't. I didn't have a problem with the faces. I honestly didn't. They it were, wasn't they, a bad idea. It just was executed in a ridiculous way. It looks stupid. It looks sinister. It looks dumb. Because, I mean, like, I think I think people think it looks dumb because they didn't really want to give it a chance at looking cool. I did give it a chance, but I after looked, a while, it, it looks dumb. like mostly. It doesn't look like overly CG'd. Like it kind of just looks. It like It looks creepy. extremely CG'd. That's yeah. why it looks stupid. 
eh, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I didn't mind it, and they uh, they it, it's kind of it, like it's hard to explain, but it's almost like a premonition, like in Final Destination, where the character where everything will freeze around them, like real life will stop, and they'll get That's this not vision. Final Destination? Huh? They don't get a vision in Final Destination. They just, well, well, besides they don't get a vision in Final Destination. Just the protagonist. Yeah. But everybody gets well, it in this I'm movie. I'm saying so it's, the, not- it's like the vision in Final Destination. I'm not saying all the characters get the same thing. But in they don't. They just they just hear truth or dare. They don't get like a. Uh, this is how you're gonna die. I'm saying the rest of time stops and there's a like thing that happens in front of them that nobody else can see. Okay. <laughs> Damn it. So, what? Anybody around them will turn into this almost like jester, and they'll be like truth or dare, and the character must pick between truth and dare and. Basically, it's if it's a truth, it'll be like reveal something that's harmful to the relationships around you. You know, like uh, tell everybody that this you're girl gay. cheats on this guy, or tell your dad you're gay. You know, stuff that's just gonna mess up mess up your life. Uh, and then the dares are like shoot somebody in a face, or you know, walk on this thing while drinking, stuff like that. So. They have to figure out why this is happening and how to stop it. Turns out it has to do with a curse. Big surprise there, not really. And that's kind of that's kind of the plot. Uh, I thought that this film had potential in its idea. I like the idea of taking the truth or dare game and turning it into a horror film. That's kind of cool, right? I mean, isn't that's like what Jigsaw is? It's it's I dare you to do this and and you have to do it or else you're gonna die. I like that. It's cool uh, because it, it it forces you to do things that you are uncomfortable with, and particularly I like the truth segments where it's like tell your dad you're gay because it's it's kind of something that that character had feared doing. So it plays on your fears. It plays on what what hurts you and what you know you have wrong with your life. It plays on the, all the characters. It plays on things that they you know like one character is trying to become a doctor and he's doing some shady shit by writing prescriptions for people uh that don't need them like a drug dealer and his truth is you know tell that tell the person that's interviewing you that you do that but it doesn't make any sense huh how the hell is he writing prescriptions that doesn't yeah i don't i didn't understand that either how the hell does he have access to prescriptions yeah yeah that's that's a, that is definitely a problem, uh, but I like how it plays. You know that aside, I like how it plays on their insecurities, their fears, uh, their personal lives, uh, things that they keep in the closet. Uh, you know, so and then the dares are kind of the, the dares could have been a lot better. That that's that's one of the problems that I had with the film is the dares are kind of lame. Oh, like, show me your dick in front of everybody. Well, that was kind of funny. I like that. That was funny. But the other one's kind Especially of Especially if he has a small dick. That's really funny. Well, he, that's, <clears throat> that's why. That's what happens. People start saying, I've seen it. So and then he trusts and he breaks his neck like a fucking retard. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it, I think that that was because it, it's not that he tripped. It's that he didn't do the I dare. I know. I so know. He dies. 
uh, if you don't do the dare, you die. And you die in these, like, Final Destination-type ways, almost, where it's, like, the world around you kind of hurts you, you know? So, there's that. And Jeremy had a massive problem with the actual story and the rules to it, but it's all kind of laid out for you. He just missed a lot of it. So, if you actually pay attention, it does make sense. It's just, I think that the writing in this one kind of got away from itself a little bit. Could have been explained better. In your in your opinion, it could have been explained better. I didn't have a problem deciphering it, so I would say that it didn't need to be explained better. Uh, One scene to explain a whole game is fucking stupid. What would you want? What do you want? Like four scenes? No, I just think I I, I don't know. <laughs> uh, there is it all kind of okay. So pay there's, attention there's to the movie. I there, did, there's, asshole. There's a no, you didn't. Of, there's a good scene of foreshadowing that I actually picked up on right away where at the beginning of the game, truth or dare, the gir- good girl is asked if there was an alien race or something that was threatening to destroy all humanity or destroy all your friends, what would you choose? And she dis- says she would let them kill all her friends, which is foreshadowing to the type of uh, decisions the characters must make later and I actually thought it was re- handled really well in in coupling with the ending of the film. It actually made sense why, you know, the characters did the things that they did. But uh, she went against what she wanted to do. Exactly. So, and, and she explains that, too. So I thought that was actually kind of interesting. Uh, because you expect her to do one thing, blah, blah, blah. Uh, it's a little messy. The movie's messy. It's it's super cringy at times. I, I'll tell you that the characters are pretty lame. They're they should have not- they should have cast Jeanette McCurdy as the blonde. Yeah, she might be a little too old. Nah, I guess she would oh. probably fit in there. Yeah, I mean, there's, I, there's I one that, scene that Moods is gonna fucking cringe all the way. I had problems with like okay, the characters know that they're playing this game at a certain point. They know. We're playing this game. We have to play the rules or we die. All the characters know this. And then the one character gets dared to sleep with the other character's boyfriend. And all of a sudden she has a problem with this. But it's like you know that this has to happen. Why Why are you storming out like it's a big deal when you guys have all established that whatever happens, you have to do it? It's so stupid. It's like stuff like that that really bugged me in the movie that really dumbed it down for teenagers, which I hate doing. Because there are moments where it's dumbed down. And that's the biggest problem with the movie. Uh, the deaths really aren't good. PG-13, what do you expect? Uh, it's not It's not an overly good movie. It's not overly Why bad. the hell could you have two people fucking on a fucking bed with side boob action, but you can't say the word fuck more than twice? Because I think that... What the hell is wrong I don't, with this I think goddamn has- system? It's uh, well, so I disagree. I think that I think that sex is overly no, bad. I agree, but why the fuck can't you say fuck more than once in a PG thirteen film? But you could show this shit. It's stupid. I don't know. Fuck isn't really necessary to me anyway. I'm not that saying it's necessary, but I've heard films that get use it in a perfectly fine way, but they get shafted with an R rating and probably don't make as much money as they deserve to make because they say the word fuck twice and there's nothing else more to the film that would make it have an R rating in any other sense of the imagination. <clears throat> it's horseshit. Well, I'm I don't sorry. think what they it's showed in here was graphic at all, so... 
but it's that's, still that's still way 14 worse rating here man fuck. yeah we don't you cannot fuck in a film a few times it doesn't it's not getting an r here yeah, I, I a know. little more lenient on that yeah, shit, it's man. Frustr- it's I, I think cursing is overly, you know, bashed in, in, when it comes to ratings. I think sex is overly. I, I honestly don't have a problem with either. But I don't think that this film, like Jeremy's complaining that it's graphic. And I'm not saying it's graphic. I'm just saying, why can you show that, but you can't say they're not the showing word, anything. But you can't say the <laughs> word twice of what they're doing. I don't know. They're not showing anything in this movie, so I but don't know. They're fucking. Arguments. So why can't you say fuck it's su- more than It's one? not showing them fucking though. It's just suggestion. She's on top of him with her fucking shirt off. What else are they doing? You Playing can't see fucking anything. Tag? But they're still. Anything. But they're still having sex. So why can't you say the word of what they're doing? Are you not allowed to have sex in PG thirteen movies? Like I don't understand. Well, why can't you say the word of what they're doing? It should be more, so the argument should be more about why can't you say fuck in a movie instead of you can show this but you can't say <clears> fuck. That but whole argument, but you could work. also call it that they're having sex. It doesn't have to be referred to as fucking. Yeah. <laughs> right? So. so anyway, to wrap it up, it, it, the movie's plain. It's basic. I was entertained through it. And I thought that they had, you know, some some cool moments to it. It's nothing special. I like Happy Death Day better. Uh, but this movie, oh, uh, probably God. Six, out of ten. six out of ten. For this oh. movie. I think it's above average. Slightly. Jeremy, what do you rate this one? Four and a half. Four, four and a half. I expect him to be a lot harder on movies like this. <laughs> Hell, he didn't even understand it. <laughs> Fuck you, man. Dude, Dude what if you, I showed you, if, if you I'm telling you, man. Text, it's long. You got you got sidetracked watching them fourteen year olds make out in the theater. No, they were like older than me. Oh, that's just wrong. That's stupid. Who the hell goes to the theater to make out? Yeah, I can see teenagers and shit doing that shit, but like when you're older Yeah, when I, literally when I was twelve and thirteen. Oh, they were older than me. That's fucked. Like that's that's just laughable <laughs> at that point. Like really you gotta go out in public and fucking act like you're fourteen? Yeah. That's super lame. Super lame. And they weren't even in the back row like I was. <laughs> I was in the back row, bro. Hey, look at me. I'm 31 years old and I go to the PG-13 movies and make out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sums it up. I, I It was funny because I, when I went to see this movie, I totally thought it was going to bomb because I go up to the box office and the chick, who I've become to know now because she sees me every week now, uh, and, and we started talking, and she's like, oh, wow, I totally didn't even realize that this movie was shown. I forgot about it because nobody's came yet, and it was like five minutes before the movie started. Does your girlfriend Carly get jealous? You talk uh, to her? I don't think so. I tried to poke it out of we JP have an open last relationship. I tried to poke <laughs> it out of JP last week if they were more than friends, but he wouldn't answer my question. What did I say? Oh, you guys are like best friends. Yeah. Horseshit. Pretty honest, huh? You're totally putting your wiener through that bucket of popcorn. I would never do that for one. Mm. And if I would do that, I that did, you say, did you say best me. friends or best yeah. fuck friends? Best friends. Oh. Whatever happened to a good old friends with benefits? Oh, so you're friends with benefits. Nah. <laughs> Are you sure? I- I'll leave it up to you guys to decide. It's pure speculation. I just don't know. I, that's why I asked you. I asked you legit. <laughs> like, I, I, I feel like people funny. are genuinely curious about the, about uh, 
about all this. It, it comes up all the time, not even from you guys only. Everybody, Mike. I man. asked you in a serious way last week. I thought I was being very mature about it. I wanted to know. She's buying all you this stuff for your birthday and all I this stuff. I buy her a bunch of shit too. I just wanted to know if you guys were more than friends. Yeah, we're best, super best friends. Okay. <laughs> I'll drop it then. Fair enough. Who's next? You. All right. Um, going through my list, I want to talk about Waco. This is the TV series from 2018 that aired What's... on... What? Is this a horror? Uh, let's see. Uh, 865 people getting burned in a building is in horror. That's called 9-11. You did fucking Horror 101 all the time and talked about... It's a cult fucking TV no, I was just, show. I didn't, I th- I didn't know what it was. Relax. It's in cults fucking... Hey, horror? we don't exclusively cover horror. I know this, but I'm just... It was a weird... Like, that was kind of weird. You've never heard of Waco before? Is that in Texas? Yeah. The town? Yeah, I've heard of it. Uh, the 70 people... Oh, wait. Who- is this because you didn't watch any movies? No, dude. I watched... Uh, let's see. I watched Jersey Shore Massacre. Can't talk about that. Truth or Dare. Strangers. Snuff. Helter Skelter, Blockers, A Quiet Place, The World's End, Game Night, Speed Demon, Terrifier, Hot Fuzz, Shaun of the covered? Dead, Death Weekend, God Told Me So, The Only Ma- The Oily Maniac. God Told Me Too. Those are the only all the films that I've watched between now and the fucking. Fine, I'll, I'll talk about something else. No, go ahead, go ahead. Keep hey, man, get, get to the damn David Koresh. See, Moods knows what's up. That shit was legendary when that happened, man. That Waco was fucked. Why do you gotta be a dick, JP? I'm not. I'm literally not being a dick, though, homie. You know that fucking sidetracks me when you do that shit. What? When you go, what? I what? was curious why you picked it. So Am let I, me not talk about I, I was. It. I was waiting for when you said, you know, seventy-something people burning up in a building. I was waiting for JP to go. Is it though? <laughs> when you said so many people, is a, it's definitely hard. I mean, is it, it though? It doesn't have to be. <laughs> it depends <laughs> the context. I mean, the ATF fucking killed 76 people. Wait, so I'm actually curious. Is th- this is a horror show? It's a show about... Is this a horror in- show is what I'm asking you. Yeah, I would assume, so, Yeah. It's a drama horror kind of combination. Okay. That's fine, homie. Even if it isn't, it's fine. I was just curious. It was different. So why didn't you just let me review it then before you fucking are asking questions? Because we, oh. you all, you ask questions before reviews happen. I'll pick the oily maniac instead. Dude, why do you always do this, buddy? You can review whatever you want. I was just curious. <laughs> why, why are you freezing up right now, dude? Oh my god, it's review the lure Waco, all over dude. again. Review it's, Waco. It's, it's the Come lure on, all man. over again. I don't know why it messed you up so bad because I was just I was surprised that you picked it because I didn't know what it was. And you don't normally You pick said TV you show. wanted to watch it when I told you I was fucking watching it. Man, I need one of those ding ding things on my phone too. Ding 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 ding. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll, I'll just throw it in. Seriously, there. dude, I didn't mean to throw you off. I really didn't. Okay. 
So Waco is a show that aired on the Paramount channel, which used to be Spike TV. I don't know why they fucking changed it. They wanted but, to try to switch their demographic from like males to like everybody. That's why. They're but they keep that. all the fucking same shows on it, so what's the point? Hey. Okay. Know, so Waco is a event that happened in nineteen ninety three after the Offense at Ruby Ridge, which happened earlier in the late 92, early 93, where there was a stand down between the ATF and the FBI uh, in Ruby Ridge. A bunch of people in a cabin. The ATF took a shot that killed a kid and a wife, and that pissed off a lot of white supremacists in our country. And that ultimately led to the ATF taking a. Um, an unjustified uh, strike against a compound in Waco, Texas that was ran by a group of people, like 80 people living in this compound who were following this guy named David Koresh. And he was, um, you know, waiting for God and he was waiting for the sign from God and he was delivering his message to these people and they had all these guns that they shouldn't have had. They purchased them illegally. And that pissed the ATF off, so they sent down a whole bunch of people to try and lure these people out. And it ultimately turned into a like two-month-long two stand-down, and a whole bunch of people got killed in this firefight. And ultimately... Um, the ATF went against what the FBI said, and they decided to raid the compound, and they used um, tear gas inside. And uh, what they didn't realize, which is completely and utterly retarded, is that tear gas <laughs> is highly flammable, and the building went up in flames, and only a few people got out of the building, and half of those people who died were children and women so it was a huge problem in the country that um that the atf ultimately used this tear gas that killed all these people when they probably should have found a easier solution because koresh was willing to deal with the atf and the fbi uh they were willing to to work with them but uh, the the FBI and the ATF were impatient of waiting for something to actually happen. So they got sick of it and they fucking killed all these people. So it's, it's just, it just goes that um, you, it, it, it has the message of the media and the FBI and the ATF maybe not be telling the truth the entire time about what was really happening. Uh, I think we still see that every time something huge happens that uh, maybe what's getting reported on the news and what's being told to us isn't actually what was actually happening. Uh, it's shot really, really well. If you're into cults and uh, learning more about cults, was this group a cult? I, I wouldn't say so. I just think it was a group of people who were minding their own business and um, the government was trying to find a way to get the ATF back in the picture after Ruby Ridge because they were going to get shut down. So, um, you know, it, it, it's a whole big conspiracy theory. Uh, it's very, very shot. Well done. It's a six part series. So it's like four hours long after everything's said and done. So if you're into 
you know, in cults and uh, those kind of stories, then I think you should check it out. It's pretty good. Seven and a half out of ten. Yeah, when that when that happened back in '93, I think the what was projected to the people was that caress had, had caused that fire. No, it's the fucking ATF, bro. Yeah, but I'm, no, what I'm saying is that's yeah, yeah, that's no. what was reported to the people that David Koresh, being the leader of this cult, blah blah blah, uh, killed his people. Yeah, like everybody thought like, oh, mm-hmm. what was being reported was like, oh, he wanted to have this mass suicide. And, yeah. Uh, but that wasn't true. It was, the, it was the government that killed them, not this guy. That's crazy, man, because I, yeah. I remember that shit, and that was the consensus was, oh, it's Crash guy, you know, fuck another, another Jonesville type thing, right? Oh, it's complete opposite. They were willing to come out and everything like that, but the FBI just kept pushing and pushing and pushing. And it, it, they finally snapped and they didn't think like, oh, we're going to use this gas that's highly flammable. It's like, what do you think is going to fucking happen? And they did. <laughs> yeah, so. dude, that, that's really interesting. I'm not even 100% sure I even knew that the ATF had actually caused that. Yeah, it was the ATF. And because, like I said, the ATF, after Ruby Ridge, uh, the FBI said, OK, that's it. We're going to shut you down. The government's going to unfund you. So the ATF was like, oh, we got to try and find this something to show everybody that we're worthwhile and we should be around. So they they got this, uh, you know, this message that there was all these guns in this compound in Waco, Texas, and they sent somebody down and everything like that. And then the FBI got uh, a wind of what was going on. And they sent the FBI down, and that's when things just got totally out of hand because, uh, you know, they were just minding their own business. But now it's this whole huge thing. And um, it was just uh, butting heads between the ATF and the FBI and being impatient. And, you know, they they fucked up. Damn, that's crazy. It's good. It's worth a watch if you're into that kind of stuff, if you like cults and 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 those kind of stories i very much like those stories so i like all that cult shit man i always find it so intriguing how you know these leaders can manipulate so many people into doing what they it's just it's fucking mind i know there's one on me, amazon man. right now about uh those subway bombers in japan that i want to watch hmm. uh, i remember that yeah i watched a couple of um documentaries on i used to be really into like watching like documentaries on like Columbine and all that stuff. And, and there was a series of documentaries that used to come on a channel and they tackled those subway bombings or subway, uh, chemical. It, it could have been way things. worse than what actually happened. It's kind of crazy. Like it was, it, it didn't go to plan. So not that many people died, but like if it actually went to plan, like mm-hmm. it would have been fucking, a lot of people would have got fucked up. Stuff gives me cold chills, man. Hmm. That is intriguing, man. That's intriguing. So they, so they, they were responsible for, or the FBI or whoever, they were the ones responsible for killing Koresh directly. Well, yeah, because uh, because wasn't you know, there was because was the, firefights. There was gun. There was a gunfight like like a week before, or not even a week, like two weeks before. 
the uh, the the incident with tear gas yeah. and like like a whole yeah. bunch not a whole bunch like four or five ATF agents got killed and a, a few people in the house got killed and Koresh got wounded in that fight so he was already pretty fucked up fighting for his life uh, because he was he was wounded quite bad so on top of that you know he refused to come out and then once the tear gas hit that caused the fire and he died in the fire so. Yeah, it's so crazy, man. I, I swear I remember the reports being that Koresh had committed suicide. No, no, no. It's the ATF, bro. Because they talk. Do they talk about that in the documentary? Yeah, because they they yeah, they man. were like, oh, we're let's just because they, they tried to talk him <clears> out. That was like the huge thing. Like was um, Michael Shannon's in this, and he was the uh, the person talking to them, trying to have him come out, and he, he wanted to. Uh, get his message out on public TV during prime time. So he said, okay. So he gave like his hour long sermon and they played it during prime time. And uh, people kept calling him crazy and that it was horse shit and all that. And that pissed him off. So he refused to come out again until he got a message from God. And one day, <laughs> you know, this message wasn't coming, but one day God spoke to him and he said, okay, we'll come out in a week if you give me time to write down what God told me, he said, okay, fine, we'll give you the week. But the ATF and the FBI wasn't going to have any of that. So they just kept poking and prodding and a week came and he wasn't finished yet. So the FBI and the ATF said, okay, fuck this. We've had enough. That's when it happened, man, that I was always under the impression from the original reports that he had committed suicide. It's crazy. All the shit that came out, from that because yeah. they didn't want people to know right yeah they it didn't look, want to know that they fucked up maybe make it look like crush was the bad or like you know when yeah. killed himself and you know caused all this fucking that's because i think um, that's insane one of the pe- person who actually came out during the during the incident with the house burning down he 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 told the story straight of what was actually happening and i think that's why most of these stories have come out because of this one dude who who told his story ah it's really interesting man you know you know it's kind of interesting that you're reviewing this right now because uh the 25th anniversary of this event is in four days yeah <laughs> i'm just looking at the date when crush died in <clears throat> april 19th 1993 uh april 19th happens to be my <clears throat> dad's birthday it would have been last week what <clears throat> the day it's april, it's april 19th yeah last week Oh yeah, four yeah, days. yeah. It was like four days ago, exactly. But oh, yeah, yeah, so the twenty yeah. fifth anniversary just passed. So yeah, oh my, that happens to be my dad's birthday. It's trippy, but very That's super interesting. If you yeah. like that stuff, oh dude, I I'm just like blown away by all that because I was always under the impression of what I remember hearing, not thinking about that it for twenty five years. Right? That sounds That's super cr- interesting. That's interesting. All that shit should up should have been it. a horror one hundred and one plus two segment. <laughs> <laughs> cool man cool stuff so that was a six part did you watch it all yeah yeah that's cool man it's it, it goes fast you know yeah. what would you I rate it? it i gave it seven and a half hmm. kind of well cool cool all right man so next patreon pick here again from tone joker uh with a film called Circus of the Dead. Now, IMDb says 2014. This film actually didn't come out until 2017. 
Uh, it was a very long delayed production or getting it released. I, I'm not sure 100% what happened with uh, with Billy Pond, aka Bloody Bill, and why it took so long to actually get released. But it finally made its way out. Uh, I remember having ads and and cards and uh, for years for this film. Couldn't wait because I really loved his um, his first short that he did called Doll Boy, which is really interesting 30 minute type slasher pretty cool stuff so i was very very intrigued to check this one out uh, this is the second time watching me i actually reviewed this one i believe last halloween 31 days of horror i think it was day one uh but yeah circus of the dead um directed by billy pawn follows our main character uh dawn he basically is kind of like your everyday guy you know he's got a wife and a couple kids and you know he's semi-happy you know he feels like he's kind of failed in life he hasn't really achieved all of his goals and stuff he's a little bit down on himself and shit um of course the uh the circus has come to town he decides to take his wife and kids to the circus um where they they watch this clown act and you know these clowns they kind of like the one the one lead clown his name is papa corn played by bill uh opister (laughs) jr uh, this guy has been in like so many things. He plays like a bad guy in every film. Uh, kind of takes a liking to him and his family and stuff. They kind of they kind of wing this draw and they win this these prizes and shit like that. And these are some evil motherfucking clowns. So essentially, what happens is they kind of snatch up his kids uh, after they get home, uh, kill his wife, and they abduct him. And they take him on the road against his will, of course, uh, just causing a huge hooray of violence and doing a whole pile of crazy fucked up shit. And, you know, uh, he's got to figure out a way to, you know, defend himself against these clowns and get his kids back and shit like that because these are some evil ass clowns. Um, my thoughts on this film. I'm not sure if I said it in, in my original review, but this film reminds me of the devil. It's kind of like the devil's rejects, but clowns in a sense. It kind of has that 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 vibe to it. You know, it's there it's, is a clown in the devil's rejects. There is, but I mean, these are like four clowns, um, and you know, it's on the road, and they're they're making people do shit against their wills, and. Um, it just has that it has that vibe to it it's very much like the devil's rejects this is a this is an interesting film because when you kind of look at it you know you might think it might play on a little bit more of a comedy um side of things but it doesn't it, it plays itself pretty straightforward even though the clowns are a little bit goofy but that's okay because they're fucking clowns uh they are very very sadistic this is a very bloody and gory and violent and mean-spirited film uh, it's pretty awesome. It's pretty fucking awesome, man. I think Bloody Bill did a great job shooting this thing. He picked a great soundtrack. Uh, it's it's just straight up sadistic. It's definitely not yeah, going to be. It, it's it's okay. I it, liked it when it, I watched it. It's definitely not going to be for everybody, right? Because I think there's probably some parts in it that might might come off as being in poor taste. Like there's one scene in this film where having to do with like an unborn fetus and shit i, I thought that was a little bit unnecessary it just kind of comes out of nowhere it's it's more or less like in a montage um but do you but do you think that's a fair assessment you know the devil's rejects in clown suits essentially yeah yeah maybe a little bit more mean-spirited in that movie but it is yeah it is but yeah. you know the premise is kind of there you know you're on yeah, the road yeah. doing the shits there and um you know it's kind of an interesting take on morality too to a certain degree to a certain degree, they really kind of test uh, our main character Dawn's patience with everything and stuff. And um, 
but uh, you know, it's just it's not a it, it's it's a really good indie film in my opinion. Now, the second time watching this one, I did notice a few things like. <laughs> You can tell, like, the amateur actors in this film at, at yeah, certain points. Yeah, the acting is not good. Uh, like, the Fowler's pretty shitty. Everybody that's not a clown is shitty. Yeah, well, Bill Oster Jr., like, he does a great job as Papa Corn, man. He's fantastic. But yeah. that, that guy, he's he's a good actor. Like, I mean, if you look at his IMDb, he's been acting since yeah, yeah. 2007. He's been in 170 things. Like, the guy obviously is getting roles because he can act. Uh, but he's so fucking sadistic. But yeah, the, the acting at times is a little bit weaker in this one. But the things that was bugging me, though, I would notice that kids kept looking at the damn camera. One of my biggest pet peeves in fucking film. I've seen it in mainstream films. I've seen it, you know, reek down to indie films, of course. But when somebody breaks that fourth wall and looks at the fucking camera, it's just so shit. I don't know how any director could ever let that go. If I was a filmmaker... And someone looked at the camera and I caught that. I'd be like, okay, we have to reshoot the scene. It's just Mm -hmm. a huge, it's just like a, it's just a huge wrong in filmmaking because you can't break the fourth wall like that. You just can't do it. And it always bugs me. And it happens. I think I counted three or four times in the movie this time around. I don't even think I even noticed the first time I watched, you know, that's why rewatches sometimes can be good. And sometimes they can be bad. Um, but it's, uh, all practical effects. You know, this is, you know, uber, uber violent to the point where it's like, fuck, you know, it's very, very relentless in its approach. Um, I thought the the look of the clowns is awesome. The the midget clown, he gets a little bit annoying. He just kind of walks around and responds like, yip, yip, <laughs> like the whole fucking thing. It's like somebody old popcorn will talk to him. He's like, yip. <laughs> it's like, okay, man, just like over and over again. Um, I, something I didn't really pick up on the first time around either. Didn't really annoy me this time. I was like, okay, I could do without the yip yip, you know. Um, but in my opinion, though, man, it's uh, it's a good, well done, low budget indie film that looks bigger than its budget. It's shot well. It's got you know a lot of different locations and stuff, and it actually has you know at least when they you know in the circuit scene, the circus scenes, it feels like you're at the circus. You know, you get these kind of independent films sometimes and they're supposed to be around amusement parks and circuses and things. And it never has that feel. At least this one actually does. You know, that's kind of cool. Um, But I do like the fact that they play this film pretty much straightforward. Left out a lot of silly comedy. There's funny moments in it, of course, because they're clowns and other things. But um, I like that approach, man. I think he stayed on pace with what he was trying to accomplish which is a very mean-spirited bloody violent morality tale you know essentially and i think it's a good film eight and a half out of ten i really enjoy it man cool cool never seen it next up blood hook got a screener from vinegar syndrome on this one i watched this for 1986 and i actually liked it Although I did consider it an extremely bad movie. Now, popping this baby in this time, I think truly shows how video quality can infect, uh, affect your enjoyment of a movie so much. If you're watching something on a crappy-ass VHS transfer that is not on VHS, you're not, not watching the VHS because that adds its own like nostalgic vibes, just like a crappy transfer of a VHS, it, it could kill your enjoyment for something. Even though I did enjoy Bloodhook the f- first time around, I still 
thought it was i missed some things and stuff like that this time watching bloodhook i absolutely loved it even more dude this movie is so much fun it's ridiculous it's about a kid who goes to this uh area this town for this musky madness fishing thing his grandfather disappeared 17 years ago uh and he begins to see weird things going on in the area and he believes it has to do with his grandfather's disappearance it's a fishing pole slasher when the fuck have you started getting screeners from fies uh is that all you got from that whole thing jesus christ it started from the I don't know somebody reached out with uh, what was the movie modes? Um, Dolomite. No, yeah, Dolomite. Way back in the day, and oddly enough, that person reached out again with a, another movie. Reached out to Moods too, but he already had the. What mood. the fucking fucks, dude? What uh, the fuck? I just must with- suck. Dude, you well, get, you don't I, review anything. What I are you bitching get, about? <laughs> I don't get any fucking movies, dude. What are you complaining about? So do you get everything now? No. Okay, go ahead. I don't get it, oh. Jeremy. Like you get so much. <laughs> you fucking so good. And he doesn't review any of it. That's but I don't f- ask for it. Oh fuck. Okay, off so what are you this what shit, are you man. Why are you getting man? why are you getting upset then? That Jeremy that JP is getting vinegar syndromes. Those are cool. Fuck yeah, it's cool. And I'll tell you why. Because this movie is fucking fun as shit, dude. I have... I don't know if it's... Listen, every couple years I feel like my tastes change on movies. But I feel like uh, a couple years ago I wouldn't have batted an eyelash twice at this movie. But I literally... It's way too long though, I will say that. But I literally have done... You did. You told me that... Bl- you told me before the, the movie sucked dick. Because it was fucking trauma. No, 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 no. If you listen back, I said Bloodhook was fun. I enjoyed Bloodhook, but it was a bad movie. No, no, no. Before said, you seen it, you're like, that's got to suck dick because oh, yeah, it's fucking probably. trauma. Yeah, <laughs> but I that, hated But trauma. I kept fucking telling you. I'm like, dude, you got to stop prejudging shit just because trauma no, distributed the film. I think if I watched it back then, I still would have hated it, though. That's yeah, the thing. But I, I'm that's, thinking that but that's I your pre- come around on trauma. I think knowing at the time, though I wouldn't have liked those movies if I had seen them or not seen them. But now, I've come around. But I think it's because my tastes have changed. I don't know what it is, but lately I've kind of liked the these type of movies. I, I don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. But the, I mean, this transfer is absolutely gorgeous, dude. I mean, it like again we mentioned this so many times with Vinegar Syndrome has the best transfers in the game. I'm saying that. I'm saying hands down, Vinegar Syndromes has better transfers than Arrow, Synapse, uh, Blue Underground, Scream Factory. I think they have the best transfers. Now, all of their films are not perfect transfers. They do have ones that are not that great. But this one is fantastic, and it makes this movie just pop so much more. And especially considering I just watched this less than a year ago, on a crappy transfer so i know the differences and there's just so much retarded shit in this movie that makes no sense like this dude finds his friend's ear and we, like he doesn't know it's his friend's ear but he's like oh my god johnny's ear or something you know <laughs> like how can you tell whose ear it is you know <laughs> um and the, like there's this like this dude's walking around with this fucking lore in his ear and he's lame and 
Oh, it's like super eighties too. It's it's ridiculous. It's way too long. I, that's the biggest complaint. It's just it's like two hours long. It does not need to be. I watched it in two halves because I wasn't watching two hours of this. Um, <clears throat> two hour movies are killing me lately, by the way. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's it's not a good movie. But I am bumping my rating from a two to a four. But I will say the fun factor is awesome if you like this stuff. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's it is the Bloodhook is becoming one of my favorite like I guess cheesy like so bad it's good like troll 2 type movies. It's it's really is like not that bad. It, like it's not filmed bad. It's just the char- like the it doesn't make any sense. And like they <laughs> Well, they obviously. Fucking, <laughs> they, yeah, it's it's a fishing pole slasher movie, yeah. but like there's they the killer comes around when the cicadas do and the frequency of the cicadas set him into his murderous rages <laughs> it's it's yeah. so ridiculous but the tran like I, the transfer I, when this got announced i was stoked i was gonna buy this shit regardless too uh because i wanted to see how a trans i never had a direct comparison to make from vinegar syndrome like from something like a like i watched it on prime i believe and the transfer was awful uh the the first time i watched Bloodhook, and to see I, I wanted a direct comparison from the way that i seen a movie till what it was from vinegar syndrome when they did the hd transfer and it is so like it made me love fucking vinegar syndrome even more because they do such a good job with the transfers uh, yeah, that's Bloodhook. I haven't checked out the interviews, but I'm kind of curious on them because apparently the guy who directed this went on to work with um, Mystery Science Theater 3000, which is ironic. <laughs> yeah, it's a great title for that show, too. Yeah, so that's that's that. That's Bloodhook. All right, so next up for my last Patreon pick of the month of April, I'm going to be reviewing a short 30-minute episode of a anthology anthology show titled Inside Number 9. And I guess this is a British BBC black comedy uh, horror anthology anthology show that is... Um, you gotta take I that dick out of your mouth, man. I think now it's either on its third or fourth series. You know, they call them series oh, oh, back then. Oh, 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 oh. Why is that, by the way? Why in the UK do they call season series? I hate that because I've series to that. me feels like the whole product. Like all nine seasons is, you know, that's the whole series. Yeah. What do they call the whole product? The show? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you're right. Cause we sit, things are done by seasons here and the yeah. series is the show itself. Um, it is kind of weird. Yeah. Yeah. It it's annoys tripping. me. I remember I first heard it with Dr. Who and I was like, Oh, they, there's like, I just thought that they. I'm done being an asshole now. I didn't understand that shit. Who? I said I retired from assholeness. Oh yeah, but going. Ugh, uh, uh. It's just like lad, It's just like the fucking few refused before this when I'm talking about Waco. You're being a fucking asshole. So that wasn't me. Well, dude, yes, you kept, it was you, you. You kept saying anthology wrong, like you had a dick in your mouth. So when I said I was going to yeah. review Waco, you were like, "Hey, that's horror, and you were being a dickhead." <laughs> I didn't mean to, though. I was just, I didn't. It was weird. It was different that you picked that. I wasn't expecting it. 
And I was like, I kind of set JP up there. Sorry, man. I'm the one that made the dick comment, and then he was the one that was choking. I didn't do the choke, so. Anyway, so this is the final episode of the first series, and this is like still talked about today as like one of the uh, greatest episodes of the series. So that's why I get the opportunity to review it for you guys. And this is very similar to like a House of the Devil. Uh, meets what was that film last year? The Shutter exclusive with the girl who goes to her aunt's house. Sweet, sweet, lonely. Girl. Yeah, yeah, it's very similar to that movie as well. So we follow our main character, uh, Katie. Katie goes to this house to house it when these uh, this couple goes out for the night, and you could tell there's something off with this couple. Very similar to House of the Devil. Uh, they probably don't go out very often, and they they really don't ever leave the house and they tell her they tell kathy uh not kathy, katie about um their disabled brother who lives upstairs on the top floor yeah, i've and seen this before he doesn't talk or anything he doesn't say anything but if he needs something he rings a bell but he's never ever rang the bell before the whole time that he's been up there he usually uh stays for himself so of course the couple leaves and uh Katie's friend shows up and they hear the bell and that's when the episode really starts to go in a very interesting uh, direction so they go upstairs and they you know investigate the uh, the bell from this brother named Andreas and uh, we get a very gothic type of um, picture in this um, it's 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 an, an interesting interesting idea to uh, put this kind of a story into a short form narrative, I think that, uh, of course, like House films like House of the Devil and things like that, that it, it's usually a type of a story that would be stretched out into a full length narrative. But it's still a really, really well done uh, episode. And the last like ten minutes of it, when they go upstairs to investigate, I don't want to ruin it, is really, really solid. You get a whole bunch of uh, creepy atmosphere um, scenes and shots throughout this entire huge house. Um, they have a lot of paintings on the wall that um, depict hell. So there's a lot of shots of uh, close-up shots of these paintings and things like that. Super, super interesting. I had a, I had a really interesting time with this. Um, I'm very curious to check out some of these other episodes in the series. I know people said that um, this is, of course, the, the best uh, episode in the entire well, you can't say series because that's what they call them, but the entire <laughs> run. So I know that the the fourth season or series was uh, completed in April of last year and it started airing in January. So it's still going on. And uh, the fifth series was picked up in January. So I guess the show is quite popular over, over, over in the UK, folks. So... Uh, I'm very curious to see some of these other episodes and see how they uh, uh, compare to this one. So I guess another anthology anthology show to watch. Uh, so I give this episode an eight and a half. It's quite good. Yeah, I had seen somebody like one of those like watch mojo type videos, but not by them, like a top 10 underrated anthology or something like that. And I've seen them talk about that. Yeah, it's good. It has a like I said, if you enjoy um, films like When a Stranger Calls and House of the Devil, 
and 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 those babysitter type of films and you'll you'll definitely enjoy all right so next up here uh got another patreon pick coming from the glorious year of 1976 with a film called dog lay afternoon that is correct it is called dog lay afternoon yes directed by george eastman and written by george eastman of course um yeah man so basically this movie right here is just an ultimate sleaze fest the alternate name is also um very kind of sleazy and it's called uh, bestiality uh so (laughs) right there you kind of know what you're getting yourself into right there um so what happens in the beginning of this film we get a little bit of backstory uh we get this little girl she kind of um you know she's at this villa with her parents and she kind of peeks inside one day to see her mom getting railed by a fucking dog uh the father comes in totally fucking loses his shit and he ties up the dog inside the house and he burns the villa down um killing the dog so the film jumps forward a bunch of years later where this girl is now growing up and she's living on an island and uh, she has a dog of her own. And of course, it looks identical to the one that was plowing her mom in the beginning of the film. <laughs> so uh, now we get introduced to a bunch of our main characters and stuff, these couples, these older couples and things like that. And what happens is they kind of get caught up with her and everybody starts to have a lot of sex and threesomes and foursomes and sex with dogs. And that's pretty much what the film is. Um, <laughs> so my thoughts on this movie, it is an uber, uber sleaze fest, man. If you're a fan of uh, Joe Diamato's work, um, you know, especially the Joe Diamato work that he did with George Eastman, this is kind of like a prequel to like porno Holocaust and erotic nights of the living dead and shit like that. It's, you know, it's, not really a horror film. I mean, it's it's dubbed as a drama horror thriller. It's definitely a drama first. It has all that going on, all the relationship stuff with these people and involving this girl and stuff. It's definitely more of a drama film than a horror film. Uh, but I guess it has its elements. But what we have here is just a lot of fucking sleaze. Um, and, you know, it definitely falls right into that category of the those ones I mentioned from Joe Diamato. So if you're a fan of those films, this is definitely one you might want to give a little bit of consider uh, to. But, you know, my thoughts on the film, though, it's a little bit slow. It feels kind of pointless at times. Um, It doesn't seem to be acted that bad or uh, even shot that poorly. It's shot pretty well. I I will say that the locations, everything seems to be pretty good. It it kind of plays itself out like a higher budget porno (laughs) in a sense. But um I don't know, man. This one was really, it was kind of a frustrating watch for myself. I mean, I wanted to like it. I mean, the idea is very, very taboo. I think what my biggest complaint is, is a film like this now does not hold the same type of merit in 2018 as it does in the year of 1976. Because I'm assuming that this type of taboo subject matter was probably a little bit more... Uh, it was my, it was just, you know, taboo. It was more taboo. You know, um, it was a little bit more shocking is what I'm trying to get at for 1976. And this stuff wasn't readily available to people. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. I just ultimately found the movie to be a little bit boring. 
you know, and it, there's just a lot of drama, a lot of build up to these scenes and stuff. And the scenes are, you know, they're not really that explicit. I mean, they show a little bit of stuff. I mean, the opening scene with the girl's mom and the dog doesn't really make any sense to me. Um, you know, it kind of starts out with a bang, but when you really kind of think about the scene, it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense because the dog is kind of riding the mum like in missionary. I, I, I don't know. I just can't see that really happening with the dog. It, it's very strange to me, but um, I don't know, man. I think there's just a lot. There's there's just, you know, for a movie that's 75 minutes long, it felt like it was another, you know, it was 105 minutes long. That was a big problem for me. I just felt a lot of the drama and stuff was a little bit um, long winded and stuff. And again, felt really pointless, but, um, overall it's not like a horrible, horrible film. I just really did not get any satisfaction out of the film whatsoever. Um, boring is never a good thing. It's never a good thing. And it's, you know, I mean, for the idea of bestiality and, you know, threesomes and nymphomania and, you know, just Uber and ultra sexuality type films, it didn't really pack a whole lot of punch. I mean, I mean, for a 75 minute film, they should have really kind of cut down all the, the drama and just got to the nitty gritty too slow. In my opinion, um, I'm coming in at four and a half out of 10 on this one. I didn't really enjoy it to be honest. Um, wasn't really my favorite thing in the world, but, uh, that is dog late afternoon. Patreon pick. Yeah. Um, is it, do we have another one? Terrifier. 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 Yeah. The Terrifier. So me and Moods both got this one as a Patreon pick. Again from Tone uh, Joker, that was the theme that he had picked for me. I realized Read Away with Circus of the Dead and Terrifier, but I didn't realize that uh, The Night Watchman was actually a clown film. Big ups on yeah. that on that theme, buddy, because if you're listening to this, that's awesome. Pretty cool stuff. Yeah. And I got mine from Edgar Sanchez. So we decided to just, since Jeremy had seen it too, just do a joint review on this one. So you're kind of getting a little bit of a featured review here on the Terrifier, uh, even though it I think wasn't, we just gave people you know, ideas. Give them multiple or give everybody the same reviews, but pay less. <laughs> then we hey, if everybody could get on the same page. <laughs> yeah, there you go, man. Or if you're James Cox, Derek, and Sam's uh sam you actually pay more <laughs> yeah <laughs> for a trilogy <laughs> exactly exactly um anyway so but yeah uh, yeah this movie was a film that kind of we have a little bit of history with not not necessarily us but jeremy if you want to kind of give the it was my number three of our first year end show jeremy why don't you uh, tell us like how this thing came to life and how it ended up in Wait, well, what? An anthology Just film. start from the very beginning. Well, how did it come right, to life? So yeah, this, this was, was a short. First, yeah, this was first a short on YouTube that uh, was he made. He says this, not the Terrifier. Not the Terrifier. The the the, the character of Art the Clown, mm-hmm. he had a short on YouTube back in the day. And when All Hallows Eve came out, um, they decided to hire this guy to make a another short with this character art the clown and they made him the main character of this anthology film called all hollows eve and it is definitely the highlight of the film it's very raunchy and dirty 
and gory and mean-spirited and it's fucking awesome so everybody wanted a feature film with this character and uh it was reported that it was going to be made all hallows eve 2 came out and sucked major dick and there was still nothing to be seen of art the clown's feature film so it was being made for years. I think this movie started being made in 2014 or 2015. Remember reading. And now in 2018, we finally have Terrifier, which is the feature film debut of one badass mofo named Art the Clown. And I think that this movie did really well. This is part of the... Dread Central Presents line, which is partnered with Epic Pictures, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and there's been a couple films. And what was really cool about these is not only are they picking up indie films for, for distribution, but they're actually doing like an independent theater circuit as yeah, well. Yeah, screening them, yeah. Uh, yeah. My old theater that I, I love that, that has actually gone through some hard times, the Hollywood Theater in Pittsburgh, uh, basically had a huge falling out with the curators there and some people from chicago bought it and and is changing everything so fuck chicago uh and so they actually we were getting all of these from i think the first one that they did was um the lodgers actually there was one before that it was like zombieology or something like that but zombieology the lodgers and then the third one was supposed to be art to clown and unfortunately, the, the whole thing fell through, and, and they're not now doing them in that section of Pittsburgh anymore. It's actually further deeper in the Pittsburgh, which honestly just kind of makes it not it, – it's just too much of a headache to go to see these now. So the Hollywood Theater, no more. It's super sad because I, that's where I met Adam Green. There was so many cool stuff that, <clears throat> that premiered there. It's where uh, Carly gave me my first blowjob. Yeah. And – it would have been cool to see this movie there because I would have went and seen it, but they're all actually so the theatrical, then the digital, and now they're actually putting them on disc. Yep. So that's really cool. I think this, I, I got my Blu ray from Matt Cantor. He actually sent me a copy, which is super cool, Matt. Um, I know you guys picked it up as well. How the fuck don't people send me free shit? Because nobody likes you. Well, we all know that. Uh, and you do get a bunch of free shit that I don't ask for. That you some of it you do, yeah you did. Some of it you do, uh, right? Sure, sure. Yes, that's a true story. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so um, actually, Matt got two copies of it and and donated one to <clears throat> me, which is uh, awesome. So that that was super. Was that cool by thing. accident? Yes, he got two copies by accident. Oh wow, crazy! He what is he Tory now? Tory, that's, that, that's a Tory thing. <laughs> <laughs> no, Tori, you were right the first time. Um, but, so, yeah, that, that's uh, that's this that, that's my history with Terrifier so far. And this film, I think it did really well. I, I bet it sold well because I seen everybody picking up. Hell, just the fact that two separate people wanted us to review it, I think speaks volumes to the fact that it was on everybody's minds at that moment. Oh yeah, and it seems like everybody awesome. picked it up. It seemed like it. It's a big hit for them, so hopefully that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it actually man. wasn't too expensive either, was it? Fifteen bucks. Uh, yeah, yeah, whatever it was. It was that's more. Fair. I mean, it was 
the shipping was the shipping yeah but it's better than co- pricing something in 1999 and then also adding the shipping on top of it you know you're still under 20 with that i think it's a fair price <clears throat> for a yeah. new, for a brand new movie yeah but yeah let's let's get into it well and there's still plot so well i'm just gonna read this I, a maniacal clown named art terrorizes three women on halloween night and everyone else who stands in his way. That's that's pretty much exactly what this film is. Yeah, there's really not much for narrative at all. We have our two main characters, which are girls. Three. Well, at first there's two. Mm -hmm. Um, So we get introduced to them, and they've quite clearly have kind of ended their night. It's Halloween night, and one of them's really shit-faced. The other one wants to go home kind of thing. And uh, they come in contact with Art the Clown. They're at this pizza joint. They have um, a little bit of eyes and maybe with some words, you know. Yeah. And uh, he kind of ends up stalking them. And then mm-hmm. shit goes down from there. What, what this film is, is it's a traditional slasher is oh, yeah. what it is. Yeah. Yeah. And if you take any traditional sna- slasher from Friday the 13th to Madman to no POV, The though. Burning, like... There's there's just there's very little plot usually you know yeah. there's a main point to the film uh, I guess this one has a little bit less than even those but at the end of the day it's it's about a villain who happens to be a really good villain yeah and very charismatic looks good creepy actually oh super creepy man when, Dude, he, when, when he's he smiles sitting when he's sitting at the fucking pizza place and they turn Dude, that's, around and that's smiles. my favorite scene in the it's so movie, it's so creepy. When he's just in that <laughs> okay. pizza place, explain and to me. He's just staring at the girls with his hands crossed, like just it. That is good horror, man. Yeah. Good indie horror. This is what I love about indie horror. Like when you get these good ones like this that are just creative and have have. It, it, I, and honestly, it has a great atmosphere. I just I didn't yeah. after the after the short. I I didn't expect anything else, but. A really fun ass fucking movie. You know, one thing about the atmosphere that I was a little bit disappointed with is that you know it takes place on Halloween night, and the girls are in their costumes and stuff. But I wish there was a little bit more of a Halloween feel to it. Like I, I me, oh yeah, it does. It doesn't have a thick like yeah. trick or treat Halloween atmosphere. I but get at that. At the same m- time, I felt like it was Halloween. I just yeah. felt like it wasn't. Yeah, it felt like it was cold and. Yeah, yeah I mean, it definitely. It, yeah, for sure, for sure. But I understand, of course, you know, not in the indoor scenes, like in the building and shit. I could see that not being a Halloween feel in there and stuff. But, you know, just in the outdoors, you know, just, you know, just having that background shit makes a big difference. You know, just having those pumpkins and, you know, just mm-hmm. kids walking by or whoever. It, in their it definitely costume. was a budgetary thing. For I sure. See, I, I, I really kind of I love when shit goes down like that creates that atmosphere in full um but yeah man art art the clown is is one creepy ass motherfucker man like <laughs> so explain to me one thing here. well there's that one scene that everybody's gonna talk about in this movie for the history of the fucking movie uh, of course that's the scene when he puts on the fucking peep show yeah that's it's rather strange but but going you know, going a little bit before that, um, this going back to the pizza joint there where he's staring at these girls and he's just he's being creepy and goofy at the same time and shit. Uh, what the fuck is with the scene in the bathroom? 
Oh, where it's like covering shit and where, stuff? Where he does the bathroom art. That's what I'll just say, <laughs> leave that at. But like, what the fuck, man? He's twisted. Like, that's fucked up, man. Because he didn't really have a run-in with, you know, the guy, or the, I want to assume the owner of the pizza joint. You know, like, I can see if he had words or had something, you know, with that guy to do something like that. It just seems like it comes out of left field. It just, to me, I just assumed that this he's he's just he's a fucking crazy character. He's just yeah. twisted as hell. I guess, like, I just I started. I actually laughed at that too. I was like, was he just trying to piss off the guy? I guess. Like, I don't know, man. It was. Fucking I think. Ma- I think it's it, like. Uh, it I think it's supposed to be like an actual, like you know, like somebody. Like you ever watch those prison documentaries and and people do that stuff? They're just crazy. They're just. Well, for sure. I mean, obviously, I mean, this guy is deranged beyond deranged. I mean, I guess shitting all over a bathroom and rubbing it Uh, is probably not past his means. The dementedness of it. I actually really like that. I I thought it was. It just caught me. It it caught me off guard because, like, you hear this guy screaming and all of a sudden he's like, what the fuck? And then he's like tossing this guy out and then they pan into the bathroom and there's fucking shit everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, ah, I actually burst out laughing. It was like, that's some sick shit right there mm-hmm. um but yeah man so this this movie man like there is literally like no narrative pretty much at all you know yeah do we find out anything no any backstory no like no. they don't give you anything in this movie and it, i don't like i mean some people would probably say you know it kind of adds to it the 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 mystery of art the clown like where did he come from and mm-hmm. and who is he and why is he doing this shit and and you know I mean, you could just take it with a grain of salt and be like, he's he's fucked in the head. I mean, we, they showcase that by shitting all over the bathroom. And this is what he does. He just hunts and stalks and kills. I mean, we've seen a lot of movies like this. I would have liked to actually seen a little bit of a reveal with him. I, I'm hoping that maybe this film gets a sequel and, and we'll get yeah. that in the sequel. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think it did well enough to to merit a sequel, and and I think everybody loves this character and wants to see more of him. Oh, for sure, for oh, sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, this is it's a slasher film. It's very gory. It's yeah. Means- there's some good gore in it. You know, the I think the, the what what is some chainsaw, good gore the chainsaw, <laughs> chainsaw in half. The yeah. kills, the kills Classic. were definitely the highlight of this film, man. Like they really put a lot of effort into. Making it gory, making it disturbing, mean spiriting this bitch up. Like, I mean, the drunk girl's death, <laughs> dude, is like, holy fuck, man. Yeah, it's brutal. That's a fucking brutal death, man. Th- this movie has a lot of replay value, man. Like, I could pop this in right now. Yeah, dude. You know, like, he, yeah. it, it, it's just a fun. Don't slasher. you get the impression? Like, this is what I. I haven't seen a good indie slasher in a grip, dude. Hmm. Like those, like oh man, those kills. It's like he just has this mad hatred for women. I mean, he doesn't Dude, just kill women. Scene when he puts that girl's fucking chest on and he has a fucking heart oh, on. Come oh, on. It's, it's so fucking. Oh man, what a fucked up scene that shit is. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm and pretty and sure I know that Jeremy, the, Jeremy kind of groaned when I said I could put this on right now and stuff. But you got to look at it, like I'm slashers are my favorite type of movies and they just don't make them anymore and this one just seemed fun to me Mm. it was not the narrative is not great it's not a great movie like it's not a fantastic movie there's no narrative yeah but it's fun 
And that's what I kind of like about slashers a lot of time. One thing about this movie that I thought was, I thought was kind of a mistake was pulling a Hitchcock. If that's, um, that's what I'm going to call it. And most people, uh, without, with going to spoiler territories. Yeah. So pulling a psycho, I'll just leave it at that. I thought it was kind of weird too. I was like, huh, that's not what I was, I didn't expect It's just for the fact that like, you kind of want to root for at least one of those girls. And then also that's done. And and it's literally like halfway in the film. It's like at the 45 minute point in the film, when this happens, you're like, holy shit. Okay. But then I, I feel like it kind of, it loses its, I don't know, man. It loses a little bit of momentum. Well, it, it breaks the slasher formula for one. It, it, it loses it's, its momentum. Like I feel like it just kind of, I don't know, man. It, it seemed like it was kind of pushing where it needed to be. And, you know, they had an idea for 45 minutes. It's like they didn't have enough to kind of spread out those characters throughout the whole film. So we'll try this. And then we'll incorporate more characters in the film. And I've always, that's one thing about slasher films that's always bugged me is, you know, when you have like a core group of, you know, potential victims, right? Mm-hmm. And then when you're watching a film and then you have characters come into the mold and then those are the ones that get taken out, you know, it's like, you know, a cop shows up just to add another body count or the pizza boy shows up and that's, you know, another body. To the cast. Yes, yeah, I, I usually like that, honestly. <laughs> but some, but sometimes <laughs> it's like, slashers. but sometimes it's like, oh, okay, fuck, you know, I know exactly what they're doing, kind of thing. The the reason why I welcome it is because it breaks the slasher mold enough to where it's just not the same song and dance. And I'm like, okay, that that's a little bit different. Yeah, we've seen it before in other films, but it's like, okay, that that separates it a little bit from being because it's already a very bland movie. It's in plot and and structure. So looks bland too. <laughs> it does kind of look bland. It is. It is. But yeah, but I kind of feel I, I understand what you're saying. I just think that's. Don't like, get me wrong. I I like the film. It's fun. It's it's, it's on the same level as gutter balls in the sense that it's just a fun. It's better than gutter balls. Well, here we go again. <laughs> uh, sp- speaking of Ryan, actually, I had a really good conversation with him uh, on Friday, and he actually asked if he can come on the show. No shit. Yep. He was. He actually messaged Maybe. me. He messaged me out of the blue. I hadn't talked to him in like six months, and he's like, "Hey man, how's the collection?" Blah blah blah. And we started bullshitting about gutter balls too, and how it's gonna be coming out soon. I'm gonna feel bad to have to tell him that. And I, I almost, I almost started laughing. I was like, "Yeah, you can come on and explain to JP how you know (laughs) BBK's mask is not lame." (laughs) (laughs) I didn't say that to him, but I was thinking that it was. I was actually making myself laugh with that. (laughs) So, but uh, what would we do? What would we would? Would he come on and review movies with us? He doesn't care. He just he likes he likes the show, and he, he said he would like to come on. You know, he's... he should let us review Gutter's Balls too. That would be fucking cool, man. That would be epic. That if would he be world premiere. with us. That would be super cool, man. <laughs> world premiere review. World premiere review. Let us get a quote on that bitch. It would make my life. <laughs> we already have one. Yeah, well, well, I have you... one. Um, yeah. Derek has like two or something. I think now. Yeah, but yeah. I have one because of the show. Yeah. Um, but 
Yeah, I, I mean, if you guys want to get, that would be cool. That would be cool. I mean, I'm sure uh, we've net we never had a actual, you know, filmmaker on before. That would be neat. Yeah, man, that'd be fucking awesome. I know we even talked about doing that years ago at this point. So that that would be <clears> cool. Um, but yeah, I, you want you guys want to get into ratings on Terrifier? Show. Show. Right, I'll go first. Um, I really like this movie. I don't think it's a great, great movie, but. I think it's going to be a, a staple to use one of Moods' words in my replay uh, thing. I was actually thinking about I do those movie nights with a couple of my friends, including Carly. I was thinking about picking this as a, as a clown title, do like a double feature clown thing or something like that. Dude, you should do but, all three films that we talked about tonight: Terrifier, The Night Watchman, and Circus of the Dead. You know what? Maybe we will do night. I, we only do two because three is oh. too much for us. Because. They take I don't think time. I don't think Circus of the Dead is the good film to show at a party moods. No, it's pretty. I don't think that's probably man. like the best. Yeah, I don't think that's probably. Oh no, we're choice. down with mean spirited. Well, no, you, this one's pretty mean spirited. <laughs> it is, man. <laughs> it's brutal. We watched. Uh, yeah, we watch. We watch all kind of stuff. But a- anyway, uh, I'll come in at. Oh, I really don't know. Um, what seems about right? I think I it's seven. seven. Yeah, seven. Yeah, I gave it a good. seven too. I gave it a seven and a half. Um, it was it was good. I just you know it's it's not exactly the Krampus thing again, where there's that one moment where you're like, oh, what the fuck, you know. But it was a little bit shocking what happens in the middle of the film, and then I feel like it kind of loses its its momentum and it kind of loses all the suspense that it was kind of having up to that point. I mean, it still has a little bit, I guess, with the sister coming, you know, and things like that, but. Really, I mean, it doesn't technically matter because we watch these films for the kills, and that's what it delivered on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it really did deliver with the kills, man. <laughs> I mean, I want a sequel, damn it. I mean, I could have probably That'll done happen. without the hard penis. I'm assuming that's nah. his, that was really that's, his dick too. That's the creepiest fucking scene in the whole movie, bro. But like, yeah, is that actually like his real dink too? Like. If it is, he was actually. I don't hard. know. Maybe that's po- maybe packed some Viagra or something, bro. I guess I never even thought of that. That's actually probably a good way to do it. Like, hey, buddy, you need to get hard and stay hard. So here's some V. That's fucked. That's my ring. That's my ring toss. <laughs> that's awesome. But I I highly recommend it though, man. I f- for sure am going to be watching this on Halloween. Again. Yeah. It's, you know, it's short and to the point. And that's one thing that this movie definitely does not do is overstates well. It doesn't draw anything out. It's pretty quick and to the point. I like that, man. I like that. I felt bad for the fucking exterminator, to be honest. Yeah, I liked him. I liked him, too. But it's just like, when he gets clocked with that hammer, I was like, oh, fuck, man. That sucks. He's minding his own business. He was. Being nice. <laughs> yeah, man. Ah, yeah, and that's Terrifier, and that concludes what we watched and now our feature presentation all right getting into the featured review here on episode 135 brand new from 2018 film called a quiet place directed by john karazinski which I'm not really too familiar with because I don't watch Jim the, from the office. I don't watch the office. Never seen it before. What the so hell is wrong. Me neither. Office is great. What the hell? So office is great. I actually and learned that when, when we went to the cinema, I was like, Oh, 
This guy's from The Office? Okay. He's completely different in this film than The Office, too, yeah. which just is cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Dylan had told me, and I was like, oh, I'm like, I'm completely unfamiliar with The Office, so I don't have he, he's ve- the, the thing that they have in common, he's very likable in The Office and in this film. Yeah. Uh, but, so, this movie, plot... A family is forced to live in silence while hiding from creatures that hunt by sound. Hey, that's pretty accurate. Yep. So this movie, when the trailer came out, I thought it looked great because it looked like a film that was completely going to rely on tension and suspense. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sure enough, it it actually does. That's like what everybody's been talking about, like. I couldn't eat my popcorn because nobody was talking in the theater and it was oh, like, fuck. you could we hear like, a pin drop. We were it, it surely was. My theater was so quiet. Like, I was scared to just move in my yeah. seat. It, it gave me anxiety. Mine, yeah. my, my experience was actually kind of funny and it really cracked up me and, me and Dylan because, JP, you had a story uh, la- two weeks ago about like having, your, the strangers. Strangers. having your worst a cinema experience with yeah. with talker with with talkies yeah so oh, this is like the worst film to have did so, you seriously dude i oh, would literally bust heads no dude this, this is so funny so um worst. so me and dylan are sitting there and we're it's still in the you know in the trailers portion of it and these three girls they come and sit right in front of us they're shit-faced i'm like really you're shit-faced coming to watch a quiet place i'm like kind of know what i'm getting myself into i'm like this is probably not a great film they're just talking, laughing, fucking being loud and obnoxious. And oh my God. And I looked at Dylan. I'm like, oh my God, this is getting brutal. And everyone's kind of looking at him, right? They're being really obnoxious and shit. And they don't realize that the film starts. And it gets about a minute into it, a minute and a half into it. And it's, you know, quiet, right? And they're being loud and they're laughing and shit. And I, I said to Dylan really loud, I said, am I going to have to be the one that tells him to shut the fuck up? <laughs> and I'm, I'm right behind him. And Dylan, like, literally starts biting his tongue. He's like, ah! Like this, right? And sure as shit, as soon as I said that, like, four or five people around the theater piped up, hey, the movie started, shut the fuck up! <laughs> it's fucking awesome. Crazy thing is, man, these girls actually only lasted... 20 minutes maybe the one got up never came back the other ones got worried went looked for never came back and i was like fucking rights man but they were just like drunk awesome. and obnoxious Good thing you avoided See, that. i had a bad yeah. experience too because the fucking aspect ratio was fucked up oh and, really uh 75 of the screen was filled and the other 25 percent it was like it was like the widescreen but there was no widescreen on the bottom it was just the top so i went out i was like hey uh, you should tell the projectionist to check out the theater 15. I think the aspect ratio is fucked up. So I'm sitting there watching the movie. The fucking guy opens up the glass, looks at the screen, probably fucking sees that it's fucked up, closes it, and walks away. And I go, what the fuck is that shit? So I had to watch the whole fucking movie in a wrong aspect ratio. Flash forward to Friday, I go see Isle of Dogs. I'm in the same theater, and the aspect ratio is still fucked up from two weeks ago when I saw A Quiet Place. I was really fucking pissed off because this was fucking two weeks later, and they still didn't fix the motherfucking aspect ratio. I'm a snob. I'm sorry. So is that the camera, or is it the placement, or like what the fuck? All they have to do is just lower the screen. You know how the screen's like, uh, if it's a widescreen movie, it'll either contract or... Yeah, yeah. It expands. Yeah. All he had to do was 
from the top, just fucking lower it, and it would be fine. Mm-hmm. Don't have to move the projector or anything like that. <laughs> so, but the, fuck? the fucking aspect ratio was fucked up because the screen didn't lower down. My, my question is, how in the hell did you end up in the same theater? I don't know. Like, that's fucked up, though. Like, what are yeah. the chances you end up in the same cinema or the same theater with yep. a fucked up Two weeks later, ratio? and they didn't fucking fix it. So did you actually complain about that? Because I would have been like, man, seriously, I was here two weeks ago watching A Quiet Place. The aspect ratio was Luckily, fucked up. Luckily, we don't pay they for didn't fix it anymore. Well, I mean, I it's not the point, though. It's It's the time I feel like I'd be getting gypped on. Yeah, I know, point. but they My can't mom's like, really, if I was I you, I would sit down <laughs> and I would write a letter to corporate. I was like, fuck you, you can write a letter to corporate. I ain't gonna fucking write a letter I to corporate. I hate people that write letters to corporate. Don't ever write letters to corporate. Just saying. That's just crazy, man, that it was still fucked up. Because when you write a letter to corporate, 90% of the time, the person that's getting in trouble probably isn't even the one that did it. Well, the fucking douchebag looked out the fucking window so my question is, has no no one else had said anything? Like, why wouldn't they look into it? I have it? no why? idea. Nobody else would notice. I don't even oh, I don't know if noticeable. I would notice. That's pretty noticeable. crazy, though, man. Oh, I would have been pissed. Well, that's interesting. <laughs> anyway, so they never came back. Yeah. Um, they yeah. never came back, Woods? What's that? No, no. So, so the, no. So, so the you one, got you got a good experience. Then, yeah. So the one girl gets up and, and she was the loudest one, and I think she went to go get sick. To be honest, because I swear I kind of saw her hold her mouth. And the other ones, this is like probably twenty five minutes later. I heard the girl say, "Oh, we should probably go check on blah blah blah." Can you imagine watching this movie and it's like right when the little boy's about to get abducted, and all of a sudden you hear. Bleh! <laughs> Yeah, that well, would be. The, the, I would hate that. The the I funny would. the funny thing was, is when the girl got up, she's like, "Well, this movie's fucking boring as hell, anyways." And I'm like, "Yeah, being shit faced and watching this movie, probably not the best idea, <laughs> right?" <laughs> <clears throat> fucking idiots. So uh, this movie opens up with a family, kind of in a town like setting. They're all being very quiet they're tiptoeing around they're using sign language to communicate uh, i think it's a uh, father mother daughter two sons s- and two, two sons son, yeah and two sons yeah yep and uh we learned that the wife is pregnant at this point yep no we don't learn she's pregnant. oh no, no she's she's not pregnant at this moment she's not pregnant She's not pregnant at this point. Yeah. Uh, and we see that, you know, this this kid, the youngest kid, he wants a toy. Um, and the father hurry up and, like, removes it from him, takes the batteries out, sits it, sits it down, and is just like, you, you get the idea. Like, these people yeah. obviously have to live in complete silence. Yeah. He's not being a dick. He's just like, look. You have to survive. This is dangerous to do this. Um, so... The step the the daughter why I say stepdaughter the daughter who's deaf um, feels bad for her brother and she hands him which is con- the, which you know she happens to be conveniently deaf which kind of helps with uh, with um, uh, well, I don't know if it's necessarily end. convenient or if it showcases why a family like this would be able to survive because they have the necessary survival skills which is the sign of, language how to communicate through sign language yeah, and stuff i mean this is like this is the ideal thing because if it was if it was like me and my wife and kid and shit like 
Yeah. The only yeah, thing I know it, is my middle finger. Like, I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that that's kind of cool that it it's you know it showcases why this family was able to survive so long uh, yeah. versus yeah. when you see everybody else has kind of been wiped out for the most part. It seems like yeah, uh, and it's it's probably because they had this additional. But you don't know yeah. that though. What? Well, everybody else is wiped out. Well, everybody we in see, the area is. We only see one other person. Well, yeah, which means that most likely that. Well, I mean, there is a, in town. There is there is a moment though. There is a moment that you do get the. You do get an idea of, they might be. You know, the remains of what's left in the world because there's a point in the film where the dad is he's SOSing and he's got actually a chart. And he's he's literally crossing off all the countries and all the places he's tried to contact. I don't. Is and it the, countries though? Yeah, it was like countries. Um, and See, because I interpreted it as like at yeah. least in this area, a lot because it hasn't been that long. Like, yeah, it was there like has fifty-five to be days. Or it's like bomb shelters in different places all across no, no, the country. No, no, no. The movie starts and it's like day eighty-nine. That yeah. was that's when we get introduced to day eighty-nine, and by. After what happens to their son and stuff, it kind of jumps to like 288 or something like that. It's, I think it's, a it's little... only like 400 days total. Yeah, like, so it's like 200 days insane. later or something, which, you know, now we get introduced to the wife and she's pregnant now. Um, but yeah, there's a moment where he's downstairs and he's SOS and he, you can tell he's obviously frustrated because he's... I thought he's he tried was just... To... What, what I took it as is this is just the region from what this little radio broadcast can reach. It's like their little area because it even no. says like three monsters in the area and yeah. stuff like that. Well, the, I assume it, the area is a couple, maybe a town or two. This is know? what... This is actually... Me and Dylan sat in the parking lot and talked about this for about a half an hour after and I said... I said it was really interesting because they don't fully disclose exactly um, the, the, the bigger picture here. But if you look, I mean, obviously the, the narrative is kind of told or the backstory is kind of told through the newspaper clip, newspaper clippings. It does show like there's three confirmed in this area. And I, I mm-hmm. but even then I started thinking to myself, I'm like, man, if Who the this writing newspapers, well, that, that too, before, that, that I was, mean, it would happen before everybody was dead. Yeah, obviously. But I mean, if there was only three confirmed in the area and people were able to write about it, how the fuck did these three creatures take out an entire area of people? For one thing, because it seems like this family might be, besides the one other, two other people we come in contact with during the film, they seem to be what's it left in this area. And that newspaper clipping was for that area. There was three confirmed. Well, and I'm I, like, did I these creatures that, take well, out no, a whole... That, he wrote that. That wasn't a newspaper. That was that was something he wrote. It was, it was like he wrote it on a board. Yeah, I know, but he was taking the information from the papers. I, he was taking the information from researching like from knowing the area and like seeing the uh you know studying too. these creatures yeah um but still so there's three i mean they managed to take out a whole town? area of people i, I, mean, I assume that the town ta- all we see is the town and the farm i assume this is a small town based on the fact that they the co- type of convenience store that they go into is very small town it's not commercial. It's not big box. It's it's very. Of course, of course, you do get the indication that it's it's definitely a very very small town. But it, it seems like an still... isolated area. I assume these things are all over the world. I just think that these particular ones in this little area are yeah. hunting 
in this area. Yes, exactly. In this small town. So, but they still, I mean, let's assume, just given the information we have, there's three of them, they still managed to take out pretty much everybody. Am I not correct? The, well, we don't know that there's... Well, we three, don't there know. Was, we don't know there was only three ever. Yeah. We just know that now there are three. I know. Well, that's... We have to kind of go with what we're showcased a little bit. But well, we are shown that they're not the only three, but, period. But given... You know what I mean? Yeah. But, okay, what I'm saying is when he's SOSing, he's literally marking off areas and countries and things like that. I didn't see countries, so I would have to rewatch it to see countries. I thought it was just, you know this small town like you know a couple couple areas farmland stuff like that yeah i'm pretty positive there was one that said india one said japan things like that so he was he was marking off the countries so at this at that point i assumed that it is like full-blown devastation these things i don't think pretty that much it's possible that three of these things killed the entire country or area like because we we know that because basic survive like any type of well that's what that, that's where i was that getting at if, if there's no food they're not going to stay in that area Maybe <clears> a couple of them will you know what i mean yeah. but so it seems like the town was ravaged by these things some of them have moved on there's at least three in the area still that's how i took it personally yeah but okay so when he's SOSing and he can't get a hold of anybody in the world. So these things have that idea would speculate that these things have kind of ravaged and taken over. Right? If you can't get a hold of anybody anywhere. Well, well but, so, but see that's that's we don't know thing, that though, he's trying you can't, as, you can't you but don't we do, know though. for sure that but he we even do. has successful radio equipment. You know what I mean? Because he clearly can't build a hearing aid. You know, we don't know what his this all looks self created it doesn't it isn't like this guy has access to this massive radio tower that that reaches like this is it seems to be everything is well i mean i think you have to assume that it is working i mean he's definitely mechanically inclined you know he's been Mm -hmm. trying i mean he's got power they've got fucking power yeah right i mean the shit's definitely we don't know for sure that he's well, his shit even works well we yeah. don't like there's I mean, no you, for you sure can assume you can assume well no his shit is working but we can also assume that maybe the signal's not getting out there you you can but the fact of the matter is is that it shows him frustrated and marking off these places and these countries and stuff like there's nobody else out there there's nobody else out there um so well, when the sequel comes out, I guess we'll find out. Well, that's that's the other thing that I said to Dylan. I said, well, I guess this is definitely set up for a sequel to get some information on how exactly uh, these alien dude. creatures got there. I mean, JP, I don't it's think it's made a hundred million dollars in nine days. Right. Right. Like how in the fu- OK. So my question was, I was just curious on how the hell they got there, because if you read the clippings, it says a meteorite hit this area. And I'm like, well, that's fucking retarded because these things didn't come in on a meteorite. That's retarded. Um, yeah, but a meteorite can have micro organism stuff dude that ad- reacts weird to our you know there's all kind of sci-fi no, but, cool shit that you could do with that no but they'll burn up when they come into the atmosphere that's what creates that fucking flame yeah shit. well if it's something that lives on earth but we don't know what kind of abilities things from uh, outer space can have yeah but if the, so you mean to tell Infinite me that one meteorite had some organisms that created all these monsters to take over the entire world 
It might not even have been the meteorite. That's just, it could be, it's just, I'm just that's going off. That, I'm look, just. Look, I'm just going off what no, 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 we read no, 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 no. in the papers. I know what you're going off of. You're yes. going off of the the paper clippings. Yes. But what happens anytime there is a disaster? There's theories and speculation, false news, fake news. It happens all the time. Exactly. You know, it's it's just people grasping at straws sometimes. Well, exa- so I thought uh, I thought that it was. If they wanted a clear reason, they would have gave it to us. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's clearly there's a lot of. Uh, well, I think un- they're not giving you a clear reason because they want to they want to make more films and they want to expand the story and stuff. Yeah. But all we can I do is speculate think, off what we read. That was the intention behind the writer of this film. Honestly. Really, that was like the I first thing I thought it of. Doesn't matter. It's a MacGuffin. It's just something that does not matter. But weren't you? A, but weren't you a tad bit curious on how these creatures? got there and what they were all about and like where they came from Any and explanation would be just more more shit that like like cloverfield like they come from under the water you know they came from that satellite falling it's just it, it it's i don't think that it necessarily can, matters this story i just think that i think if it fully doesn't matter and they don't want to throw people off or get people thinking and stuff they but wouldn't they show, do want you to but they the wouldn't show the newspaper clippings, like the meteorite stuff, and and you know all the speculation from the uh, the media outlets and the the papers that they've collected. And this is what they're going off of, right? They want you so, to think. It's not like they don't want you to think about it. Yeah, but it, but they just leave it open ended so that they don't give you a definitive answer. Mm-hmm. But this is this is what is fun about talking about it because I'm just it's all speculation, right? Because they don't really give you anything. It's just kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, to to think about, you know, if it was a meteorite, or, which doesn't really make any sense to me. It can't be that. That can't be what they're going with with the sequel or the prequel or whatever they're going to do next. Because you know it's coming. It's. Com- I don't think it is. It's completely I, coming. I personally don't think it is, but we'll see. Mark my words. It's coming. It's coming. Okay. I don't know if it's going to be a sequel or if it's going to be a prequel. JP, I can, it's made $100 million. I can see yeah, a prequel there, to this. There's a lot of movies that make a ton of money that don't get sequels. This we is the type of movie. Fact. Not every movie ever gets a sequel that has made a bunch of money. This is the type of movie that... Sample? This is what? the type of movie... Example? Example of a movie that's made a ton of money and hasn't got a sequel? Yeah. Um, Isn't this the perfect example of a film that, that would have a fucking prequel? What? I said get out. I know. And I said what to moods. Isn't this the type of movie that is perfect to have a a successful film, but to have a prequel that would explain, to showcase how these alien creatures or monsters or whatever you want to call them got on Earth or how they came about. This is like the ideal film. They kind of give you the story here and then they make a prequel to it. It's like perfect. Yeah, I don't. I don't want that personally. I think this. What do you What do you think, Jeremy? Um, would you want to? Because there's there's so much speculation. There's so much open ended stuff here. I'm just saying, I would be fine if they just left it the way it is. But they're not going. They're not going to. This movie's done. Why does everything have to have a sequel? Because look at Cloverfield. It wasn't that. It wasn't like the most successful thing in the the world. Cloverfield sequels are. Yeah, those aren't real sequels. Those are just fucking. I don't even know how to describe this. Things. Anyways, the point is this movie's done <laughs> but, but, way know, too well not to do to expand on the story. They don't really explain what happened there. You know, there's no. that sat- you see the satellite fall in the water. I guess you can say it woke up some kind of monster or something, but they don't give you a definitive answer. Mm-hmm. I kind of like that. I, yeah. I'm cool with learning backstory. I love it. You know, I love Halloween remake because of that and stuff like that in this particular film. I just felt like these creatures could be anything. They could be man-made. They could 
have came from space. They could have came. Who knows? Maybe the meteorite is just they're saying a meteor, but the, you know, it damn well, else. it could have been a spaceship. And it's just yeah. a, they say a meteor. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because that's how the that's how the news outlet like like the government's going to be all over that shit. You know, you know I was a, like, honestly, I, I was a little bit bummed out in the end of the film because I think the whole build up to this film is fantastic. I love the storyline. I love the fact that th- th- it's a survival film against creatures that are blind but hunt because they have hyper hearing. That's amazing. Yeah, like Where you have to, it's it's fucking awesome. That's a great setup. It's got nothing but suspense. It's got tons of build up. Yeah, it's got shitloads of fucking jump scares, but that's kind of anticipated in a film like this and and i kind of enjoyed that in this film because i found myself anticipating those kind of jump scares and what was going to happen next um that was pretty cool man you know it's got a really really fucking good setup to the film um i was a little bit disappointed in if a high pitch could kill them why the fuck hasn't anybody came up with that before this fucking bitch well it's not it's not just the high pitch though It's, it's it's when she shoots one of them and I, I thought I know, to my, but it's like I thought to myself, and, me, and Dylan actually was kind of laughed about it too. He's like, "So if there was, let's just say that these things come to Earth, and you know, it, it's like an invasion, monster invasion. Everybody has guns, right? The yeah. first thing we're not going to know what they're what they're all about. That they have. Well, Canada would be fucked, but we mm, would be okay. No, we would not be fucked. The average person here has over ten guns. But anyways, really, we. we yeah dude we're all hunters everybody has an arsenal in their house um so but the thing is nobody would know about the sound thing nobody would give a yeah. shit what was going on they would just fucking grab a gun and start killing and shooting mm-hmm. yeah. so the point i mean because it gets showcased in the film that you know they can die from oh, a yeah, gunshot they can die quite easy they can die pretty easy. You shoot a fucking, mm-hmm. you shoot a monster in the face with a shotgun. It's or yeah. whatever, you know, they're done. Yeah, but we also don't know the scale of how fast these things breed. We don't know the scale of the amount of well, them that, that there are. That's the other thing. Uh, you know, it, we don't know how they breed at all. They could fucking replicate for all we know. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I think there is a little bit of mystery left. Yeah, is it to, if, if it just opens up a just, flurry of questions? It really does. Like oh, all the information, the, totally the, the little bits of information that were shown, and and it gets you kind of thinking. Like these things, we can kill them this easy, blah blah blah. So how did they manage to take over this area? If they did, there's just a I lot think of damn the questions. Final shot of the movie definitely kind of helps with that a little bit in her, terms of what her cock and the gun. No. Oh, which I didn't like. I, I, don't <laughs> I just I, I thought it was so it was kind of funny because the whole movie is so fucking serious right mm-hmm. it's so serious and then it kind of ends up with a comedy note and I'm just like really why really? would you do that I, did, I didn't get that as comedy at all homie really I, I was like oh man I, me and Dylan were both like what's with the is... comedy and he's like man totally I'm like yeah. I don't know no, I, I, just... I went with four people and, and we didn't get that vibe man we both did what about you Jeremy was it was that funny? What her cocking the gun? Yeah, not really. What's <laughs> funny about her cocking a gun and shooting? I, I just looked. No, at it, it's it's, like, it's the way it. it's shot though, man. It comes across as being funny. Like, hey, bring it on, let's go. No, no, no. I got it as like this is the end. No, I didn't see it like that either, at all. Came across, it, 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 it came across as being fu- I mean what? Dylan he said the exact he's like he looked at me and he's like really the cock why would they end it on a comedy note and I'm like exactly 
That's fucking yeah. stupid. I guess, I guess just personal uh, views of the movie. Um, it's because there's literally there's literally not one moment in this fucking movie where you even crack a smile. Yeah, you know, and it's I didn't so either. serious, man. I got yeah, but sad. dude, you never right. laugh at anything though. So it's like, <laughs> no, but, I got I got sad right there, dude. Like th- this movie ends on a downer note. Downer and comedy, but whatever. <laughs> okay, um, but yeah. So I mean, I don't love, love, love this movie. There's things in it that I thought were bullshit, um, and I I've pretty much praised it thus far. So let me talk about some stuff that I didn't like. Yeah. For one, I think the audible level in this film, the the decibel level, if you will, makes no sense. Uh, there's a lot of scenes in which certain sounds will attract these things, yet I can hear somebody breathing across the room. And I'm like, if I can hear that, this supersonic hearing thing should it's, be able to hear uh, that. It, th- they're alluding to the frequencies, man. Different sounds. How do you sounds? know they're not on a frequency? It's, huh? it's all about... How do you know the frequency? I think it's like the high pitches. That's what I'm just saying. Them. Really? They, they, they allude to it. It's Every sound has a different frequency. Like if you're hitting your hand, it's like a low tone. You probably get away mm-hmm. with it. They won't really be able to hear that. But they function on anything higher. Really? Yeah. I didn't get that. So it was a, it's so, the high frequency. Okay, then, then so, I but, guess but you when just you, explained but, away one of my biggest problems with the film. But when you go too high, that's when then it fucked. Then it that's fu- why they're like, then it fucks that's why they up. heard the, the, yeah. the spaceship. So I also thought so that was kind of obvious that, that it was going to be something like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, that was I thought that like, OK, obviously, like somebody. Why didn't anybody bring out the damn dog whistles? You know what I mean? Um, but I, I, I OK, so that kind of explained away my biggest problem. I guess. Was, <laughs> Sorry, uh, man. Yeah, because I, I felt like they were being kind of loud at times. And I was like, OK, yeah. well, I can hear that. Mm-hmm. Why can't these things? But I guess if it has to do with frequency and not necessarily. Uh, it's high how high the pitch is to the yeah. action. Yeah, but yeah, I don't. Fre- yeah, frequency is an interesting thing, man. So, it, like, it, if you drop, like, if you drop something, they're gonna hear it. Well, I, it depends what you're dropping and what it's hitting, though, too, right? Like, if you're dropping mm-hmm. something heavier, more blunt, it's gonna, you know, it it might make that's a, why they a straight hear low the tone. Waterfall or... Yeah, it might just be like a low tone. Well, type the way thing. they explain it in the well, film they can, was they whatever can... is louder is gonna. Yeah. take take charge of their hearing exactly then whatever it's like, like i was just thinking decibel level they like, they explained like, it as that sound is a constant sound so i think they've adapted to you know just that sound yeah, and, and i thought right? that too like it's kind of like a background noise to if them. a windmill starts going they're not gonna be like what the f-? you know i think yeah. they're gonna get adapted to the surrounding sounds yes. of yes. the world yes yeah. So if but, they, so when them when they're screaming into but see, the waterfall, they don't explain that either. But you kind of fill in the blanks with your yes. own mind. Yeah. Which I I liked about this movie that it did seem like there were answers if I just thought hard enough for things. Mm-hmm. Um, like Carly was really annoyed that they decided that they ha- they were pregnant. Oh my God, Carly is my girl, man. I love her. That but was, I didn't really have a problem with it. See, that was my biggest complaint with this film. And man, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll explain. So I understand from, well, I don't fully understand from a mother's point of view of losing a child because I'm not a mother, but I get it. I completely understand. Losing a child is probably the worst thing could ever happen to you. And sometimes as a parent, and in more than 
more than not times. Like, I mean, a lot of people will replace their children. You know, they'll try to get pregnant and have another child if they lose one. If they're young enough and shit. I understand that. And that's what they kind of do here. But given the circumstances that they're in, it is completely yeah. irresponsible and it's fucking moronic. Because... Let's face it. And they try to play it off. They, they create like a soundproof kind of bunker where, you know, if yeah. she's going to go into labor, they're going to have the baby down there. They have everything planned out. And I get that. But mm-hmm. you have to stick down there for years until that baby is old or that child is old enough to understand that you can't yeah. make fucking noise. It's too much of a hassle. <laughs> Given the circumstances that you're put in, you have other responsibilities with your children and your family and stuff. You can't allow this to happen. You can't get pregnant. It's a stupid thing that they threw into the film. I understand it works good for suspense in t- at times. It definitely does. But, yeah. but giving the idea of what they're putting themselves into, not a good idea. At it, all. It's not a good idea. I agree with that. But I come from the camp of, yes, it is a little bit irresponsible in a regular world. But you're not living in a regular world anymore. Like some, the, that the gives basic it- human, basic human instinct is to survive and and live on pass yeah. on a bloodline so that humans forever exist mm-hmm. that is important and i believe in that so yeah. me personally i would be like yeah is it super dangerous yeah is it possible that this kid's gonna die probably but we're just gonna have to keep going until one lives because that's what we need to do to keep the humans on the planet and according See, you to could argue. You know, as far as we know you could yeah. argue. I mean, this is this isn't bad. Actually, this isn't bad. I'm with you with this. This isn't bad because going back to my theory of him trying to SOS through the countries, and it's, they've come to. I mean, he was obviously exhausted from the fact he wasn't getting a hold of anybody. Maybe they figured they were the last people on Earth, and that that would explain the being pregnant. Because if if you look at it, where if they had an, a glimpse of hope out and that there was other people out there it's irresponsible to have a baby when you're getting hunted by saber-toothed tigers in a cave too yes but but, i mean that's a different era human instinct you know what i mean it's important to continue the thing that bugs me about i mean our theories any animal right all animals know that they're they're animals are good have a high probability of dying you know what i mean it's just an instinctual thing to have animals for sure for sure you know i mean it's probably the most basic instinct that we have you can surviving. yeah i mean the, the thing that does kind of bug me though if they were the only people left and they want to continue they did have a son and a daughter i know as gross as that sounds that's a start yeah <laughs> right? but most likely one of them are gonna die maybe maybe i, I mean, think i think it's pretty probable that everybody's gonna die in this movie what when seeing what they're up against yeah you know what i mean like at the very beginning i'm like oh this family is fucked you know what i mean like well, especially after if now you look at it especially look at, the, at it, all especially, of humanity is kind of fucked yeah i mean there's well, definitely at the end when it's only down to three there's, yeah, de- and, there's and def- also but also i mean his plan was pretty good like and one of my other complaints is that they didn't live underground to begin with, you know, like I know they have to go out eventually to find stuff and, and, and bring food and, and things like that. But I know, right. I it mean, it make a lot more sense because if they were to live in that, you know, kind of soundproof bunker and shit, it, it would, you could probably be a little bit louder, you know, it yeah. would make a lot more sense mm-hmm. for everything. I don't know, but you living in the house. Yeah. You're really kind of putting yourself out there, aren't you? Yeah, you kind of have to figure out a way to to 
sustain life and it changes the whole dynamic of human existence to to have babies not make make noise right it's it's like wow you have to really think this one through how the yeah. hell are you going to pull this off well, or else eventually we're all going to die like i the, said the it, human it, it, race will be extinct if you don't figure out a way to make that you have yeah. to be an engineer when it comes to how do we have babies in a time like this in, like, in a world like this like, i thought it was very interesting like i said it you know that factors into the fact that they probably thought they were the last people around i mean they don't have to say it but i mean they do it with you know crossing off the the country well, i mean and shit it's and- definitely a possibility that you won't run into um other people you know and you just have to look if you, the only thing you can go on is what you know and you know you haven't talked to anybody yeah. so that, do I think as a viewer there are definitely other people in the world? 100%. There's no way that there's not other people in the world by this point. It's only been a year and some change, you know? Yeah. But I do know that you have to figure out and, – and you could tell by the way the character – is saying things that him and the wife have planned. Eventually, we're going to die. These kids need to know how to survive. They talk about that in the movie or sign yeah. about. Them. Well, that's the thing. Like so the mom's you, like, you clearly <laughs> see that they're planning ahead. Well, they were because, like, you know, the mom had even said, "Like, where are the kids? Like, they're out there. They're out there." And he's like, "No, they'll be fine. They know what to do, right?" So they already had confidence in him, anyways. Mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, which kind of yeah. leads, which kind of leads me into one part in the film, which I, which I thought was really cool and suspenseful, but it, it was kind of interesting how it played out and stuff. But when uh, the son falls into the silo, yeah, and of course um, he's basically sinking in the silo, right? Like, I mean, yeah. at that point, like it's a little bit. You have to kind of suspend your belief a little bit because if when you do fall into those, like you sink like a fucking rock because <clears throat> they're tapered in, right? Yeah. Uh, he would have sunk, and there was actually a moment where the door comes down, and you know the the daughter obviously goes in there to save him and stuff, and and then he ends up saving her, but she was sinking like she would have been Gonzo's. Like there's just like little things yeah. like that. I was like, it's good for suspense yeah. and stuff, but the way she like you know the it's way unrealistic. She, it is yeah, a, sure. it is very unrealistic, and it, it actually kind of leads into a part where one of those creatures um, ends up in the silo and then breaks through it to get out of there because of the the earpiece and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, you know these things are tough as fuck, man. They're like breaking through you know these metal silos and shit. That's pretty cool. Uh, but then there's a scene where the you know just shortly after this actually. The brother and sister are locked in a truck. Why couldn't the creature get in there? You mean to tell me when he was banging on the fucking roof, he couldn't get through the goddamn roof of the truck, but he could bust um, through the fucking side of the silo? I don't necessarily know. I mean, it, it, <laughs> it, it could be because he was fucking like he was hammering hurting. on the truck he and was I was like hurting and shit from his ear thing. I, I don't know. Well, at that moment, she the the earpiece wasn't affecting the thing it was trying to bust into there like it wasn't even slowing yeah, down yeah that's what i'm saying he was he was hurting in the silo so it was like a fight or flight when when he's oh. he, we don't know how hard he was trying to get into the truck we know how hard he was trying to get out of the silo you get what i'm saying yeah that's true but i mean christ yeah, man the yeah, roof's on those it, truck. i mean the yeah <laughs> definitely stronger <laughs> silo less strong truck yeah 100 percent um, there, speaking of the truck moment, I think it was pretty emotional. I like that scene. Um, spoiler, spoiler free here. I don't want to give it away, but I thought that was there pretty was, well done. There was foreshadowing to that. I think oh, yeah. we probably all saw that coming, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. 
And when you see a scene like that coming, it really has to hit because you know it's coming. Yeah. Um, and I thought it did. I was like, okay, this is – it could help because I know this actor. Like I know I know the type – he's still playing a similar like likable person yeah. in this that, that he does in other stuff. And well, he I was, still kind of see him as his other character. Like legitimately like an awesome dad. You know, like oh, yeah. you could tell, like he had, he was doing everything he could in his power for his yeah. family and shit. Like there was no love loss there. <clears throat> um, Man, I, I, I do, I do have a question. I do have one question. Yeah, I, I couldn't figure it out. Me and Dylan could. I don't know if I missed something or the scene where the wife is in the basement or in the in the bunker in the soundproof bunker, and the water is pouring in. Yeah. Where I, I get it was coming from a pipe. When did the fucking pipe break, and how long I was the water was coming a, in there for? Um, because okay, I think it, let me it face was, it. One of the animals broke the like water tower or some shit. I thought okay, but <laughs> dude, like the water, like there was a fuck ton of water down there. Like it was up to her thigh, man. Like yeah. it, it had to have been coming in for a while. Like, I mean, the basement wouldn't just flood in five minutes. Like the water was coming in for a fucking while kind of thing and i'm just like what the fuck like that's a lot of fucking water mm-hmm. like did it i miss something yeah it just it seemed a little off something like the i mean timing. it was a small area too like the room was not that big i think it, appears, it was i mean it is a it was the the full length of the basement kind of thing but it just seemed like a shit fuckload of water i was like whoa how did she not notice this before kind of thing right i understand that she was all fucked up and stuff but still Christ, it was yeah. loud and it was like wet and cold. Like, come on. I don't know. I just, I had a, a little bit of an issue because I actually missed what happened there. And I was like, did I miss? I'm like, I'm pretty sure one of the creatures yeah, broke a, the water line. Pipe, water pipe broke like right outside of the door. And, and it was caused from one of the creatures, right? Yeah. Okay. Because I, I just, I swear to God, I did not see that. And I don't, Dylan didn't see it either. And I'm like, did it happen? I, yeah. I don't know. I, I'm like, fuck it. I'll ask JP. <laughs> yeah, there was there was some great like the, I feel like the the writer wrote to the strengths of suspense so well in this movie. Like, mm-hmm. what is more suspenseful than going into labor, stepping on a nail, and not being able to make a sound? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's it's insane. It is a little unrealistic that any of this would have been able to happen. Even the fact that the ba- I'm pretty sure don't babies cry when they come out of the womb. Yeah, ninety nine percent of like the time, instantly. Yeah. So, like, I mean, like, some of it is uh, it, you do have to suspend your disbelief a little bit, which was all of my main problems in the film. Yeah. Just some stuff doesn't. It just wouldn't happen. Well, I mean, when she's having the baby and she's not screaming, I was like, "This is ridiculous, man!" Like, come on. I know, but have you know a, that you're gonna die if you? Cr- I mean, I don't think anybody. I can't tell from personal experience. I never had a baby before, but I'm willing to say that I don't think there's a woman out there that would be able to hold back any and not make a peep giving a baby, give or giving birth. That shit mm-hmm. seems like. I mean, every woman I've talked to has had. She's like they, taking a major shit. Yeah, but they're not. They they're not about the they they're not in the same circumstance of you are dead. If you make a sound, if you scream, I don't think, you know it, I, mean? like, I don't there's think no reason for them. There's no reason for them not to scream, but it's like saying like, if you're hanging off a, if you're hanging off a bridge, like, are you going to hold on forever? Because you know, you, you know, you're going to die. Like, I mean, yeah. you can only hold on to a certain 
degree. You can like, only hold on till your body gives out. Exactly, but, but I mean, your body isn't the get, pain. Screaming, the, it, screaming the, is not the pain threshold. Man, will take but, you but every time. Screaming does not. Screaming does not. It's not something that your body has to do. The, oh, I believe so. Giving giving birth, I don't think you'd be able to hold it back. I I do. I honestly and truly believe. Well, there's just, no plausible way they, you could ever not think, make a pee. I think you, I think that you're supposed to scream though. Like I think it helps. Well, yeah, but it's because it's fucking painful as shit, man. Right? I mean, I think I it's think just it's, natural. I think it's more like when you lift a weights, right? Like the, you're you're letting out the the energy and stuff like that, you know? Well, lifting weights, you're not exactly in excruciating pain, though. It's a little different. It's more tiresome. It's it's more to get that more force out of there this is like legit fuck off pain right i don't know i i I don't know if it's possible i don't i don't know enough about it i'm willing to uh, say if you ask 10 women that have had a baby if they could go through labor without making that's not a good example if saying how could you not have screamed because they it's not the same scenario but it is but it is you're giving birth though the the scenario whether scenario is you're giving birth and if you make a noise you die no. It's a different scenario. You can do all kind of different but shit. That's, but that's irrelevant. That's the, the the fact of the matter of making a peep and you're going to die is irrelevant because at that moment, I don't think anybody could ever hold it back. I think it's just irrelevant. I think it doesn't play into it at all. There's such excruciating pain. I don't think you could ever just pop out a kid without being, well, yeah. Unless you got like one crazy loose vagina or something like that and your shit's just falling out of you. But... Yeah, we all know Carly has one of those. <laughs> Do we though? JP. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know. Uh, sure. Shit. So, Jeremy, what do you think of the film? Fucking hungry and tired. That's not what he asked. That's uh, like completely not what I asked. I don't know what else to say compared to what you guys have already said. Well, what are your thoughts on the film? Do you agree? Disagree? But I, I haven't heard you say a thing. I tried to say something, but JP just kept I, on Well, talking. no, I was talking, and you tried to interrupt me, so I kept talking. I talked a lot. I talked enough during this, Moods. So what do you think, though? I like the movie. I fucking think that people thought, like, uh... Oh, man. We are still here. Not No, what was the name of the movie? We Come at Night was supposed to be like this based on the marketing, but it wasn't. So this movie, I think, uh, maybe that's why this movie did so well, because they actually got a creature, unlike that movie, which pissed people off. Any thoughts on that? Uh, my um, only thought is It Comes at Night's a better movie. Yeah, I didn't the, say that it's not a better movie, but I'm just saying. No, no, no. I'm just, I'm just saying that's my opinion. I'm just saying that movie is better. I, um, yeah. I mean, I, I, I still don't understand the whole marketing thing. I, it, the marketing thing, I could give a fuck less about. I think people who care about that are people that honestly care about that, and I, I don't. So I don't really. I think you're right that people were got what they expected with this movie. I, I agree. But, yeah. but if I. 
but do I think that that should matter? Still, the answer is no. I didn't think it was going to matter, but that that's us. That's not the general audience. Who... Yeah, so I agree with you that I think that the people who watched this movie got what they expected. Yes, yeah. I agree. Yeah. Because it is what you expect. But the the you know that the question that was different with it comes at night is should that matter you know what i mean should that ma- should you get what you expect all did, the time did they show a creature in the in the trailer for this uh cuz i honestly i don't i, I, don't I have not think, seen the trailer i don't think they did oh. i mean honestly the creatures didn't look that great <laughs> they I, were they they look good at times I actually thought they that was one thing I did say. I thought the creatures actually looked pretty good. Like uh, I thought they were basic. Like they didn't really look too unique. Oh, I was talking about like the effects on them. Oh, no, no, like, the, the effects were good. Like, just, it was CG and meant, then they, they had like like practical ones too. Like you know when she shoots them at the end is was that thing real? Was that a practical monster right there? Yeah, I th- I'm pretty sure it was. I know that the, the ear, all the you know, their what we assume is their ear canal yeah. is very CGI'd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the worst part of that. When they're moving around and stuff, and there's a lot of scene, but the the CG was quite well done, though. I mean, yeah. <laughs> for the most part, I thought the ear stuff was kind of. Jeremy said that this movie was gory in his review, or pretty gory for a PG-13 film. I didn't think it no. was that gory. Would you say? Did I say that? I'm pretty sure you said that. I said that it's was, not a bad film just because it's PG thirteen. No, I thought you said that it, it was pretty pretty gory for a PG thirteen film. Was there any gore in the film? I don't even remember. Not really. Besides the blood that? you see the be, I, I could have sworn you said that, but I, I mean, could be wrong. There was like afterbirth and stuff in the fucking tub. <laughs> that was kinda gross. Yeah. But uh <laughs> Yeah, I, I thought I thought that it was kind of brutal for a PG thirteen horror movie. It had a lot of, you know. It didn't need to be R though. That's what I was like trying to explain to people. Like, just because it's PG thirteen, doesn't mean it's going to no. be a bad movie. No, th- well, this movie th- didn't. Which is funny. You say that because you were the one that used to not say that. Yeah, and I was well, the one to say it just because it's PG thirteen. It doesn't mean it's going to be bad. Well, given the I, premise of this, pure it, garbage for kids under thirteen. Yeah, it True. doesn't. This, Do you still say that? Yeah. This movie definitely does not need to be R. I think but it was. Don't make it I think R it was, just because. I think it was fine the way it was. It, I mean, what what's the radar? If you were to amp it up to an R, what what would you need to put? Just more gore? Is that what's yeah. going to make an R? I guess. But it doesn't need it though. It's not a gore film. Yeah. Right. So. I hundred percent agree. Yeah. It's, it's a suspense film. So. Yeah. Um, I I didn't love this movie when I came out of it. I assume we're going into ratings, right? I just want to say one thing, man. I was talking to this girl and she's like, so, oh, fuck, I laughed at this, man. She's like, so, do you consider A Quiet Place to be a horror film or a drama? She's like, it was a fucking drama to me. (laughs) That's what she said to me. I was like, oh my God. I'm like, here we go again. It comes at night all over again. Coming full circle to it comes at night again, right? Is it it's a horror 100% film? It's yeah, a it's horror film. Oh, that's what I said too. It's it's funny. It's a drama too. It's funny. It's like it comes at night. Yeah. IMDb dubs it as a drama horror sci-fi. When I got out of this film, <clears throat> I thought I was like I liked it. I didn't love it, but I bet everybody else is going to absolutely love it. It was funny. I uh, mean, me, me, me say and that Dylan, people were going to hate it. 
that like no. you didn't think the audience gave a good response in your no theater? I no in my theater I said I didn't think it's gonna make that much money because the people in my audience didn't seem to like it but I was talking about horror fans I wasn't oh, talking okay. about general audience like yeah. when it, like our community dude like I that was one thing I noticed though was this is the most full I've seen one of my cinemas for a horror film in a long time. What me about Di- it? Me and Dylan. You didn't, go, you didn't go to it opening night, did you? No, no, no. This was on. I went on a Wednesday. Like it had opened oh, on. Wow. That, it went on. It opened that previous Friday, so it'd been out for about five days. And the, we went on a, the middle of the week to the early show. And that and, girl was that shit faced. Yeah, it was fucked, man. It was so fucking. <laughs> it was so corny. But yeah, the, like the, there was there was not that many seats left, and it was pretty much sold out. It was crazy, and the the crowd ranged from like you know older people to like like horror fans to young thirteen year olds that have obviously never sat through a horror film because this one girl was screaming bloody curling screams all fucking movie. It was crazy. Like oh, I never okay. I never heard anyone scream like that. It was actually quite entertaining. Yeah, that's um, okay. We had a lot of screams in anime. But my world. point is, is that this movie brought in a variety of people, man. It was just all over the place, and there was a lot of people there, and it was, it was very cool to see because I haven't been to a film like this in a long time where there was more than me dealing and six the other people in there. Years. Yeah, I love when it yeah. was packed. My theater was dead. Had like eight people in it. I think there was like 175 in my theater. <laughs> it's you know, so crazy, man. I, it's I, so crazy because like some that like like we usually have like. You know, decent showings like we our theaters aren't always dead. You know what I mean? But Thursday night opening screening, it was dead in there for this. That's why I didn't think it was going to make that much money. Crazy. And these two dudes on my right and then two people down to my left, like kind of side and was like, ah, it was all right whenever it ended. And that's why I figured it wasn't going to do well co- commercially like to regular people. But that was obviously uh, not a uh, variable and not the role in the case of this film but when i got out of it i thought that the like our circles like the group pages and stuff i thought everybody was going to absolutely love it um and i even told dave z that when i got out i was talking to him about it and i was like yeah dude people are gonna love this movie and i was like i just thought it was pretty solid but actually what had happened was a few days later i was still thinking about it and i was like i really like that movie and then me and i think me and jeremy talked about it a little bit and i was like okay and then moods just explained away one of my biggest problems with the film so i can't i'm a lot higher now than when i walked out of cinema i'll tell you that this is probably one of the more unique cinema experiences i've ever had because i will say this is the most quietest film i've ever seen on the big screen too no. Oh, and Jeremy was completely wrong about there being eight lines of dialogue. By just the way, just because Jason Lloyd says it. No, I actually true. said that it wasn't true whenever you first said no, it. No, there was there was quite a bit. Uh, yeah, I was. Like, what the hell is he talking about? I was like, but I just took your word for it because I was like, I guess there's I one scene at the waterfall and the one scene when they're talking after she gives birth. Yeah, but they they talk. They say a lot of stuff. Not really. They just say at the waterfall scene, they say... So you're, you're you sticking talk. with the eight lines of dialogue? You think there was really eight? Maybe a few more, but not 50. I, I, there was definitely... And also, there's a lot of audible... Like, they're still talking. They're just whispering Yeah, sometimes. yeah. You can still hear them throughout the whole film when they're signing and stuff. Yeah. I'm not saying when they're signing. I'm saying actual That's speakable dialogue. Audible dialogue. Yeah, they're, say, they're, they're talking as they're signing in a lot of scenes 
What's uh, the point of signing then if they're talking? Because they have to whisper. Well, they want to make girls deaf. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I, I couldn't help but notice, man. It, you know, like half an hour into the film. Did you guys I, know that that girl's actually deaf in real life? Oh, really? Well, that's crazy. Yeah, it was pretty. I seen a video with her where she was talking about how great it was and how she thinks that hopefully this will like be an inspiration to other young deaf girls and and hollywood to cast more actual deaf people and stuff like that 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 girl killed it she was great in this movie yeah she was good i give her bad props um and i and i give them props for casting an actual deaf girl too yeah it's crazy but i got a kick out of you know (laughs) you know my cinema was so full with people and right away everyone realized this film is you know super quiet so in the quiet parts, everyone is quiet as shit, man. You could hear a pin drop in there. But as soon as the score kicked in, or any type Ooh, of audible, so glad you it, mentioned everybody. Oh, everybody would dip into their popcorn, and it was just as loud as the score. <laughs> <laughs> it was making me laugh. I was like, I could just imagine people are thinking, like, "Come on, music score! Come on, I'm, I'm fucking hungry." Yeah. <laughs> it was pretty. Funny, I, I mentioned to Jeremy when we were talking about it that I would have preferred had they not had that much score in the film I, it was very noticeable when the score would kick in and i thought that it it broke up the atmosphere and the suspense so i would have liked less score i is it very problematic no but i would have liked less i yeah. think it would have been a movie i get that i get that um because it takes you out of the fact of what you're in you know what i mean it reminds you that it's a movie and and that this isn't as intense as it as you were feeling it was. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the sole reason for it too. It's, it's like a transitional thing though too, right? I think that it helps for general audiences, but, but they use, I feel they like use it, it a, they use it a lot quiet. during the transitions, right? Like yeah, they kind of transition too quiet, too long. I think the audience, it would have made the audiences uncomfortable. I'm just, I think for personally me, I would have liked it more, but I think it was probably the right decision from yeah. the filmmakers for a mass appeal. They had to do something though, because you know, the transitions in the film, like, you know, you know, when you're watching a, some other type of film, you know, you can have a transition and you just kind of focus on a house and then you kind of go into the next scene thing. That's all they could do in this. You know, you couldn't really yeah. do the, the transitions had to have something. And that was the focus was, you know, breaking up that silence with a little bit of um, sound, essentially. That was yeah. the point of the transition. So, I, I you know, it's, I mean, it's definitely noticeable. I mean, it's always going to be noticeable in a film that really doesn't have any sound. So when you put something in there that's on, you know, level eight or nine, you're going to notice it. But I didn't really, it didn't really bug me, actually. I kind of liked it, I mean, solely for the fact I could dip into my gummy bear bag. It didn't really bother me either, to be honest. <laughs> like, yeah, uh, I mean, it definitely didn't bother me. Just, I think it would have been a better movie. But, um, it, or would it been, I don't know if it would have been better. It would have enhanced the suspense, in my opinion. But uh, to get into ratings here, I'll go first. Uh, I... Like I said, I, I was a little bit lower on this film. I wasn't quite as impressed with it when I first walked out as I was after I talked about it a lot. And I actually bumped my rating for my initial rating. When we first walked out of the theater, me, Austin, my friend Matt, and Carly all rated it. Um, we all came in at 8. Um, and one person came in at 8.5. Uh, I bumped my rating to a 8.5 now. So I'm currently at 8.5. 
Me too. Eight point five. Yeah, I'm gonna come in at an eight on this one. I enjoyed it. It was a good film. You know, I mean, I it's said my pieces with it. I just, you know, probably the one for? of the better horror films of the year so far. It's been kind of a slower year thus far. Yeah, it really has. I haven't seen a whole lot of. Yeah, man. I don't know. I've only watched maybe. 18? 27. No, no, I'm not even at 20 for 2018 like films or something. I'm around there like 50 maybe 15 to 8 somewhere in there. I got a list of them, but yeah, I haven't watched much this year at all. I don't know, watching man. Watching shitty 68 films. 78. 76. 78. 76. <laughs> you don't even know the year. He's going to show up like this is my top 10 in 1978. <laughs> Could you imagine he was watching the wrong year the whole time? I've been watching watching this. He's like, my number one of 78 is Dawn of the Dead. (laughs) (laughs) Shit, man. That would just be me, though. I can't wait to predict what we think our top number ones are going to be. I think there might be some surprises. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm curious, man. So, yeah. I guess that is um, going to conclude episode... 135. 135. 135. Yeah, Quiet Place single review. Man, this is well, this is the second time we've done this in the last five or six episodes. Kind of interesting. We don't do this a yep. whole lot anymore. No, we used to do it all the time. For the main part, it was it was the majority of our shows. But before. I will say though, this was pretty long. Th- this <laughs> review this review was an hour long. And last <laughs> week and last week we reviewed the three. Blood and Ice Cream trilogy, and those three films combined was an hour. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that this film had a lot more substance to talk about. And it's new, so, you know, and it's something we're more excited about than, you know, At World's End and stuff like that. So yeah. I can see that. But, yeah, that's it. That's, I got to get out of here. Guys. That's it, man. So. Jeremy, take us out of here, man. All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening to episode 135 of the 22 Shots of Moods and Horror Podcast. As always, if you want to follow the full-time Blue, full-time Blue Jays fan, you can do so at youtube.com slash mood616. If you want to follow the asshole JP over on his channel, youtube.com slash doubleshotj, and please give him shit for cutting me off during my Waco review. And as always, you can follow me on my channel at youtube.com slash nesroar22. As always, if you have any questions, you can leave us a voicemail. And yes, we will now answer. 724-426-6665. You could also leave us a question at the 22shotsofmoodsandhorror at gmail.com. That's 22shotsofmoodsandhorror at gmail.com. Please join us on Facebook, facebook.com, search bar 22shotsofmoodsandhorrorpodcast. And follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash 22shotspodcast. But be aware, only JP posts on there. So as follows on Patreon, patreon.com slash 22shotspodcast to help get the sand sucked out of my vagina. That should do it, everybody, for episode 135 of the 22 Shots of Moods and Horror podcast. We'll be back next week with some year I don't know, but we'll see what it is. <laughs> Deuces. <laughs>